Re- regarding worldwide, with wokeism going into Europe and other co- other countries, it's creating a dynamic where racism is the issue when it's not. The issue is classism. There is no ra- the racial aspects are not there like they're present in America. That's just facts. There is no white privilege in many parts of the world when the Balkans are facing the exact same oppression that every other color is, but they're white. And this is a problem because in other countries like uh, Sweden, they're starting to make everything about race when there was no race issues. It was cultural issues, and that was it. Correct. Okay, uh, hold on. Adrian, I heard a woman. Uh, Rochelle, was there another woman other than Rochelle who wanted to jump in? Nirvana? Nirvana, go ahead, please. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for allowing me to speak. I'm British Egyptian, so I'm not American, but I would like to comment on the impact of wokeism on us outside America. Um, I, I like this comment about cancel on arrival, and I will give you my personal uh, um, example for that, that I saw a lot of black American talking about African cultures and African civilization, like the Egyptian civilization, as if it is their own. So they say that the uh, ancient Egyptians were black. I, I jumped in, uh, in, in a Twitter conversation and I said, uh, uh, the Egyptian uh, civilization is well documented on the Egyptian temples with colors, and the Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, most, 95% of them were not black, were African, but with a slightly lighter color, if that makes sense. And I suddenly was bombarded by stro- trolls from all sorts of people who are accusing me of being racist, being privileged, being uh, uh, white, uh, while I am Egyptian, uh, just because I disputed their narrative about uh, about my part of the world, a part of the world they never set a, a foot in. Uh, I have I understand the problem of cl- uh, class problem in America. I understand all the grievance, but I just feel that because of what we're trying to debate in this room, the definition of wokeism, a lot of people stood up with what is factually incorrect just because they want they believe that they're standing for justice. The other example, it is about race. I agree, it's not about black, and you can dispute whether it is wokeism or not. But there are Islamophobia, and people are standing against Islamophobia in America. But they usually focus on Muslim women wearing hijab. And again, as a Muslim liberal woman, I see hijab as a sign of oppression. I respect every Muslim woman's choice to wear the hijab, but I want them to respect my choice not to wear it. And again, I was accused of Islamophobia while I'm Muslim from some I identify as walk left who are just standing by their fellow sisters uh, because they believe that they, uh, someone dared to disagree with their grievance. And this is, I believe, the slippery, slippery road uh, or the slippery um, uh, direction of walkism, going completely in the wrong direction, trying to defend value, which I agree with, 
but in a very wrong way, which can create a lot of problem. And just maybe, I know that people here are maybe not aware of the foreign policy issue, but there are countries like Iran who are enforcing the hijab, and you can go to prison if you dare to take it out in the street. So standing by non-hijabi, I believe, is the moral uh, uh, moral side of things, which is completely ignored just because they want to defend Muslim American against injustice which is a cause I believe in myself. This is Nirvana Aydan speaking. Thank you. So if I can just frame that, that's really brilliantly that's really brilliantly said. So one of the things I think that would come out of what Nirvana just said is the notion the extent to which wokeism is a shortcut on more complicated discussions. And so one question is is does to what extent does wokeism impede uh, discussions? Nate, I see you've been flashing for a while, so I am going to go ahead and go to you uh, if you wanted to jump in. Everyone's going to get a chance to speak, by the way, uh, but I'm constantly scanning, and hopefully Michael and Sarah, if you're there, are scanning too. Uh, if we need to, we'll eventually start taking names. Uh, for now, we haven't been done that, uh, but certainly the stage is pretty big, so that may be something that we should go to. But, Nate, go ahead if you wanted to jump in. I'll just jump in for a second here. I think what you just said, George, was really apt and um, about wokeism. Like, if we're going to call this entire conversation, if we're going to reduce it to wokeism as a movement that is entered or a narrative that's become prevalent, the it, it, there's a way in which it is a shortcut. It's a shorthand for referencing, you know, hundreds of years of. Um, advances in critical theory and out of that came critical race theory and out of that came intersectionality and now it just seems in the last 20 years it's been branded as woke. So there's a lot more there. I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time listening to people and I'm, I'm, when I'm tapping my mic, I'm just, um, I'm giving snaps. But um, I'm happy to keep listening for a while. I just wanted to offer that. Uh, that's good. And uh, if we need to start taking a list, by the way, I've opened up a Word doc, so I'm happy. So let's take a second. Narcosi, I see you, so I'm going to put you top of the list. Who else wants to jump in after Narcosi? I'd, I'd like, to, I'd like, like to Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. Say your name. And then... Uh, Ewan. Ewan, thank you. I got you. Robert. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Who came after Ewan? <laughs> Alan, please. Alan, thanks. Dio. Corey. Rio. Corey. Whoa, folks, that's really fast. So Alan and then Corey, did I hear? Yep. And then I Dio. heard Rio. Dio. Dio is a woman. Dio, thank you. Give Michael. Me a to, wait, wait, stop. Give me a second to find her name so I can see the spot. I'm at the bottom. I'm at thank the bottom. you. Got you, Dio. Joey. And then who came after Dio? Michael. Michael. Michael, Michael thank you. And then Joey. I heard Joey. Uh, is that it, folks, for now? Because I've really can we put an Alex on the bottom of the list. What'd you say? Can we put an Alex as me on uh, the Alex bottom? is absolutely there. Wonderful. And then Rochelle. So, and then Rochelle. Oh. So let's stop the list for now. Okay. Can you put Icon on the bottom of the list? Okay. Icon, I see you. Okay. So let's uh, let's start off with Nakosi. Go for it. Thanks, George. Um, you know, I've been hearing the conversation. Like, I, I, I agree. There's really, really valid points on both sides. I like what you said about cancel and rival. That's not a, 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 you know, a sentiment that can prevail in society and have it uh, still be an equitable place in terms of socializing. However, like the elements of wokeness that we all dislike, the cancel culture, compelled speech, you know, the, the sentiment of intolerance, 
Um, these things can't be defended. We we all and I think cancel wokeness or woke culture would admit that it's excessive, like Sarah uh, had uh, said earlier. But it is a predictable response to the perceived lack of the possibility of meaningful advance of uh, woke interests or progressive interests via the traditional means. I mean, like we're not going to say that this is some uh, you know, nonsensical behavior that everybody's exhibiting all this coincidence. There are structural dilemmas here. And I think the path of least resistance toward these corrections, uh, which we'd all agree are optimal, is the structural change, uh, both politically and economically, that uh, would most of us would qualify as progressive interests. Um, to the extent that these things are going to be, or there are going to be segments of our society that uh, perceive that these um principles have been oppressed systemically and structurally then we will get wokeness this is basically them just be, uh this uh perceived oppression becoming combative it's not an unavoidable thing it's emergent thank you very much uh nakosi next uh, was ewan who i did see from the beginning by the way ewan i did see you so i apologize that it's taken so long but go ahead hey man it's all good totally cool um, I actually, uh, had an observation that sort of addresses the title of this room and sort of addresses a lot of things that are, that are being talked about in this conversation. Um, so one of the things that I've sort of noticed with Clubhouse compared to other social media, uh, is that, and I realized this like just in this conversation was that for over a decade at this point, all of us have only been communicating using text and pushing up like up likes and, and down like buttons for like over a decade at this point. And so one of the things that I think has really added, I'm not saying it's the only thing, but I think that one of the things that has really added to the cultural divide in, uh, in the U S for example, is the fact that we haven't been talking to each other and, I think that Clubhouse is actually an awesome app because we are starting to talk to one another now again. Uh, again. And, you know, I've had uh, I've been in a bunch of rooms. I've been a part of many discussions um, and I don't agree with everybody, but I see so many of these people that actually really care about making sure that humanity goes in the right direction and it also humanizes us again you know for like over a decade we've been literally looking at avatars of people who run accounts on twitter and we either hate them or we like them and we are all for them or against them but we've never seen the human aspect until now with an app like clubhouse so i think the conversation is great um I'm all for people starting to talk to one another again. And I actually think that, and I forecast in the long run, that it will actually play a role in healing the cultural divide that we currently have in a society. So I like a lot of that. I would, and the audio versus text is a great point. Uh, I would query, given the title of this room, whether audio is facilitating sort of us going through uh, sort of across these divides, uh, but I, I, I love that. that, that can, I, you can, I actually, can I actually sure. respond to yeah, that yeah, really quickly? Um, yeah, I think that the audio aspect of it, with no up votes or down votes, it actually just rehumanizes us all while we have these conversations because if all of these points were written out in you know 140 characters 
uh, we're not able to fully discuss, fully figure out these issues that we're having with one another. And in this format, we're finally getting to actually talk to each other. And it's been over a decade of people not doing that. The popular thing has been texting one another uh, in a positive or negative way. So now that we got to like go into the complicated ideas that we all have as human beings, we now get a chance to humanize one another. And I think that there's been so much dehumanization because of the current state of social media, where it's all text-based, it's all upvote, downvote based. So yeah, I think that talking to one another is a way to work together to actually make things better. Uh, and and just very quickly, George, as the person yeah, yeah, who uh, as the person who uh, wrote of the course. title of this room, um, <laughs> you know the, the the connotation I was trying to go with in creating the title was that in most of the discussions on Clubhouse so far that I participated in, it was almost presumed that the people engaged were going to have a skeptical or antagonistic take on on wokeism, and my my worry was that that would silo the quote anti woke discussions such that there, it would even it would worsen this kind of epistemological divide between the two factions and the remedy I proposed was that we needed people in those rooms who could actually who identified enough with the term or the concept of wokeism that they could fashion some kind of affirmative defense of it and just you know based on my, my listening to this conversation so far the diversity of this room has really helped accomplish what I set out to do so that that makes me somewhat hopeful um, and uh, I just have one more point awesome. to make I just yeah, have one more sure. to make and then I'll leave. Real, real fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with your title, is Clubhouse obsessed with wokeism? I think that Clubhouse is currently obsessed with wokeism because it's like one of the number one conversations uh, happening around the world at this point. And so that's, yeah, I think that people are finally getting a chance to actually talk to one another about this stuff instead of seeing an article about it or seeing someone's post on Twitter about it. So it's just exciting for people to debate this topic because they get sure. to finally talk to one another. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, you and I liked it a lot. Thank you very much. Next on our list was Alan. Hi, I'm actually sorry. Can I just hold off speaking for just a few minutes? I just have another, uh, I'm in the middle of something right now. I'm really sorry. Can I just sure. No problem. Alan. No problem. Hey, George, I've got a point of order for you. Point of order. Yes. Um, so this conversation started out as a popcorn conversation, which I find to be more interesting and engaging. I am just wondering, does everybody agree to now we're turning it into a one-by-one, George decides who gets to talk? Because if we're doing that, well, that's totally cool. I'm just out. I, that seems boring to me. I'd rather have a engaging popcorn conversation. To be honest, well, and if I can respond real fast, and then Michael... To be honest, Andy, I think that works for you because you jump in a lot and hold the floor. I don't know that it necessarily works as well for other people, but guess what? I literally can leave the room. So if my if, if I'm not helping uh, and Michael, feel free to jump in. Let me know. No problem. Uh, you no, know, George, you said. Yeah, I mean, I, George, I mean, I personally very much appreciate your role in facilitating this discussion just because it's unlike any of the others that I've previously had on, on Clubhouse. So I know what Andy's saying, uh, but hopefully we can apply a little bit of light moderation so that there's like a half popcorn sure. element to it. If, if anybody wants to respond to my point, feel free. Like, I think if someone wants to respond to it, then I think that would be... I, I'd, I'd love to respond, but I do want to respect that there might be a line. Yeah, and I guess the only thing, and, and this is a, a fun thing about, about Clubhouse, right? It's, I, the, the issue with sort of going back and forth on the response and, and is, you, two things. One, 
it's a it's an emergent thing. It continues to sort of generate off of itself. And and so people will leave because they'll say, okay, they're going to keep going back and forth on that, and, and the line won't return to. So there is some balance. Ewan, we did go back and forth to you a little bit, so there is some balance there. But also I want to make sure that folks know that they are going to get a chance to add. That's at least my thinking on it. Uh, but, but again, Michael's here. He sort of created this room at any point. Feel free to sort of jump in and and stick with someone. You know what I'm saying? Or or you know, I'll I'll move to that as necessary, uh, or I'll just shut up. Either one. But right. I, now, I, I think for now, let's go on on the list sure. that you just accumulated, and then you know, hopefully, we can still, can facilitate some of the more popcorn oriented sure. conversation Absolutely. that Andy suggested. George, Absolutely. I'm actually ready now. I'm sorry about that, but if if I okay, think, Alan, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, first of all, I, I, I was really caught my eye with the title of this um, conversation. So I think I, as like I often do, I'm just going to try to kind of speak on like the most general high level possible. And then I'd love to hear more like individual stories. But I think I guess I'll start with I think wokeism generally comes with good intentions. Um, I, I'd agree with many previous points about tendencies for overacting in unproductive ways, especially with things get emotional, though. And I think one of the main driving forces in this is the perceived intellectual superiority. Um, when someone feels the urge to kind of um, see something they disagree with or out of ignorance, right, they think that they know more about a topic than whoever it is they, they are looking at or speaking with. And I think it's important to contextualize that everybody has different backgrounds and knows different amounts of things on, at different points in time. Right? Everybody's a different place in their lives. Um, and so I'm just going to frame this in a, uh, in a first general assumption that there is no negative intent. If someone is just ignorant um, but is very open-minded and eager to learn, then I think it's very important to seek to, let's say, educate or open a discussion with a mindset of compassion, right? Like you, like, like you just happen to be in a point of privilege to know more about something and you want to help them or share your knowledge. And I feel like that really impacts the tone and the direction of the conversation that I would hope to see. And it's my, just as much I haven't seen in some of these social conversations. A simple example in a more general way, I think I'm trying to make something easy to relate to. Um, it's not about race, but like, let's say like just general emotional intelligence or relationships. If you are someone with more relationship experience and then you see something considered unhealthy behavior or perhaps even toxic, let's say that, you know, instead of talking about a disagreement, they do silent treatment, whatever it is. If you care about them, you don't try to incense them, right? You have to be cognizant that, especially when you're trying to speak to something that they, it's an emotional minefield. They will get defensive, right? There might be a little bit uncomfortable here that they have some kind of perceived flaw. You, you try to be empathetic as possible. You try to reach out and not attack them, but be like, hey, I get where you're coming from if there's no negative intent, but here's what I know, and here's why I think what I know is important for you to hear. And in this way, it's it's coming entirely with a, from start to finish a productive mindset, a seek to elevate and improve everyone involved. I think a lot of the problem comes when you get emotional and then you almost get this moral superiority. And then it's a good feeling, you know, if you want to feel like you know more than somebody and kind of really, kind of really scream that, like how much you know. But if you can really shift that mindset a little bit to something with more compassion and try to avoid, right, like that's where like these over adjustments come in, especially when it's a herd. And I think with the herd mindset, it's a whole nother thing when you can kind of get this momentum and it shifts, just that self-control, that internal grounding of keeping a clear sight and clarity on your intent and your motives. And then your end result that you want is not to kind of end somebody, right? It's overall, you want to elevate people. So I think I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Um, but thanks for listening. Beautiful. I just like to note really quick too, that that's sure. the how, that, that's the how George, right? Like that, that I think matters that, 
you know, when as we dissect what's good and bad, then it's what do we do with that? And and what we do with that I think is 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 a good discussion too. Like how do we become different so that we can give each other better experiences and actually change the world for the better? Uh, can I make a quick point? Just a very quick point. Sure. Are you, uh, pop- are you Nirvana? Are you popcorning off of what uh, Alan just said? Yes. Uh, it, it just in my humble experience, I see that the people are in a cult or a club. Uh, like my comment was not direct to a person. Uh, I was talking on Amnesty, uh, a tweet tweeted by Amnesty. So it wasn't directed to a person. And I was trying to be very polite and say, understand the uh, t- the suffering of the black people, etc. But the jumping in against my comment was by person and it was very personal attack. And it was like at least 15 of them on within two, two minutes. So this is a bit of what I worry about in wokeism is not a person who is uh, disagreeing or something. It is a group of people joining in because they defend what they see is a cause worth defending, if that makes sense. Thank you. Sure, it does. Hold on, Nikosi. Joey, we haven't heard. Go ahead, jump in on that. I just wanted to kind of respond real quick to say, well, you know, I, I I agree with her. Like, you know, that's a shitty feeling, but that is the that is the the uh, the um, when, when when we have when we have things that we uh, we want to get across, we want to express certain things. The thing about social media is we have to keep realize we have to realize that we're putting ourselves out there. We're putting our, ourselves out there for feedback. That feedback. You know, it, it may tend to be negative and non-productive sometimes, but we have to deal with the risk of 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 what you're talking about, those type of outcomes. You know what I mean? It's it's it, it just kind of is what it is. Like like we can't we can't like it, it, the, the the answer the option would be to just not say anything at all if if we want all positive outcomes from like you know the, from from uh from things that we express. Like when we express things, we have to be prepared to deal with, you know, uh, one, everyone not agreeing and also, you know, some backlash and some trolls on top of that. People that just want to be disruptive. It's just kind of is what it is. Like, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, taking away from like, you know, the feeling that you felt from that because like that's a horrible feeling. That's happened to me before, you know, on numerous topics. I'll say something and I get attacked and I used, I used to let it get to me. And then I got to a point where I realized it's like, Am I being too sensitive also in response, in the way that I'm responding to the way that they're responding to me? I, so I, I disagree. If we could, if we could I don't do disagree. It. I don't yeah. disagree at all. So I, I would say that one of the things I like is we've definitely popcorned on, on sort of off of what Alan said. Uh, next on the list, by the way, was Corey, if he is still here. Hi, hey, I'm still here. Hey. Right. Is your point uh, still you want to bring it up? Um, so it's actually a new point. Um, I'm talking sure. that point and then wait for me for the next point. I'm fine. I don't mind the back and forth to listen. Uh, no, no, you're fine now. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a conversation, and this might be a later conversation to be had about how sort of this word, um, or at least the root word woke has been just totally hijacked, um, and really redefined in a very short period of time, um, from what it's meant, I guess, for, 
a good 50 years uh, to be redefined in the space of less than six months. Um, but the so I guess that's maybe a, a topic of discussion later. But another part, the main point I wanted to bring up really um, was just because obviously you can probably tell from my accent, I'm from the UK, um, British, um, Black British, and there seems to be from from what I'm, I'm hearing earlier and in other chats uh, a sort of presumption that this is only uh, I guess an American phenomenon, and when it leaves America, it's somehow. Um, not understood by the rest of the world. I think somebody else uh, referred to Europe before and, and spoke about Europe as having um, these weren't his words, but words to the effect of Europe having no 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 issues of of race, um, which I think is well. I mean, I, minus the UK, I wasn't speaking about the UK. Well, fair, fair enough. I mean, but you meant and I, okay, you mentioned you did Europe. say Sweden though. Um, you mentioned a lot of yeah, things in Europe, and you mentioned Europe. Um, I think you specifically mentioned Sweden and the Balkans. Um, okay, I don't know much about Eastern Europe, but you can take a lot of countries in Western Europe to, with with Britain being first. Um, you know, I think it's just from a place of ignorance by saying those things that these things are not issues here. They haven't been issues here. Um, and also that these these understandings, again, of what woke originally means, what it really means. Those things are easily understood in the British context, especially amongst black Brits, which is why I said at the start, um, because we have faced similar things here for this for similar amounts of time. So these things are totally understood here and were understood, have always been understood. But I think just to wrap up, um, one of the one of the one of my gripes with a lot of these not not this discussion per se, but a lot of discussions around this topic um, is a sort of assumption that these these things are new. Um, why is everybody speaking? As somebody said before that it's due to the fact that we've only been um, on social media for the past 10 years, and now we're finally talking to each other. And I, I, I think it's the reverse of that. A lot of these things, which a lot of people are seeing in mass media and social media as, as new and, and new gripes and new phenomenons and new angsts, are not new. Um, I think it's because we haven't been speaking to each other for more than the last 10 years, probably for the last um, 30 years, in, at least in, in Western Europe and the United States, where we've been under... where certain portions of the population have been under this understanding that we're somehow post-racial. Um, and I think people are now hopefully waking up and realizing that um, for, for large sections of the population, a large section of the population never thought that we were post-racial. And so that's why I think for a lot of people, they think these things are new. These, these sudden loud movements are, have come out of nowhere. They've not come out of nowhere. They've been there. They've been there, but just, just under the surface. Um, but obviously the pandemic and whatever and all of, all that else has happened over the past year has sort of given these things a megaphone. Um, but it's not that they haven't been there uh, for a long time. So my main point was just around the Europe point and, and really wanting people, especially my American friends, to understand that these things are not, um, it's not a new conversation to us or for, for a lot of us in Europe because we have been saying and, and working the same things. Um, so these things, these conversations are very easily translatable. So and Dario, so my point being was that in Europe, it's not due to race. You're not getting oppressed because of race. It's because of class. And that's not true. Problem. That's well, my point. Okay, 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 uh, hold on. One mic. One mic. Uh, Eli, go ahead. So and I'm going to the UK because I see the UK more like America. And for most of Europe, um, if you are from the Balkans, and you are any other race, you are going to face the same oppression that you are in that country. 
for instance, like Sweden. Sweden is not gonna, <clears throat> um, they're not gonna oppress uh, people or uh, see, there's not gonna be any hatred towards uh, other people. I mean, for instance, like Muslims over people from the Balkans. It's the exact same oppression that people are facing. And the people from the Balkans are white. That's my point. I'd love so to just I, if, clarify. Well, I, I, I think, I think if I could just add, I, mean, I think I think Corey acknowledged that he didn't have a particular uh, familiarity with, say, Eastern Europe, and it was exactly. more. And so, and so, you know, I think yeah, we could just let that point stand. But there's yeah, a fundamental Adrian's misunderstanding. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, there's a fundamental misunderstanding there, Corey, and it's very fascinating to hear because. It's exactly the same argument being raised when we have this discussion in Swedish, actually. Uh, people constantly conflate this idea of, is there racism versus is society structurally racist? And those are two different questions. And to me, the sort of core of workism and the problem with workism is that everything is sort of simplified into this idea, this abstract concept of, structural racism you can't touch it you can't smell it it's just there it's always in the air and so instead of talking about real things like you know com- cultural implications why why is it that certain you know immigrant groups do better than other others uh, despite this idea of, of, of systemic racism why is it that some people from certain parts of the world do better what is it uh, and just look at the underlying culture behind it everything is just simplified into race and everything is 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 sort of um yeah everything is brought back to race and and that has other implications which end up being very i think uh, detrimental in that everybody just looks at race and just sees race so fundamentally you have to distinguish between these two concepts of structural racism versus is there any kind of racism right i would like to toss one thing hello hello if i could just toss one thing in there it would be in just one quick thing to toss into the group. Adrian just said something about sort of collapsing conversations. One thing I would remind Adrian and others is that many of the folks who engage in wokeism have had these conversations for years. And so while it may be true that to you it looks like it's a collapsed conversation, it's oftentimes not. They ha- they're speaking a, a, at a rapidity and a pace that you're just not familiar with, quite frankly because you haven't necessarily followed their thinking for years and years and years. So I would say you have to give some allowance for your own unfamiliarity with the discourse before you assume that they've collapsed away all nuance. Uh, Michael, you were going to jump in. Go ahead. Well, I just want to say, can we go to uh, Dio, please? Well, I know it's been weird. That's where she's time. next. She's actually okay, next good. on the list. So we were going there. <laughs> okay. Dio. Hey, y'all. <clears throat> um, I wanted to agree with Corey in um, his statements about uh, the fact that this idea of quote-unquote wokeism is not new. I think that over the past few years, it has been taken by non-black folk and also used in like this kind of um like sarcastic way, which I think is really, really inappropriate because you're talking about the uh work and the lived experiences of a lot of people that have been doing actual work. You know, the idea of wokeism is the idea of quote unquote wokeism is what spewed the civil rights movement. The idea of wokeism is what uh spewed the fem- was what spewed the women's rights movement. The idea of wokeism is what has um you know uh translated over to uh People like everywhere, you know, the term woke is just a past sort of um, 
African-American dialectal way of saying, uh, I have awoken, I am awake, I have now realized the ways in which, um, you know, things are very, very unfair for me within ways that in within, you know, the within just like how I was just just because I was born in this body and I was born as a black woman. I was and I'm and I'm queer as well. The ways in which society is against that. And so by being, quote unquote, woke, you just realize that and you realize the ways in which throughout society it permeates. I think it's really ingenuous to believe that these things are not real, you know, when it's like we are in America. Yes, some people are in the UK. Some people may be. Well, yeah, I know that there's there was there was a woman here from uh, Egypt. And I just also want to say that anti-blackness is global. So if when there is a country in which darker skinned people are in that country, I do not I think it's uh, really unsafe to assume that those people are not being persecuted or treated badly because of the color of their skin or just because they are simply a minority, even if they are Muslim or whatever the case is. But I'm saying like anti-blackness is global. It's a global thing. And um, just because people are talking about it and not OK with it and calling people people out on it. Um, Joey earlier said that uh, those people are sensitive. And I truly agree with that. Um, If there's a society in which I am oppressed, and I believe that is a fucking fact, honestly, excuse my language, but it is a fact. You know, there are ways in which this country suppresses women. There are ways in which this country suppresses black people. Just because a civil rights act was passed, that does not negate the societal influences that that has been ingrained into everybody. And I think that there's a level of defensiveness that is really, really, really inappropriate that comes up from people when they're when they're being told about the ways in which their mindset is harmful. Right. So it's like if I'm in the conversation with like, you know, somebody who's white or whatever the case is, and they say something to me because of my lived experiences is I can I can tell when somebody says something that's not okay, when it affects me and my livelihood. And also when I know that by them saying those things, I can tell that those same comments and uh, opinions are permeating throughout whatever sort of relationships and families and French and friendship ties and just everything that they have. So yes, I am going to say something. And when somebody is defensive and then automatically says, no, your experience isn't real. Cause I feel like that's what the response normally is. It's always talking about like, Oh no, but what, but all right, your, your response to me is too aggressive or your response to me is not said in a way that I am able to digest. And I feel like that's people being sensitive. And I think that it's often switched where it's like, you know, the people that are oppressed and calling people out, those people are not sensitive. Those people are brave, in my opinion, because throughout the years, we're constantly being told that our experiences are not real. So imagine how it feels to finally speak up and say, yo, this is not okay. And then to then be pushed back down and say, no, the experience that you have in this world is not real, even though I am not of that lived experience and with, and, and with which you're talking about. And I also am not aware within the ways that society has uh, programmed me to think about people that look like you in this way. I feel like that's a way more appropriate response. Um, you know, me coming into my queerness and, uh, you know, the the case of that, 
You know, I've had to be checked on my transphobia from trans people. And my response is like, okay, yeah, like I did not know that because I am not a trans person. So I'm not going to sit here and argue with you and tell you that my language or the ways in which I'm acting is not violent towards you or violent towards your community, because that is ingenuous for you to want to commune with people, for you to want to have, quote unquote, conversations, right? For you to want to, you know, have spaces where you're where you have black people, where you have a lot of intersectionality in those spaces. It's really inappropriate to when those people bring up grievances, right, or when those people bring up ways in which society has oppressed them because everybody wants to live in this equal, wonderful world, right? So if you want to, if you want to live in this equal, wonderful world, then you need to listen to people when they tell you that something is not okay. Wokeism, quote unquote, or whatever, is just that. It's not anything else. And yes, some people may be, you know, real ready to like fight, bark, whatever the case is, but that's because they can also see that shit is not okay. And they can also see the ways in which society has ingrained it. So yes, even in Sweden, even anywhere else, because I'm sure that there are black people in Sweden. So if you were to talk to those black people in Sweden, I highly doubt that they would say that they have not experienced any form of racism solely because all over Europe, I don't know if y'all remember this, uh, all there were many countries in Europe that participated in the slave trade and that participated in the actions of selling black bodies. It was not just Western Europe. So those things and also the slave trade was built N- upon the countries. It was built upon race specifically. It was built upon taking black bodies. And hey, Dio, Dio, no, that, that's incorrect. So, go and Google. I do want to definitely most. leave room for for other folks to jump in. Uh, I'd, like, also, I'd, like, I'd like to jump in. I'm sorry. Can I? Can I? Can I? I just want to exert. Can I exert a quick moderator, Paragiv, and ask Scott and Dio a follow up, please? Yeah. So. Uh, one way in which... Oh, also, one, one, hey, Michael, check your DMs on Twitter. I am DMing you, please. Thanks. Okay. Um, one way, so, uh, Dayo, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. One Dayo. way in which... Dayo. 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 Okay. okay. Uh, one way in which skeptics of uh, wokeism, so to say, often ex- uh, express their, their, their reservations is to say that the indication of harm or the indication of underprivileged status is wielded as a manner by which to preclude critical exchange. Or so in other words, you can say that you are experiencing harm and then when you do so, that forecloses the possibility of like interrogation of your argumentative uh, premises. And so a lot of people feel that it's conducive to uh, the propagation of illiberalism or the the lack of, of critical inquiry. And I'm wondering if you think there's any legitimacy to that, uh, that, that line of critique or how you would respond to it. So I definitely would respond to that um, in saying that I believe that that is more so like neoliberalism. I don't think that that is actual liberalism. I think that um, if somebody says something, right, or does something that is harmful, I do not think that it is appropriate for that person. It's like, okay, you can say, okay, what did I do that was harmful? Yes. But to then, if I say you harm, if I say that that's not okay, and then I give you an example, why? And then I, and then I explain to you why. And then that is then met with, oh, okay, now, yeah, here comes the woke police or like, oh, yeah, you're, you're so sensitive or whatever the case is, because I feel like that's the way that the conversation has gone now that the word woke or that concept has been co-opted. Whereas that, 
people who are being harmed. Violence, physical violence is not the only form of violence. It is not. So if I or anyone else calls somebody out and says it and explains it, or they don't even have to explain it, I do not, I don't, I don't think that everyone has to explain why or whatever the case is, because I would relate it to, you know, if you freaking stepped on my foot or whatever, then I have to explain to you why I'm hurt, even though you knew you stepped on my foot. And I just don't agree with the idea that like, oh, well now, you know, because you're oppressed, I'm not allowed to say anything to you. I don't think that that is accurate at all. I think that those people that feel that way, they're way too defensive because People are allowed to be pissed off. You're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be angry when something is done that is not okay and you can see specifically why. Even though that person can't see, it is not my job to then pull out the dissertation book and then read you the entire thesis behind why you are doing that. If I'm telling you that it's not okay, then just as a human being based off of compassion, I think you should feel like, oh, damn, okay, you know what? let me think about that or let me talk to you about it instead of immediately becoming defensive and throwing out daggers and then using words like, oh, you're being too sensitive or you're, or, or it's like woke or whatever the case is when all people are doing are expressing hey, their Hey, Dio? Yeah. Um, may I jump in? Uh, hey, Dio? I think, yeah. so I think we got that. I, I want, I'd actually like to, instead of having a whole bunch of opinions on one side, I I think there are some interesting, uh, perhaps pushbacks against what Dio just said. So in, in order to have a balanced discourse, hold on, hold on. In order to have a balanced discourse, I'd actually like to hear someone who wants to push back a little bit. And if you, ha- especially if you haven't spoken, but I'd like to hear someone who wants to push back a little bit against what Dio said. Uh, I, I, I would, hold on, hold on. Who all wants to put, did Rio, Rio, we haven't heard from you. So if you were one of the pushbackers, I'd like to hear it. Cool. Yeah. Throw my name, George. Appreciate Coming that. Down, like, okay, got it. You, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I'm a, I use Clubhouse every day, and a lot of the discussions do dissolve into wokeism, which maybe it's not a dissolve, but maybe that's just where it was headed. But uh, to me, they're not as interesting. And, and I think the reason is, is because it feels really deductive to me. It feels like we're tearing everything down to race and gender and like, Oh, Mr. Potato needs to be like gender neutral. Like to me, it's just, it's, it seems pointless. And it seems like instead of us having like productive conversations where we're dealing with real issues, we just make it very, you know, identity focused. And I think it takes away from actually discussing ideas and growing and actually fixing real problems. I'm going to point out here that you just said that it was pointless, that it was not productive. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and that, exactly. and this, she literally just said, when 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 you start to talk about your experience, the first thing you hear is, "This is not important." Why would exactly. you exactly? Yeah, but he's like, saying he's like, saying like, every single he's saying every single conversation is boiling down to that. Guys, so it's like it's taking over more, the whole. If but I this is what the conversation is about. No, sure, that, 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 that is what it's about. It is what the conversation is about. But also, what the conversation is about is about allowing both perspectives to speak on this stage. And so, hold on, hold on. Rochelle, we actually, Dio spoke for about 10 or 12 minutes, actually. And there's nothing wrong with that. I loved everything you said, but I'm going to allow some time for people who have a different perspective. Okay? Thank so, you so much. Let us, so I asked for those people who have 
a different perspective or who want to push back to do so. There'll be more time for both sides to go at it, but we're going to do it in if 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 we can in an organized way. So who else wanted perhaps to to also uh, push back a little may bit? I push back on the did Rio did Rio, did Rio complete his point? Rio, did you complete your point? Well, well, and I, I just want to say to everybody who to who feels differently or has their personal like where you feel like you personally have something where maybe you feel justified in feeling woke i i'm not trying to say that they're not legitimate concerns or they're not real i totally understand that and i think maybe even getting more into the details of why that is you know how you were hurt or whatever is a more productive conversation sometimes than just like you know this general race or gender is oppressed because the truth is um you know not not it's it's not like all white people are oppressing blacks or all straight are oppressing you know trans or whatever it might be right it's like we're all individuals and i just think that's an important part of the conversation andy i know that you andy i know that you also wanted to be one of the pushbackers please go for it thanks george um you know i want I don't really want to label myself as a pushbacker. <laughs> That's um, fine. That's fine. Whatever you know, word. Uh, I'm a there's, a, there's a particular reason for that, which is, you know, I think probably all of us, if we step back from this conversation right now, we've probably all had similar conversations before and it, and it, and it can escalate into a situation at least i've experienced that isn't doesn't seem to be constructive um that doesn't seem to be empathetic it doesn't seem to be really understanding and i think as a society i I forgot who said this earlier but somebody said we haven't been talking to each other you know and i feel like that's true but also we haven't been listening to each other and I do come up from from a very particular perspective and origin, and I have my own views. But I just wanted to model some kind of deep listening and see if I can get this right with Dio. And all I want to do, Dio, is just repeat back what you said and make sure I understand it. And that is going to be my entire contribution. Um, Dio, what I heard you saying was um, – and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably will get this wrong, so don't be afraid to, to correct me. But what I heard you saying was your experience going through life is like, hey, obviously there are these discriminatory forces at play, whether it's overt or systemic. There's clearly some, you know, discrimination is a part of my life as, as an American. And then... When you hear, and then, and then wokeism comes in and you hear maybe pushback against wokeism. And when you hear pushback against wokeism, you hear that experience isn't real, it's invalid, and it's Ill- illegitimate. Was that right? Yes. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. If I can, can jump I, in real, can if I I can jump in real fast. Yeah. Alex, you wanted to be, to push back? Cause if so, that'll be the last sort of response to Dio and then we'll move back to the queue. Alex? Uh, I was actually, I was actually not, my bad. Oh, I was actually not far from being somewhat next or ne- after the next in the queue. So uh, I That's can just fine. wait for my turn. Okay. I can just yeah, wait for my turn. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I will. I got you. So the next person on the list, just so folks know, was Michael. Is Michael still here? I'm here. Uh, Hello. Please. Okay. Hi. Thanks, everyone. Um, this is actually my first time talking. Um, so I wanted to make a few points just about wokeism and just just a little bit of history. So, 
Um, I guess I got into sort of interest in this from, you know, the Brett Weinstein incident at Evergreen and just sort of seeing like, well, this is crazy. I haven't seen sort of the reverse of this happening. From there, you know, I just went down the hole of like really trying to get more education about this experience. And I've, and Clubhouse has been great. I really want to give a shout out to Edwin, just like, you know, talking about discourse and the way we discourse. Um, I think this will change, you know, having it be generative and having it being alive. And um, by trade, I'm actually a speech language uh, pathologist and I work with. Oh, my God. Autism. I saw I saw. <laughs> and so I work <laughs> with uh, students with autism. So, you know, being around neurotypical communication, like not being around neurotypical communication and then like comparing it to it. I find it has been a really good antidote to, to like this issue with discourse we have. Um so what I wanted to say is, you know, I found that like being in these rooms, there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of talk. And as, you know, someone said earlier, let's think of some practical solutions. So I try and like share what I've been thinking about deeply. And I think like a real holistic solution is just like education. We have to start. And I know like I'm a teacher. This is what I am. And, you know, I think that one thing we need to do is end Black History Month. Black History Month needs to be 12 months. We need to reteach history. We need to teach it so that people learn from young the contributions of black about anybody, actually, just just a renegotiation of what is taught from an early age. I think that in sixth, seventh and eighth grade, we should have regional exchange programs because there's such a divide between the urban centers and our and our more um, uh, uh, middle states. I'm at a loss for words, excuse me, just um, um, our um, uh, countries. And, you know, there's such a there's such a break in social bonds. You know, I'm live in New York. I don't know how to plant. I don't know how to do anything. I'd have loved to go to like Iowa and learn how to plant some corn or something. But we just don't have this. You know, we we don't have home ex. We don't have civics. We don't have these things in our education system anymore. And when, you know, we're, we're told we're supposed to go to 13 years of school. And when we get out of school, we'll have a job. But no, then we have college. It's a failure of the state after 13 years of education we are not allotted any real skills to, to, to be a part of our community. And then, you know, they tell us now you need, you know, 4,000 extra dollars to go to associate, you know, college. Then another, you know, 20 something thousand dollars to, to go to grad school. So I think like, you know, if we're talking about solutions and we're talking about a way forward and instead of getting stuck in this talk of wokeism, we can really, you know, listen to what people are saying and also provide some some solutions where that, that are very holistic, that are there from the start. Um, may I actually ask Dio a question? Um, I just wanted to ask you about what you said and I heard everything you said. But um, what I find is. Hey, view- Michael. Hey, Michael. Yeah. Yes. I, I love Dio's voice a lot, but let's, there are a lot of people on stage, so let's keep that. No offense, Dio, I love you. We've been in okay. underground together. Thank you, Michael. Let, let's open <laughs> okay. these questions up so that all, everyone okay. can maybe contribute. That's, Go ahead. Okay, so that's, that's actually what I really wanted to say. I, I wanted to know if there's anyone here that, you know, like, likes those, those just solutions or, you know, a start to something. Cause I think, like people said, I'm tired of, going into these different rooms, talking about cancel culture and everything. And I went in a room where we said, let's stop talking about it and let's start building new structures that involve, you know, building collectives from left and right and center or whatever you idealize with. We just all understand that the way the discourse is now is not productive and it's not going to go anywhere. 
So if folks who haven't spoken can sort of popcorn in, that would be great. Go ahead, FD. Popcorn in, because um, what I just heard, and uh, Michael, I agree with everything you said, uh, I, I just have to ha- I have to make a couple points. The first being that not everyone's prepared to have a conversation about the solution to something when they don't even know what the problem is. So absolutely, there needs to be more conversation about the actual problem of uh, there not being enough wokeism, which kind of brings me to my first point that well what was supposed to be my first point which is absolutely michael while i do understand your intentions when you created this group i do feel that the title does suggest that there is too much wokeism when there is in fact not enough wokeism and i do know that that's open to interpretation because that's not exactly what it says but i think that a little bit more consciousness when naming a group that is going to swell to this size uh it definitely could have been um I, i'd like to talk for an in about that's what i thought it said well, I, I'm not um, done, so you okay, can wait okay. for Rachel, one moment. Rachel, could you hold on a second? After you go ahead and... Um, now, I heard someone else say that um, they are feeling like it's deducing, like wokeism is deducing all conversations to uh, wokeness. And I feel like what's happening is not that wokeism is deducing your conversations. You're simply realizing um, how racism permeates almost all things. For an example, um, a conversation about AI ethics can easily dissolve into uh, racism and social media algorithm. Um, and I feel like that is a ah, fuck. I have to take this Zoom call. Sorry, guys. Uh, Yesenia, I think you or, or Rachel. I'm sorry. And just to, uh, 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 George, just as a, a moderator prerogative, quickly because the, sure, name of the room was once again uh, referenced, and you now it's now been going on for a number of hours. So obviously, yep. I wouldn't expect everyone to know the original impetus. But the connotation of the title is actually the exact opposite, which is that, in my experience, uh, in the clubhouse conversations I've taken part in thus far, there tends to be this kind of reflexive presumption against. Wokeism and many conversations, even those that aren't even explicitly tailored around wokeism, often devolve into a discussion of wokeism without anybody representing the quote-unquote woke point of view, granting the semantic ambiguity of that term. So actually this conversation has been a very, uh, very refreshing antidote to that. So I just wanted to clarify for people who maybe are somewhat new. And so we've got, just real fast, uh, Rachel, I think you want to jump in, go for it. Yeah, so I definitely agree with what I just heard. It's not really about being woke or anti-woke, but do people talk about being woke too much? Do people talk about cancel culture too much? The answer is yes. We're fighting in a culture where we're constantly talking about woke, anti-woke. Did Rachel, did you get a phone call? Did you drop off? Let's give her a second, because as we know, <laughs> you get a phone call and she'll perhaps get out of that. So let's just give she her a second. She might have been canceled by an incoming call. So Okay, it looks like she went on mute. Yesenia, I saw you, uh, but I need Michael and, and to be helping me scan the stage. But Yesenia, go ahead. Hi, I'm, I'm new here, my first time in the club. This is a big fight. And oh, okay, hey, no hey Rachel, yeah. hey Rachel, Rachel. You went out for a second, so go ahead and finish your point. Come off mute, but you went off for about 25 seconds. Oh, sorry about that. I had a phone call. Um, yeah, so it's important for us to distinguish between woke and a we want equality, we want racial justice, we want economic abilities, and the wokeism of you have to buy this, it has a rainbow flag in it, join the CIA because you're a woman. These are two types of wokeism. One is a neoliberal conformity, the other it's just people wanting economic equality and racial justice. And until we can separate what these two woke mean, we're going to have a lot of conflict because we're not even on the same 
level linguistically. Um, and the second thing I wanted to say was that cancel culture and woke culture, culture war, who cares? It doesn't matter. What we should be doing is creating. What we should be doing is building. It doesn't matter if somebody's anti-woke, woke, left, right. What matters is if we connect with each other and if we have good ideas and we want to build with one another. Forget about the culture war. Forget about woke. Don't talk about cancel culture anymore because that's just feeding the machine. Thanks. That's all well, I the, the, problem is, the problem is wokeism leads to a lot of, in my opinion, bad ideas, right? And bad ideas that have real-life consequences for a lot of people. I mean, cancel culture is just one aspect of it. Another b- big aspect, in my opinion, is the way in which everything is sort of hijacked by this idea of structural racism, which I want to sort of maybe tie back into, because to me, that, that really is the core of wokeism. And just to address what Doya said before about Sweden. Dio. Her name's Dio? Sorry, Dio. Sorry, Dio. Dio. Uh, about Dio, sorry. Um about black black women in Sweden, right? This idea that, uh, that there are black women in Sweden who feel oppressed because they are black women in Sweden, because they're black, right? That may, I mean, that's almost definitely true. There, I mean, there's a lot of people in Sweden that that, that definitely happens. That, that that that's that's a real thing, right? But the question then is, can they sort of extrapolate from that and say Swedish society is structurally racist against black women? Right. I mean, this is, again, the dichotomy that we run into. Some people just chalk it up to, is there any racism, while others are talking about, is society structurally racist? It's, uh, we, yeah, we come back to it. it it's pretty it's just easy. Just, just to interject really quickly, I did move the, uh, the previous speaker to the audience only because... I have to just reject the premise that talking about this is somehow harmful or disadvantageous. And clearly there's a huge appetite to discuss these issues. And that's what we've been doing with, I think, some pretty gainful results. So, so that, that, that's why I exerted that prerogative. I just wanted to go Absolutely. to, I wanted to go to, uh, to Gerald, who I think has been waiting for quite some time. Sure. There was a, there was a list, just so you know. My, my right, list, right. They're, I, they're, I know. What, what about people, that list? They're actually, hold on. They're actually people before to Gerald who were also waiting. So I'd say if DeGerald doesn't mind, I've been in rooms with DeGerald, so I believe he respects the list. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead. Joey was next. Hi, hi guys. Um, yeah, I've just sitting listening to everybody. I've been loving everybody's perspectives and stuff, you know. I, 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 um, I tend to, to like, I don't know, I, I tend to like, my views tend to like, uh, line like in the middle, like pretty much on everything, you know, uh, I kind of almost find myself being a, mi- a minority in like the, this current like, um, society where everything is so polarized and like pulled, uh, you know, from left to right, you know, up and down, you know, pick a side, you know, this kind of tribalism sort of like approach to every last thing in our lives. Like, I mean, like down to, I mean, everything, every, like, the, it's in the fabric of our society. Everything is, is like, you know, um, I, I, we wrap our entire identities around like titles and, and groups and, 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 and we, we follow everything under the guidelines of that particular title or group. And, and if you say something that's outside of that guideline that, oh, you're a fake such and such, then you don't really need it. That means you, everything is like you're either the, the, uh, the, the hero or the enemy or you, you know, everything, you know, if you have an opposing view, that means it just completely, uh, invalidates everything else that you, that make, that, that 
may align with what a person saying. And I, and I think at the core of everything, to me, and this is all my personal opinion, is like there's a problem like this. And I don't know if it happened. I don't know if social media played a big part. I would probably put my bets on it, but there's this hyper, hyper, hyper polarization of everything. There's this, these subgroups, these, these, these circles that like, that I think, that I think are doing more damage than they're, they're helping. And, 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 um, and when I'm speaking about wokeism, what it's grown into is one of those type of things, like the, the notion, like it, it started as something with, with, uh, good intentions. I think the idea of being aware uh, of what's going on is fucking beautiful. Like that's something that like, you know, uh, that I, I embraced early on, but I think it, it, it's the, I, the, the, it's grown into something a little different to where it, it, it uh, we, we, uh, there's some overcorrecting that started to happen to where you're naturally just going to get pushback when you have, and when you get the, and when you get pushback from it, they're going to be just as polarizing on the other end to where like, man, Everything is so divided 50-50. I've never seen society like this. And, uh, and I haven't been living that long, but, like, just in my little 37 years, I've never seen things so polarized. And I think that's really the main issue because, because you know, someone that says, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, like, for me, for instance, right, there's certain things about wokeism I don't agree with. Like, you know, like, and I'm not going to get into the details of what that is because that's just pointless, but I'm saying, there's things that I do agree with, right? But to some, to someone in the, in the current society, they'll see that as like, that's strange. Because if you accept wokeism, you're supposed to accept everything. You're supposed to agree with everything. Or if, or if you disagree with certain things, you're supposed to disagree with everything. To where you have people like saying illogical things like, okay, well, <laughs> like just because I don't agree with wokeism all, all, all together, I'm gonna like, pretend that systematic racism doesn't exist that's crazy hey joe can i just interject and ask you a follow-up um uh when you when you say that you've perceived uh, elements of wokeism maybe overcorrecting, um can you think of can you, can you think can you think of a tangible example of that Dang, I didn't literally want to. All right, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Without uh, taking too much of a personal risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you take, take the risk. Take the risk. <laughs> take the risk, Joey. Take the risk. You are an amaz- amazing person. And everything, all of us are here are an amazing person. What we, what you should do, Joey, is do not be afraid to open your mind because what you'll be saying will be taking and learning that's what will be awake to be where you absorb what other people have to say and, and you can you and you can follow this this part of uh i'm from a different country i have 18 years living in this nation then then i i love hey Yesenia. Yesenia, yeah. i love your uh your co-signing of joey but if we can let him finish that would be awesome well, my point is that the joy do not be afraid to speak your mind in whatever you you have to say. Just let it be. Do awesome. not be afraid of speaking. Thanks a lot, Joey. Go ahead. Well, I'll just I'll just say something, not uh, to get to like a, to point something directly out, but I'll say it's just kind of a generalization of of let's say um, due, due process. And what I mean by that is like not, and I'm not talking about a specific case of something. I'm just saying like. We, the, 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 
canceling people before we do any type of digging and just taking narratives and running with it and just not even trying to look at nuance, not putting contextualizing things, putting things into like, like just being extreme about our approaches. I just, I think that's the overcorrecting. I think because it's such sensitive topics and subjects that like we, uh, the way we approach it is from an emotional place. And I don't think that's ever productive, like the way we approach it sometimes. And I'm not saying, I'm not generalizing the entire like, Hey Joey, before I put before I put this question to the room, can you because you used a word which I think a lot of people probably responded to and they would have popcorned in if if, if that was where the room was now. You said being extreme. Uh, I imagine that's a word that landed on some people's ears. Uh, yeah. What 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 do you mean by that when you say being extreme? Uh, okay, I mean doing like like uh, not uh, not considering like. Uh, putting things into a context, like remove, basically, basically what I mean by extreme is, is, is not completely, um, coming from like a place of like logic, like not seeing like nuance and not uh, considering context and stuff like that. Like, like it's a, for instance, like, for instance, like, and I'm, damn, I hate to use these. Yeah, I would love to an example as well. Yeah. Like saying like, okay, okay. Like, like, I, if I have experience, like a, a experience that I, I think, uh, like made me feel comfortable, like as a black man, like that made me, that I would probably, uh, I would probably identify as like something like slightly like racist, right? Um, me, I would say extreme case would be me not digging into like why I feel like that, like trying to pick my, pick, you know, like talk to the other person to see like what they're remaining and like I automatically label the the person a racist versus like, and it's not, and, and here's the thing. It's like, it's not like that. My feeling is, is, it's like not valid. It's just my approach was extreme by just labeling the person a, a racist. You kind of get what I'm saying? I got you. So I'm curious what other people think about this notion, this, this, let's be honest. Some, not, I won't say equating, but this sort of correlating wokeness to extreme, and Joe, I'm going to ask others to just popcorn in. Folks, just go for it. Somebody, yeah, can, can I can I go ahead? Hold go on, for just, it. just real quick though. I just want to say I'm not saying woke in in general is extreme. No, no, I know. I, yeah, I'm I saying different aspects of it. The, the extreme aspects of it is not helpful. That's what. I'm saying. Yeah, 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 but then go ahead, struggle for five minutes to come up with an example of what you're trying to say, right? So this is the destruct uh, the. It's it's really like reductive language that we talk about wokeness with, and we just you know we jumped right to oh it's extreme, and then we gave you five minutes to come up with an example, and it was pretty hard, right? So again, it's my feelings with this is like if we want to be solutions focused for a moment, like an emergent social phenomenon like wokeness can't just be curated or compelled to adjust without significant resistance unless the foundational properties are acknowledged and meaningfully addressed. So yeah, both the interests of woke. People and maybe the woke critiques would be served if we just simply started constructing the destructive elements um, of uh, the political and economic conditions. That what's, uh, that, what's that mean? Cons- putting together the constructive elements, or uh, what does that mean? Well, that here's the thing, right? So wokeism didn't just pop out of nowhere overnight. It was a phenom- an emergent thing. So what were the principles that were in place that from from which wokeness arose? Well, so if you ask woke people, they'll probably give you a few issues that are on top of mind for them. Well, so then, yeah, are we going to just, like, scold them about how they want to go about their wokeness, or are we going to maybe turn our eyes to the principles of the uh, of the emergent phenomenon itself, the structural 
um, and economic conditions uh, from which what Mr. Rose, the, the oppression. Can I stop it? Are there yeah, any go. women? Are there any women who want to jump in? I'm been trying to talk. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know that I saw that. Oh, you're well, down there. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I, I, I just started introducing myself and then I got caught off and you know, to, to say a little bit my background because I'm new in here and um I have lived in this country for, for 18 years, and uh, I have seen what has been happening the last couple of years with this woke situation where people, instead of be getting awake and aware, they just destroying each other. People just destroying each other, pointing fingers and blaming and not, and not learning or taking uh, the, the human part, like the, the humanization of, of people. It's just like getting at the side and just like what I see from you, even if you don't know what that person is or what that person have inside, it's just like automatically has a label. Can we go back uh, to um, Isaiah, Isaiah, please, who, um, sure. who, who, added, who added a lot earlier on, so I'm interested to hear what he has to say now. Yeah, I yeah, think, can I I think uh, this kind of piggybacks off of uh, the question uh, that George asked earlier about when you uh, get down to the actual nuts and bolts of what the issue is. When you when you actually do that in good faith with the individuals who tend to be against wokeism, you give examples, uh, you give uh, lots of detail of those examples, you give uh, things such as, uh, I don't know, like court cases that have been found, like the Republican Party is actively targeting black people's voting rights. So, like, they're doing that right now. Not yesterday, like right now. They're found in North Carolina to be looking for ways to prevent black people from voting with surgical precision. These are things that are real. They're actually happening. When you talk about how schools are funded, you tell these people these things, it's crickets. Nobody's got anything to say about the actual stuff that comes up when you actually do the good faith effort of going to find these examples and say, this is the stuff that I'm talking about that needs to change. So I think that's what the main problem is, is there's a, there's a critique of uh, wokeism where it's like, oh, well, these people are uh, devol- devolving everything uh, into conversations uh, about, about race. And you have conversations like, oh, well, you have these immigrants and, and they do just fine. But like, for instance, where I live, uh, the suburbs of Boston uh, there's a suburb now in Acton, which has a large Asian population. You could not move 30% black people, regardless of what their education level was, to a white town in the suburbs. That will not be accepted. Black people do not get treated like Asian people. We're not all treated the same. Just because we're not all white doesn't mean we're all treated as this whole undifferentiated yes. mass. You cannot move educated 30% black people to a white town period, anywhere in the United States. That town will not, will not accept that. Can um, I, think really I would just point out, I say that? that's speculation. And um, I hear, I hear and I honor what you're saying, that um, there are examples of wokeism that seem to not be accounted for, maybe by the other side. I would just urge you, Isaiah, have you read John McWhorter? Yes, um, it's it's not speculation because my family was involved in doing it in the 1950s and 60s. I, I, like yeah, these, these I think what I'm saying is that it would be speculation. No, 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 that, that, that happened in the 50s and 60s. What I'm saying is 
it's speculation to say that now there was a there was a case in the New York Times. There was I think it was a podcast. I can find it for you uh, where there was talk of desegregating a school. Remember, schools are as segregated now as they were pre uh, desegregation. They've resegregated again. Black and as our neighborhood segregated and and, and 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 I mean, for, coming from the other side, the question would be, what's the cause of that? Is the efficient cause of that racism, some kind of racial um, discrimination, or are there other causes? Could we look and see in those communities socioeconomic factors, for example? The contention on the anti-wokist side is not that there are not real harms being done, real harms even being done in the name of racism. <clears throat> the contention is instead that it does not form the primary explanation for disparities in progress. That's hey, I, what we're yeah, saying I, on the anti-wokist side. I see. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, went, I was I was in an integration program, and uh, the people who would be most characterized as the people on the anti-woke side, the conservatives, were fighting tooth and nail to remove the integration program from the school system. So, well, I don't I know about do them, but I. But this is, but I this is very you common, though. Um, hey, I really, right? Hey, hey, I just hey, guys, guys, if I could jump in, there's a, there's uh, a bit. There's uh, a, Ewan, hold on. Yeah, there's a bit okay. of the same people responding, so I know people want to speak. But if you know, you it's, it's a, only my second chance to act. Ewan, Ewan, Ewan. There are literally yeah. people around you who have not said a word. So if folks can just hold on a little bit, and there's been some popcorn. But if folks can hold on a little bit and let other folks who also want to speak say something, that would be great. So Rachel is the next person on the list. I'm actually leaving now, and some folks may welcome that. <laughs> other folks may not. Can I speak after Rachel, please? Well, I mean, just, uh, just, for, just well, for the record. Wait, wait, just, right? uh, hold, hold on, hold on. Michael, go ahead. Hold on. Yeah, just, right, just, just, for the, just for the record, George, I've appreciated your moderation uh, style. Maybe a little bit different from mine, but it's been uh, it's been unique as to my experience on, on Clubhouse. So uh, I, I just want to thank you for for helping to streamline thank the conversation. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. What happens to the list? Thank you, George. What happens to the list? Thank you, George. Thank you, George. Thank you, thank you, George. I look forward. To, I, I know many of you. <laughs> I know many but, but, of you. I look forward to seeing you on other rooms. Take care, guys. Bye. Okay, let's let Alex talk. Um, Michael. Let's, let's go to. Let, uh, could I just? Could I, could I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go to. Let's go to Ewan. Let's go to Ewan. Okay, I just want to. I actually. So I'm actually. Uh, okay. And then so Alex. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to make a quick point, and this has to do. So um, I'm actually not woke, but I actually agree with some of the principles of wokeness and the ideas and the statistics behind it, because I don't think that. People who are woke are wrong about uh, the issues that we're having as a uh, society. And I actually just want to push back on a uh, certain point that Andy keeps making, which is that, uh, and Asaya, uh, if I am pronouncing it correctly, um, you talked about, you know, your experience uh, uh, and and Andy talked about the societal economic situation. Um Andy, I just actually disagree with the point that all of the issues that we're having with the black community in America are class based because I don't actually think that's true. I think that historically that wasn't my position to be clear. 
but you put, but earlier on, you directly pushed back that if we focus on class-based issues, we would help raise African Americans out of the current issues that they have. But I just wanted to say that with every large social movement that has happened, um, and this is coming from a person that actually doesn't, isn't woke or, or anything, but I see this as a reality is that historically every single time a massive movement has happened, black people in America have actually been left behind in every single one of those movements. It includes the feminist movement. Um, it even includes the civil rights movement to some extent. It includes, uh, you know, many class-based movements that have happened, uh, even Occupy Wall Street to a certain extent. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that and if you want to push back on that or disagree with me. Well, I guess since um, you called me out, I'll just respond quickly to say um, I I think that there is a complex of factors which explain the disparity in progress uh, amongst any grouping of demographics. And part of that explanation certainly is negative racial attitudes. Part of that explanation, a much bigger part, I would say, is we could just point to simply economic factors. And so the contention is not that race plays no role. It's just that um, on balance, when we look at which explanations have the most merit, which what can really explain the difference between the progress of one group versus another now today that we're we're going to find a better explanation in looking to economics rather than but can you understand race. that the yeah. can you understand that the uh regular human experience for like black americans is the fact that historically they have seen their families have told them the experiences of the big movements that they had and how they felt like they were left out of those movements. I mean, that's that's why I and, think that this is the pushback that we're getting today. And it's I think it's actually justified, even though I'm not like uh, totally. I'm actually uh, critical of a lot of, um, you know, the ways that people want to approach woke ideology or, or critical race theory or stuff. But I actually think that this is a real issue that we have in America and also other countries that are like culturally tied to it is the fact that historically black people have been, you know, the second people in the movements. And now this is like a movement where this is why so many people are speaking out about it is because they are now getting a front seat in the conversation. Michael, if I may just chime in, I feel like well, like, this is your room, but I feel like I would, really appreciate if you recenter the conversation on the core topic. I feel like this is a very important think, topic, but I feel like a lot of people... I are think it's on the core topic. Let me just address that real quickly. I mean, the, there wasn't exactly a core topic even to begin with. It, it was, and it really the, the core function of this chat has been almost fulfilled by the nature of the free-flowing conversation. Um, 
because, you know, at least like I've said before, my experience of Clubhouse was that people would often talk about wokeism without any uh, adherence or proponents of quote unquote wokeism being being present. So just the the, the mere fact that this conversation is, has flowed in the way it has is uh, is kind of the center of what I had wanted to achieve with it. But I, I did want to go back to uh, to Dio, who I know spoke for a while before, but has been trying to jump back in. Well, no, I wanted to uh, respond to what um, someone said earlier, but it's okay. I'll leave the floor space for um, Alex specifically, who I know was on that specific list of people that was waiting to speak. So, okay. uh, as was my, my, so, yes, as was sorry, right. <laughs> uh, wasn't uh, uh, before George before George uh, got out of the room? Yeah, I didn't remember that the Rachel. Rachel was before me. I actually have the list, so yeah, if you guys are ready to oh, you know, the popcorn oh, style, we'll get back to I'm, I'm actually uh, before Dio. Oh yeah, uh, yes. Let's yeah. go to uh, 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 Akon, please. I know he's been waiting for a while. Okay, uh, I wanted to speak to Andy's um, a thesis on socioeconomic and educational uh, uh, implications of why Black people have not done this, that, and the third. Uh, Republican Black congressman. Uh, just, you know, stood up in front of Congress and said, you know, he was driving to the uh, Capitol and a policeman pulled him over and uh, gave him a ticket for not putting on his left turn or right turn signal far enough ahead of the light and gave him a hundred and fifty dollar ticket. That is the socioeconomic educational experience of people who, for some reason, you know, you know, uh, have to deal with this, you know, but I, I don't know how you explain that away. Uh, also, what I want to say relative to the uh, the um, the title of the room, we're living it in real time because the um, the term wokeism is disparaging. Okay, because we're living in a country where where black people somehow uh, are trying to get woke. Black people are not coming woke. They're not trying to get woke. They've been woke since they landed on these shores. As a matter of fact, Thanks. some of these people, some of these people brought Europeans to these shores. I'm Moorish American, okay? I'm direct descendant from the Egyptian culture, which is not Egyptian, it's Kemetic culture. Look, there was I, thing, I thing wish that Egyptian. other woman was in the room. <laughs> I wish the other woman was in the room. That was oh, I wish she was. Nah, too. So, so she you're saying you're Moroccan, excuse bro? Me, excuse me, excuse you're me. I wish she was too. Let me finish up. I'm going to be brief. I'm going to be brief, yeah. okay? So, so, so here we go. We're living this in real time. The problem with this term wokeism and people trying to disparage what being woke is, is what's happening from day one is to obfuscate the situation, is to blur our accomplishments, is to blur who we are and what we've done and what we've contributed to this culture and to world culture. Okay, that's why we're just learning out. Listen very carefully. The world is just learning that 40 years ago or 50 years ago. The black female computers got the Caucasian into outer space. We're just learning. Why is the world just learning that? Because you want to obfuscate what it is we do on a daily basis, and you're doing it right now, okay? And to the woman who called herself an Egyptian and said that we were not black people, no, we're not black people, we're Asiatic people. What? I would say to her, I would say to her very, very clearly, I want you to go back into those tombs, okay? And I want you to show me one camel on those tombs. Because there are no Campbells on those tunes because you are nomadic people who showed up way after that culture had devolved, okay? There are no camels. No, that's not, that's not, that's you not correct. Uh, you people who call yourself Egyptians, you are not those people. 
You are not those people. There's literally white. All right, well, she's, she's not, she's not, she's, she's not, I'm sorry, he, he's, I'm she's not, that, that, that woman is not here to, hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah, she's that, that, so that, that woman, here let me, that woman is not here to, to respond, so let me just ask a, a follow-up to you, uh, Ikhan, sorry if I'm mis mispronouncing your name, but if, if by, in, in your view, the term wokeism is inherently disparaging, uh, what would be the alternate, uh, alternative to kind of encompass this uh, ideological construct that people are interested in debating and parsing it's through? Not, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the fact that the, the, the term in itself is woke, it, wokeism is disparaging. It is becoming disparaging because... As you've heard other people say it, it's becoming sarcastic. It's like, you know, uh, they have, a, 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 um, you know, uh, like the whole, the whole teppers, the whole teppers. So they've taken people who actually understand parts of their culture, their ancient culture, and now they're whole teppers, okay, because they say, they say whole tep. Just because you have a bunch of people who, uh, you know, are so indoctrinized by this culture that they don't feel comfortable delving into their ancient culture, that, you know, that's going to happen to a lot of people. That's going to happen. First of all, how many people who look like me are in this room who know that their race is Asiatic? I'm Asiatic. I'm not black. I'm not a color. There was no okay. thing, such thing as a black race. It, 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 you know, and, you know, you know, so like I said, how many people are going to cop to the fact that this woman who calls herself an Egyptian that's not even Egypt. It's Kemet because you, won't, you don't want to confront people because you're so indoctrinated because the ship has already left, you know, the shore. The horse has already left the barn. So, you know what? Let's just go along. But I'm Icon L. Icon L, the Asian Icon, bro, I don't get along. Icon, you I don't captain, get along bro. to get along. I don't get along. I don't go along to get along. Okay. So Icon, can I ask you a question, brother? Because you mentioned something about the Asian. A lot of people don't even know that the word Asia is Swahili. So we're calling people Asians. And then look, but I digress. But I just want to, I just want to prove your point that the word Asia. You know what? All I can tell, all I can tell anybody in this room is go get yourself a real old dictionary and look up the word Asiatic. Okay. And what you're going to find is that it describes a person who looks exactly like me. Okay. So, so just because, you know, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the governments, uh, the United States government and European governments have all colluded to devolve us into some subhuman pieces of shit that is not going to work it's not going to happen it's not going to happen okay and like the brother just said the brother just said next tuesday the supreme court is going to decide how to surgically remove black people from the rolls this is obfuscation nobody's paying attention yeah, I, I gotta say something nobody's paying attention to it but it's happening on a daily basis so don't come after black people for being woke okay because they are woke and if they weren't woke, you wouldn't be here. Europeans would not have, have survived here. Go Google the Dust Bowl. You almost farmed yourselves into, uh, into obliteration because you didn't know how to fucking farm. Okay? So when you brought these people here, they were not savages. They were craftsmen and scientists. Okay? Well, well, and can I, can I make an observation? And, 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 Michael, you can uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong or, or Andy. I'm, I'm very curious. I feel like uh, the term wokeism isn't necessarily about black people talking about black issues. I feel like the term wokeism is applied to white people or people who are not black, who are have come into an awareness of social hierarchy, social justice, racial dynamics, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and talk about it in a passionate way, uh, talk about it with their relatives who may have problematic 
ideas um, or kind of speak up for um, other other people or represent other people's problems to other white people. Um, so that, I, I think that's yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, we're trying yeah, to clarify. Yeah, yeah. What is wokeism? I think that's more uh, of, of the definition of wokeism and why it bothers certain people it's it's because they're being challenged by like other white people let me just respond to nicole please let me just respond to nicole please i mean i think that's a very salient point and the reason why i put uh, wokeism and scare quotes in this title is because it's a very imperfect means by which to refer to the phenomenon that we're attempting to refer to and i think the phenomenon that is generally being re- referred to at least by the quote woke skeptics is is how this tendency is manifested through this new class of, yes, multiracial, but often largely white activists who have appropriated almost the nomenclature that's been very intrinsic to black American experience and have uh, used it for their own social and political ends. So I actually do think that is uh, a worthwhile clarification. And I'm sort of wondering if you, Nicole, think that uh, to the extent that there's a discernible backlash to this concept of wokeism, it's a result of uh, non-traditional demographics making use for their own ends of, of a style of rhetoric that had been in the past more closely and organically associated with black Americans. Can I speak to that? So, uh, oh, go ahead, Nicole. Uh, well, I'll I, just I say... I icons, what you were saying, bro. Like, I can, no, go, go, we, let's go to Nicole, please. Uh, I, I'll just say that you know, yeah, I, I'm always uh, skeptical. Like, to your point, using the language of black struggle for your own political ends, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't classify that as wokeism, but I guess it could be classified as wokeism. Uh, I just like to talk about things in terms of specifics. So if you have, like, a specific example Maybe I could speak to that, um, you know, but yeah. otherwise, in general, I think that people can be called out on their hypocrisy in general, if you, if I, I in that as they should. But if we're talking about just uh, younger people calling out their uncles at Thanksgiving dinner and telling them that they're, you know, that they're, you know, full of it for their, you know, racist, sexist, homophobic ideas. I say to that, go tell it on the mountain. Um, period. I want more of that. Yeah, let's go to 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 please. Thank you so much. Yeah, my name is D. Gerald. Thank you for the space. Um, I love Nicole's points. I do. F- so one, I was pinging to this room because I guess they felt this conversation would be controversial just based off the topic. It does seem like this will be anti woke. Um, a, a anti-woke quote. Um, that's how I kind of took it. So I, I have been listening for hours, literally. Um, so I just want to break down a couple of things. So to me, woke, being woke is just being aware, right? Being aware of the overall oppressions of other people and working against that. And to me, wokeism and cancel culture has been around for ages, right? Um, and to Nicole's point, just like Black Lives Matter, that organization has been completely compromised and the actual issues get lost. And then people start attacking the wokeism, Black Lives Matter. And now, now there's, there's the opposites, uh, movements against these movements and then we're missing the actual assumption. Sorry, I got 
Sorry about that. I got a phone call. We're missing, sorry about that. I got a phone call. We're, we're missing actual substance around these movements. Um, so, so it calls a all lives matter situation when black lives matter. Absolutely. If there's anyone in here listening, meant we matter as well because we have been the ones oppressed, not we matter only. So there was no need for an all lives matter movement is because that was the objective of the original people who was a part of the black lives matter movement. And that's been going on for centuries. So I, I wanted to get that very clear there. And that also, real quick, that also brings me to the notion of black power and also by black, follow me, BT networks, HBCUs, the Black Caucus, LGBT rights. The reason we need these types of organizations and movements is because those groups of people have been oppressed. So I just feel like we have to put that in the forefront because there's literally people who still hear my voice that don't believe what I, exactly what I just said. But the end of like, can I, can I, can I ask you, can, hold on, hold on, can, can I, can I ask you to follow up on something, Gerald? When you say that Black Lives Matter was compromised, uh, what do you mean by that exactly? And like, what were the mechanisms by which that compromising happened? So the overall point is all of our movements become compromised. Um, like, and people have mentioned it, the civil rights movements, the Black Lives Matter movement, the people who started um, the people, the the the, uh, the protagonists are coming there, trying to break it up to cause all these other things that ha- what it has to do with Black Lives Matter. Simply meant we matter. Period. It means the system that has destructed and destroyed our families for centuries can Here, no. Can you leave, can is you the Let me finish my point though. Um, so that so so there. These organizations where I was getting at, having HBCUs, et cetera, everything that I mentioned, we wouldn't need these things if the systemic racism didn't exist. And I feel like we're, if we don't all agree that we're dealing with sexism, homophobia, racism, systematic racism, all, police brutality, if we can't get to the notion that all of those things are real, white privilege is real, Colorism is real. If we can't get to all that being true and stop thinking those are socialists or progressive talking points, no, those are black issues, colored people issues that absolutely feel are apparent that we pay attention to. Now, I would just say this. I work for the uh, Grassroot Law Projects organization, right? They represent families who are killed by un- un- unjustifiably by law enforcement. Um, Tatiana Jefferson, I mean, I can go on. Um, it's, it's, it's headed by Sean King and Lee Merritt. I know those names are controversial, um, yeah. but the work they are doing when it comes to representing these families who are being brutalized and attacked by the police uh, is important. And I feel like we, we, we really get lost in the actual reasons why we are making these movements. And my last point is the reason why we've been having this conversation is because conservative voices like Trump, like Candace Owens, like Rush Limbaugh and the guy who passed away a couple of, a week ago, they have been silenced. They have been taken off these platforms. They have been quieted. They have been this, they have been that. We have been dealing with that for centuries. Ask MLK, ask Malcolm X, ask Dr. Sabi. They have all been silenced. You guys have been silent when they were silenced and pushed off these platforms. So when it comes to that, I just feel like that is the key pr- pr- premise of how we get to a point where a white man, no offense, is starting a clubhouse chat saying wokeism and why are we oppressed or we obsessed with it? When these are our bodies being killed, if we don't become obsessed with it, everyone, we won't get to a promised land where everyone is equal and everyone is treated properly under the law. 
And that's just the bottom line. My name is DJ, and I'm done speaking. DJ, you, you said that people. You said that people in this room people in this room silenced. Excuse me, Andy. Can we go to the list? To the list? Yo, we need control of this room. If you want to keep speaking out and, like, you know, being a loudmouth, you have to understand that other people need to talk and we need to hear other points of view. There's been people that that, that, that you go to the list when when it's convenient. And all I'm trying to say is I'm trying to make a point because the thing of it is is that there's a lot of milk toast going on. And I love the brother's point, Gerald and Icon, right? But the thing being is, is that we have to we have to push just a little bit harder because again, you guys want to milk toast this thing, and we're it's not a it's this, this milk is not toast a to find that, bro. Okay, stop it. With but, no but definition. Thing, I, I'm just asking. I'm just asking for a little bit of time because, and, and I'm asking the black women if I could just if, if if I could just have just a little bit of time because this is the thing. We what I haven't heard is white supremacy. I have not. I've heard racism. But I have not heard white supremacy. And what I've been hearing practicing on this platform is white supremacy. And that's when you go to the list to do the little trignology stuff that you do. I'm glad that the brother mentioned Dr. Sebi, Malcolm X. Right. But let's let's talk about those who, who, who either were if they were silent, they were silent and killed off. The nation of Islam has been before the Black Lives Matter. OK, how does how do how do how do how is Minister Farrakhan, the Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan treated in this world? He's treated as a terrorist and all these other things like that when he's American. So this is the thing. We want to talk about who we want to talk about when we want to talk about it. But the thing being is that the milk toast stuff needs to stop. That's all I that and, and I, I hold, love uh, it. So let me let me, let me just let me just, let me just let, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. As the moderator, as a moderator, let me just clarify something. The George, who left the the chat recently, is uh, you know he was a black man who I made moderator to assist with some of those uh, facilitating functions, and he's the one who created the list. So uh, this idea that it, it's emblematic of white supremacy that certain people are being picked from the list and others are not is 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 just not accurate. Um, and we've been trying to get a, a very diverse cross section of people speaking the the entire time. So I just wanted to to, to make that. That known, but now now can we can we go to someone please who uh, has not gotten an opportunity to speak yet? Okay. Uh, no, let's go to let's go to Jacob. Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> awesome conversation. I've been with you guys for a while. Um, yeah, just number one, thank you, everybody. Like you guys are all, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are all amazing people, and thank you for being here together right now. Um, I have, I have an interesting statement to make. It's not going to take long, but if anybody has a pen, um, and a piece of paper, um, it's a little picture. Okay. So we're talking about woke, right? Which is a word, right? So just draw a diamond. Okay. Woke at the top and then action at the bottom. Okay. From my understanding of woke, it's like, uh, Somebody just said it, um, awareness, uh, DeGerald, right? You're like, um, being aware of, of something, right? That's, that's pretty interesting, right? People have feelings about that. That's okay. Right. So it's like at the top of the diamond, right? Woke at the bottom of the diamond, right? Action, right? So it's kind of like the, the dichotomy between what you're thinking and what you're doing. Okay. Now, I think we can all agree that discrimination is a huge part of life, OK? 
Okay. Um, now I don't want to get into definitions, right? I heard somebody just say, stop it. No definitions. Right. Okay. Cool. Let's just explore the thought. Right. So I wrote discrimination on the left and system on the right because system, systemic racism was brought up. Right. Now we all kind of run on systems. The human body is an open system. Right. And second by second, you're making discriminations like hot, cold, right, wrong, good, bad. Uh, male, female, night, day, um, future, past. These are thoughts. These are thoughts that we're all having. That's cool, right? In the middle of the diamond, just write emotion, okay? Now, I'm just thinking about, like, what what even is woke, right? Like, it, it's interesting that we use words. It's just data, right? And then... What, where I think I'd like to leave this at is somebody mentioned where everyone is equal under the law. I think a big problem we see in society is some people buy their way out of the law, where the law no longer applies. So if all human beings are under a system that I thought we all agreed to, but some people kind of don't follow it, it's like, I... I kind of understand how that causes frustration in a lot of people in a lot of different ways and then it proliferates right so um thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak um and i don't claim to be conscious i don't claim to you know know how to calibrate myself but um i'm just really blessed to be here with you guys and have an opportunity to just listen to you i'd like to interject thank you yes please um, there's just been so many great things said all around on uh, both sides of the, like, woke and unwoke. But I would say that when I stepped into a room, a definition was put on the table that no one really disagreed with. That I think that is the first thing I thought of when I walked into the room was that it's a caricature of a lot of different theories about the world and about, like, oppression that have a long history. The idea that this is new, I mean, so many people have said this, the idea that these theories are new is just wrong, right? Like, we can look at the history of the United States and look at abolition as one of the longest, you know, uh, longest theories on oppression of just, like, ending the oppression of, of, of black people through slavery, that that doesn't end when slavery ends. The concept of how we are oppressed uh, is... Um, also developed within that theory to continue going. So the theory of abolition is 200 years old. I can go read, uh, you know, the theory of how we get free or why we need to be free that's 200 years old. So to talk about this like there is no trajectory or history is wrong um, because we have these new social media platforms where where the trickle down of Marxism, of abolition, of feminism from these very long-standing theories is in the hands of very young people who uh, are in an Internet culture that is built on outrage. The idea that when someone's outraged around race, it's a problem, but when we're outraged around these other issues, you know, it's fine. I've seen a lot of people outraged, you know, we talk about, like, Gamergate and uh, I've seen a lot of people outraged about a lot of things and like the fact that like people are outraged about racism. It's now this like 
huge issue that's like, why is it always about race? Well, my life is lived as a as a racial person. Like, I don't experience life any other way. The fact that you do doesn't negate that I do. And like, I think like, I think it's right to put wokeism in, in quotes because what was put on the table is what is woke, wokeism is that the culture is, is the culture has these like unjust hierarchies. And I've been listening to a lot of like Jordan Peterson lately and someone asked like, what is the solution to this? And to me, it's taking theory, like the actual idea seriously. Like listening to Jordan Peterson is, I, I find it interesting, but a lot of people would find it just like completely nauseating who believe what I believe. But like, if I actually take what he's saying seriously, I understand where he's coming from and I can have a conversation that's like empathetic and interesting. Um, but people like myself and other people are not required to do that for strangers. Like, and in this like very quick inter interaction with someone, like if someone's going to completely disregard everything I have to say and say, well, uh, that this conversation is pointless because it comes down to race, class and gender. And that's not how I live my life or see the world. Right. Like, why would I even engage in that? Like, and so like, I understand the, I understand the immediate response to say, I'm just going to drag you. Like, I have no other energy to give you. And that not, might not feel nice to you, but you've put yourself out there. You've put yourself on the Internet. You've put yourself in this conversation. And everybody's not nice. And, like, everybody's not, like, going to engage with you. And, like, on the level that you would like to be engaged, on the level you would like to be taught on this, like, nicety culture, and I'm happy about it. That might not be how I engage, but, like, I think that there is this, like, you made me feel bad when you said that, so what you said was bad. And, like, I think that there's, like, people want to take, like, systemic racism and say, well, yeah, systemic racism is real, but what does that have to do with me? And these people are trying to say it has everything to do with you. You're part of the system. And, like, I need you to be awake to see the code, to, you know, to see the matrix so that this can be undone. Until you see it, it doesn't exist for you. But it clearly exists for me because I have to live it. Um, Rochelle, can oh, I man. Thank you for that. Can I, can I talk to you quickly? About Thank you, Rochelle. Thank you, Rochelle. Thank you, Rochelle. You're welcome. Thank you. I, I, have a, I have a couple questions. Yeah, yeah, I have a couple questions. So um, my first question is, um, do you see, um, with you as a person, do you find that your identity is um, at the forefront of how you see yourself as a person? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So wait, wait, we're doing really good. We're doing really good work here right now because... What I actually think is the breakdown in conversation between people that are of a different race, like specifically me as a white person and talking to a black person, is that my identity is very much secondary to who I want to be as a person. And so this is where we're having this problem in translation, talking to one another, where we have this issue where... You know, we have a uh, a group of people that are 
more focused on their identity and uh, people who are seeing their ide- uh, identity as secondary and then seeing who they are as a person in the forefront. And I'm not saying that you're not seeing that. But I just want to make a really big point with that is that that is the problem that we're having as a culture is that we're not able to talk about the differences in identity and the value differences in identity. So that's one thing that I think is really great that you're bringing up right now. Can I say that real quick? Can I add to that? Can we, can we, can we, let's just let uh, Rochelle respond to that, please. Thank you, Ewan. Right, like I, uh, was grew up in white communities, so I've always been like the only black person in the room for like the first what twenty twenty like all through grade school. So like the first nineteen years of my life. So to get into college classrooms and be told like these and be taught these theories about like about oppression, and then look back on my life and say, oh, all of these experiences that I've had. I can like I can like understand them through these theories was like an awakening for me to say like like this is this is this is how I should be looking at the world. And so for like for another 10 years to, to you know like have that as a, a a frame of how I understand myself in the world that's part of my identity. But the idea that white people don't is 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 just nonsensical to me, like, for example, if we think about, like, the Black Congressional Caucus, we we call it that, but we don't call, we don't call the Republican Party the White Congressional Caucus. Like, they, they are representing white politics. They're representing uh, a particular brand of white politics. So, so, yeah, let me call it that. And they don't see themselves like that. But I do because when I interact I do with too. them, that's how they they act and work based on those politics, and so, they might not understand it that way. But there's do, no. But they're doing it anyway. They're doing that's it. Anyway. No, 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 for sure. You and you and you and I'm with you. You, I'm with you. you. You and let's go to somewhere. Wait, wait. I think. Well, but I think that. Well, 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 wait, wait. Can I just say we're having a really important conversation right now? I think this is actually like breaking some uh, grounds with uh, you know cultural differences. I think that Rochelle's point is. I think. Wait, wait, but I think that Rochelle's point is great. You and you and you and let's 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 go to somebody who who could help kind of fortify the point that that Rochelle made. So somebody who. Yeah, if you don't mind, I I haven't spoken yet, and I I really kind of understand kind of at least from my little world over here where the disconnect occurs, and I think it doesn't. I think one is like we don't have to live in a world where it's either one or the other, that two truths can exist and based on experiences. So, yes, it's not when people say like Congressional Black Caucus or the black employee group or anything like that. It's not by some exclusionary way of operating. There is a paradigm in this world. And I don't care what part of the world you're in. I don't care if you're in the U.S., Africa, the Caribbean, Russia, Latin America, wherever you're at. 
there is a paradigm that's been built that we're all living under. It's kind of a programmed way of thinking. It has justified every atrocity and every historical impact that's been made from slavery to colonialism. And the idea is that somewhere down the line, there was a belief that was built into our system that we're living that says the darker you are on the spectrum, the less contribution you made into this world, you're not smart enough, and so forth. So these ideologies don't disappear just because we woke up and said, oh, we're awake. It is built into the systems that we operate. It's also built into our consciousness, how media is built, how music is built. So you can't ignore that fact. Two, I, I don't know, like for me, yes, race is part of my identity, not because I chose it, but because I know I live in a world where people look at people based on race. And we can't ignore class as well, too. So there's a poverty and race. So if you're if you're if you're black and you were the only one in your community and you went to, you know, all the schools, there will be a point in time where your blackness is going to come relevant to you because I, I was the same way. I wasn't even born in this country. I came here at the age of 10. And I did, it took me a long time to understand how insidious race is as part of our culture. Because at the beginning, I was just as ignorant. I, I didn't live in a country where I had to identify myself as black. I was just Ethiopian. So, what, but once I, it, it wasn't until college where I understood what systemic races when I, I had white friends, I had international friends, I had black friends. By the time I got to my sophomore year, all my friends were black because I understood something I didn't understand going into college. I would go to a party with my white friends. I mean, underage drinking, they're throwing furniture out the window, a police officer comes and says, hey, you know, pull the party inside, the party's not disbanded. I'll go to another party, it's a black party, there's not barely any alcohol served, music is being played, you knock on the door, tell everybody you're having a party. Not only is the party stopped, you're treated as a criminal, as if you're doing something wrong, or eventually they, they figure out, oh, you know, these are students, but still the party has to disband. So I'm not trying to go on and on but needless to say this double standard does exist and no one has to ignore and neglect the fact it's part of a historical so if you are trying to dismantle a system where you're inclusive of people then you have to understand the trauma people carry based on these experiences and it doesn't mean that they're victims because a lot of us do not want to see ourselves as victims and we've done amazing things in our life despite of the world the way it sees us so that's the challenge is that we're having these conversations oh, two separate conversations and we're not really listening to somebody else's story so for wait, me wait, after wait. all these years michael can i can michael, i just jump in michael, wait wait can michael, i just jump hey, in with michael, 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 yes you can michael, talk to michael, michael, um, michael no no i'm gonna i'm, I'm sorry, not trying michael, to talk too much i really you just are want to you stop talking other people have no 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 yeah, you, I, I thought you, that we you, actually you, got to michael you and you and i think we i think we got you and i think we got your point michael michael yes yes michael do me a favor i wanted to bring andy back in because andy said something that really you know clarified and crystallized something that is germane to this problem that we're dealing with, okay? And what Andy said was that, oh, the reason why black people are not advancing in the culture has, you know, you know, it has nothing to do with the socioeconomic, this, that, and the third. And Ewan actually had crystallized it because Ewan had lived it, and he knows what he's talking about. So, so what I'm talking about is how uh, white people or people who do not have to identify under these umbrellas of, of, of racism, uh, you know, somehow, some, somehow come up with the fact that, oh, this is not the reason why black people are not advancing in the culture. It is some other, you know, otherworldly reason that we cannot define. And I would like Andy to actually define that. Thank you. 
Okay. Hi. If at well, some point I want to do it. I want to let let Andy respond, please. Um, I want to do a good job of hearing you out, Econ, and make sure that I'm understanding what you're saying. So what I heard you say was <clears throat> um, you felt like I was basically characterizing the fact that there's differential progress between racial groups as boiling down to nothing but socioeconomic factors or maybe economic factors, um, and that that you know, excluded and, and or, race and or education, as a, and or education. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. And and that I was doing that to the exclusion of thinking about race as an important factor. So have I got you right before I take a crack at that? Yes, sir. OK, great. No, I mean, I think um, it's probably just a misunderstanding because my view is is certainly that race matters, that race um, plays an important role in people's lives in a way that I can't understand as a white person. Um, and, you know, some of the stories that have been talked about so far um, really cut me to the core. It's awful that uh, we would any of us would have to live in a society where um, we would be treated differently, you know, based on the color of our skin. That's terrible. Um, <clears throat> so I, I would just say in response to econ, um, I, I'm of a different school of thought uh, that would be like the Thomas Sowell, Glenn Lowry, Coleman Hughes world. Um, those are three black intellectuals who have pointed out that, again, the disparities in in racial outcomes, um, the, the explanation is boils down to more than kind of overt racism on the part of white people towards um, blacks. And that's really all I'm getting at. First of all, like the, the can you, you explain that more, please? Yeah, I just wanted to um, contribute this very quickly. Like folks saying that we should divorce racism from like socioeconomic conditions. I literally just said like you you don't want to. It's said that we have to live in a world where the society is like discrimination and stuff. Like socio literally means society. America was built right. This land that it's called America was literally built on genocide and slavery. I just want us to be very clear that when we're talking about socioeconomic white supremacy, yeah, when we're talking about these things, we can't divorce racism. If we're going to talk about society and economics, like racism is literally at the core of everything. Capital that was built in this country, capitalism, the first Wall Street was the first slave market in America was a slave market in America, and Wall Street literally today holds capital for the entire country. So let's just be very clear when we talk about. Um, racism that we cannot divorce it from society. That's where so, socio in so, socioeconomic literally means society. Just wanted to contribute. And, that, and, that, and, that, and, that, and therein lies the problem because America doesn't want to get to the very nitty gritty of what this is about. And the reason why they don't want to get to the very nitty gritty of what this is about is because embedded in that racism is all the gold, the jewels, and the intelligentsia that these so-called black people bring to your shores and to your life. I'm out. Yeah, hey, let's, not add, talk about, let's not just talk about America. Let's include England, because we are speaking English right now. It's global. It's yeah, global. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, guys, Globally. Is, so this is, is not global. Had, we have Yo, had guys, like, several... Yeah, no, it was not American-based. Real quick, we have had several... Literally, we have several perspectives from different continents tonight, which has been extraordinary. So I, I applaud Michael for that. Um, telling a group of people um, our oppressions and what we're dealing with. What's disheartening is there's still people on the stage and, and listening out on the stage who have not get, gotten it. 
who 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 probably will walk away from this conversation with what they came with, which is that's what we don't it's want. Still right? being so still being annoyed. That being, right, exactly. So with that being said, Andy, what you respectfully, what you just said, and you repeated it because I've been here for five year, hours now, was mm-hmm. we need to pay attention to our economic abilities, et cetera, right? Please understand how disrespectful and how rooted in white supremacy that is. Because in a sense, you have already took and had a large, 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 large start when it comes to financially, resources, etc. Right? That no. is many. No. That is that is not BS. Let me finish that. Yes. It's not it's not BS. It's not BS. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We have to Can I please speak? Fine, it's easy. Um so you can actually Can we go to can we go to I'm sorry, can we go to Brooklyn please? Really quick, can I just finish my point because I was Okay, finish um, your finish your point. Real real quick, I just want to land. Um, you can research these things, how resources, land, everything was allocated to a certain group of people, right? That is documented. But my major point was we, we are here to grow and learn from each other. From that comment that just was bloated out in the midst of me saying that black people were, have not gotten the equal start as white people, are we really debating that notion? That's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. by going it's back it's to like the roots. Of like the the root of like our history, and that's unfortunate that America does not teach us. But that's insane that we've heard from many black people from continents describe their own oppression in their own land and how it, and how it affects globally. And you guys are still questioning that that notion. So, so, so let me explain. You're let's, right go to, let's, go, let's go to let's go to let's go to let's go to Brooklyn. Let's go to Brooklyn. Well, yeah, where is the list? I'm so confused. Brooklyn. Yeah, I think it's popcorn. Brooklyn wanted to jump in. I think it's popcorn. I think Brooklyn wanted to jump in. Got you. Yeah, Brooklyn, go ahead. If Brooklyn don't go, I think Brooklyn are here. Yo, so. Can I just confirm what the Gerald said? Uh, you, you know, for anyone who's doubting what he did just say. Can you guys hear me? There, there's a yep, you're oh, good. Brooklyn, we can hear you now. Uh, we, we can hear you now, but let, 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 let Luis go, and then we'll go back to you, Brooklyn. Yeah, it, 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 I'm just astonished that anybody is uh, objecting to what the Gerald said about starting off on an even heel. Um, you know, and, and I would recommend to anyone who you know, doesn't believe in, in sort of financial discrimination and the historical aspects of that. There's a great book called The Color of Law, and I, and I recommend you write it down, The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein. And, and, and it talks about how, you know, the government, uh, government policies, you know, were inherently discriminatory, you know, historically. Uh, and, it, and it's a great book, and I encourage anyone to read it. Um, and you can just see firsthand, you know, how the black communities were left out. You know, you talk about property, mortgages, you know, you know, redlining. Yeah, but we're talking about America again, right? The conversation is still happening today. Let's not let's not interrupt him. Let him finish the statement, please. Yeah, I mean, I. That, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Um, it, it, it is I'm, great. But if, if I could respond, because I, I feel like I, I you several right folks have said talk. You need to stop. Can we have other people? People are just yeah, characterizing no, my thing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Moderator, probably. Sorry. I mean, Luis, did you finish your thought? 
Yeah, can Brooklyn go? Like, yeah, yeah go ahead. Go, way too much. go ahead, Brooklyn. Go ahead, Brooklyn. Yeah, Michael, could you please read okay. the I think so I have, been I have a couple of questions first. I mean, could y'all reset the room really quick, and then I'll give my stack? The moderator said they don't want to reset the room. So, well, well, Wait, uh, go ahead, Brooklyn. I mean, just to just just to clarify, I mean, I don't I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm still a little bit new to Clubhouse, so I'm not sure exactly what you can read reset from, the room means. Um, PTR, Michael, if you have any problems with how to moderate. Um, you know, I think I think the moderation has actually been fairly smooth. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you're wrong. Let's just go. Wrong. I mean, because okay. I just walked in and I raised my hand because people were like talking over each other when I'm looking at Tommy's PTR. You've done quite I, a bit of talking. Over you can read Tommy's well. PTR. I literally it. didn't talk. You guys literally couldn't even hear me when I walked go in. Go ahead. All right. Well, just go, go ahead. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just go make your point. All right. So a couple things that I had an issue with, right? Um, I guess in the beginning it was like the wokeism thing. That was a bit confusing to me. Um, I didn't necessarily understand. And yes, I just took this fucking room over. I don't know what Thank the fuck you y'all thought y'all had going on. Period. Anyways, let me Period. say, for one, I don't know why you, you white people in here talking about some, oh, we all had the same foot. You're fucking delusional. Don't use the word wokeism. Don't use woke. Don't use any of our dialect, okay? It's not for you. I don't even understand why y'all let that white man in here with that bullshit. Um, moderators was muting me while I was up here. They didn't want to reset the room. I'm already seeing this racist on the walk-in. Like, what's going on? Can somebody reset for me? What's what's happening? Period. I don't know what's going on, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I don't know who you are, but I love you. I don't know. Hey, my niggas here. I said, Ray, Greg, Yes, yo, get my niggas up here. This is the third time you've done this. If you're racist, get the fuck out of here. So, Ellie is a op. Okay, Ellie's in the audience. Who else is an op, y'all? First of all, all the white to the audience. Okay. No, all the Caucasians to the back immediately. No, come on. Can I? Can I? All right. Chill, chill, chill. Because I really want to know what y'all was talking about. Lauren, shut the fuck up. This is not a motherfucking airport. No need to announce your departure. Next. Uh, I don't know what happened to Michael, but I can't believe her brother actually called me milk toast. When I introduce words into this conversation that who Andy? Andy? That's okay. I I did not call you milk toast. I said the conversation was becoming milk toast, brother. I was trying to come Uh, after your point, and I and I I commended you for bringing up Dr. Sebi and Malcolm X because I felt like there was a lot of white supremacy in this room, and some of y'all don't understand what white supremacy is. It wasn't me who brought up. I did not bring up Malcolm X. No, so let me let me clear it up real quick. Black History Month. If you're not black, you're getting sent to the audience. So well, I actually brought up the, the fact. Why, why is that? <laughs> Real quick. I and if you don't have an AV, yes, you're going to the audience. Yes, Senia. I know you off me. I know you want to say something, Yes, Senia. Yeah, don't let's say, hear it, Yes, Senia. Because Yes, was over here calling everything. All right, go ahead, Yes, Senia. I want to hear because right. right. say what you're talking about. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to say why. Why is that? That if if you are a different color than black, you have to leave the room. Ask the ones in the audience. They can tell you. I <laughs> nah, Luis, I appreciate you trying, but y'all be watering down how y'all... T- hold on real quick. Luis, like, you were really sitting here, like, 
you know, stuttering to say black people are disenfranchised. That was the word. We're marginalized. Y'all oppressed us. Like, why were y'all even like dancing around that? Acting like we had the same foot or dealt the same hand as black people. What's going like, what's going on? What are we doing? Real quick. quick, I would just like to say a few words. I actually, I appreciate you Brooklyn because I'm the type of person who like to bridge gaps. Right. So that's why I was in this room. I completely was like completely irritated from the topic. Completely. Completely. I was on only here to learn to grow and try to it's the silent whites trying to pass for me but i will say this i will say though what were you trying to learn there there were some solid people that had some solid points and uh, and i will say lewis you did you did attempt and i will say gwen i forgot his name he also attempted a few times as well Okay, um, I'm gonna stop you real quick, DeGero. I don't like the attempts. I don't like the right. halfway celebra- celebratories. You hey, weren't there, I'm and that's a problem. That's you guys, hold on. You guys barely getting it is killing us. So when you have these conversations, this, this title is black dialect, but you didn't have no black moderators. Then you had your brochure college pamphlet black nigga up here, and he probably wore that emblem. Stop playing with us. Like, this is really crazy. And then y'all tried to moderate me like I was gonna quiet down. Okay, be a good nigga now. No, bitch. Now the room's mine. What's wrong with Jindu. y'all? Jindu. Jindu's Thank you. Hunter, yo, all my niggas raise your hand. Reparations, baby. Yo. 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 Her hand <laughs> black people raise your hands. Come on, black people. I'm so proud of y'all. Oh, Rashad, I'm sorry, baby, but I didn't know if you was going to shoot me back down or no, what. No, girl, no. I am so proud of y'all. Like, I came in this No, I'm very, I'm very, 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 I'm very, very, very pleased. And the only yes. reason that I was in this room, the only reason that I was in this room was to flex my fucking shit. The only reason Yo, I was is in that this Rochelle? room. Is that the Rochelle? only reason. Yeah. Icon, Icon, Icon. Yo, why are we talking? Why are we talking over? Okay, Icon's just gonna go down. Icon, 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 look Bro, let me finish, please. I'm gonna I bring him back up. Go ahead, Dayo. Dayo, Dayo, Dayo. Yes. Sorry. So I was in this room to flex my shit because I like to come into these rooms with people and when, especially when it's like majority white people, because I like to listen and then I like to use the language and the quote unquote education and uh, also accumulated with my life experience to come into these rooms and tell people to shut the fuck up. But in a, but in a way that's like quote unquote palatable for them, because I feel like it exercises my fucking muscles because I haven't been in school for a minute and you know these white people love to hear the words these white people love to hear the fucking theories these white people love to hear right the calm black person's voice or whatever the fuck and i come into these rooms because i like to flex it and still shut them down within within me being a calm black person so that y'all ain't gonna use my fucking aggression to deflate whatever it is that i'm saying because i'm not being aggressive i'm being factual and i'm being logical and i'm not using my emotions quote unquote to push forth the facts that i'm saying so i'm very happy brooklyn this is lit as fuck literally i am so very 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 happy i'm very confused as to how this occurred as to how you became a moderator but when i told you i told you i told you guys they you techie bitch they tried they tried because because i came in here and i was gonna list the racist shit and then they tried to give me the tokenized moderator badge like sit down and be a good nigga but no i'm a revolt you should have looked at the haitian flag in my bio you should have looked at the haitian flag motherfucker (laughs) 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 i'll just say that i've been in the room i've become a moderator 
Yeah, but okay, who was here because we don't even know what was going on. Like, I saw it before there was a lot of people, and I just like the name bothered me, and the fact that the the first moderator, so I know they created the room, was white. I was like, what the fuck is going on in there? It was a zoom call. White lamps and a black person to pretend like they're here to learn when they kept saying things like push back. Come on. Like, I want to push back on you having human rights. So, like so, so today, like, y'all just, are, are we going to finish the conversation? Judas and the Black Messiah, then you don't know what's going on. So can I just say my piece so I can leave or not leave, but just go? Let y'all you already showed your true colors. You're trying to Okay, anyway. So Judas and the Black Messiah. We're going to have a real conversation, right? We're going to take, hold on real quick, y'all. We're going to take a stack. And I'm going to moderate the stack, right? We're going to um just say your name and then stack right after it. And I'll add you to the list and we'll just go like that. I'll start off. Um, Clubhouse is definitely obsessed with quote-unquote wokeism. Um, I don't like that, you know, a white person was even using that word, but we're past that. Um, in my opinion, it's on both ends of the spectrum, right? There's black people that are just way too overly woke and it creates a system of like elitism where it's like, oh, I'm woke and you're not. So you're at the bottom of the totem pole. And then there's the um, white people who act like they're quote unquote woke or conscious of what's going on. And you'll note when they talk about the protest or, you know, the racial and social um, justice campaigns that happened over the summer after George Floyd's murder, they will never refer to it as social and racial justice. They will never refer to it as Black Lives Matter protest. They always say, you know, a things going on all the stuff happening lately like they always try to sugarcoat it right and i feel like that's the other wokeism is where they try to talk about our issues but they don't really know how to fucking like grapple with them and they do what was just happening here right where y'all were being gaslit where they were teeter-tottering around what the fuck was really trying to be talked about and um that's like the wokeism that i experienced on clubhouse there's people that really understand and like are actively organizing or not even organizing but just involved in community and honestly if you're involved in your community you're organizing period point blank but um yeah that's pretty much like the my experience with the wokeness on clubhouse and honestly when it comes from black people like i said i feel like it's like um an elitism thing like i freed myself now you got to do what you need to do to free yourself so you can be up here with me when it's like you should be pulling everybody up with you free of charge free of like you know elitism type of thing and then like like i was saying for white people i feel like when they're um you know too obsessed with the whole wokeism bullshit i feel like that's like the white savior complex or what they're trying to you know be the poster face or the poster child for some shit that has nothing to do with them except the fact that they're the reason for it and they're also the reason it hasn't been eradicated who would like oh, to go on the stack first hey Brooklyn, hey, if you need if you need help moderating let me know i got you josh come up mm, okay so rochelle brother rochelle brother yes anyone else i'll go i'll go dio after dio anyone else I'll go. I need your name because if I put I, there's gonna be a lot oh, of stats. Oh, Heather. Sorry. <laughs> What's the question? What's the stat? Heather. We're talking about the title. MJ. Dak. Can I ask a quick question? Like, would the best way to to like solve these issues is to start following these people because you know, like how Clubhouse works with the with the hallways being like curated on your interests. So like. If we're able to follow them, get in these rooms while they start spewing this bullshit and then do like Brooklyn did, take it over. Is that like an effective mechanism to kind of like prevent these conversations from happening? 
we'll never really prevent them and following them i feel is just gonna trash up your like your timeline like white people really be talking about the weirdest shit man um but like these conversations are gonna happen and you're gonna see black people in there anyway and you know when we see one nigga somewhere where there's not a lot of niggas the rest of us gonna slide so and also for (laughs) somebody like andy who who was talking about how um schools are not uh segregate like not integrated and like i don't know what he's talking about but like people the white people on here were like harming black people and they were saying they were pushing back on black people so um to say that oh taking over a room is not going to work it actually is going to work because if black folks are are being harmed then that's the first problem the first problem is now we're actually going to take this shit over because y'all not know y'all don't know how to moderate or y'all don't know how to make sure people are not being harmed on here right because we were at a point where that's why i had to speak up i had to speak up and say some shit but go ahead we we were literally at a point where people were cutting me off because I was saying that black people and white people have not started from the same position. Like that's where we were at. Economically, the, economically. Like, I, like like that's where we were at in the room, right? So not even I'm, economically, everything. I'm, so everything, right? So <laughs> you literally. No, but he was talking about specifically. Oh, so the, so the wow! Thing, so the most obvious one they was even debating that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's where Yesenia was like, "That's BS. That's BS." I was like, "Child." Yeah, so and she had the nerve to be up here still. Voice and that's shaking. The, point where the reason why me and Dio were in the room, where we were here to kind of educate in a sense, and just, just you know, we like to listen and like to really get the dialogue in. But Ber- Brooklyn, you literally came in at the like right moment. Like it was like the perfect <laughs> moment. It was like but, you know, y'all, I've been, been, been gaslighting us, saying this bullshit for hours, and we've allowed it in our faces, like bullshit, straight up. So that's see, I don't like I don't like English. I don't like the British. I mean, huh, I Derek, you're like the that. best. What I'm saying is, I understand, see, white people use white supremacy and technology, and the best one who uses it are, are British white people because they know the king's English, okay? And so I just kind of felt it was some real crazy-ass shit going on, but, hey, the bro- is Brother Gerald in here? Because he was he was uh, name-dropping uh, Sean King and, 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 and Lee Merritt. And Did Gerald John just spoke? Sean King. Okay. Yeah, I was like, fuck Sean King. We rejected Yeah, no, um, I, I got my background is, is nation Islam and five percent nation, right? So I'm sorry, about, um, brother, but we gotta stop. Um, yeah, so Rochelle, you, brother, he's on the stack anyway. So Rochelle, brother, Dayo, I'm sorry, Dayo, 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 Heather. Anyone else want to get on the stack before we start? You stack. Hey. Who? Jindu. Okay. Yep. MJ. MJ wants to be And then after? Michael. <laughs> Michael, I'll respond to brother. So D Gerald, yo, why can I type this J? Okay, Michael, Jackson. do we want to bring the dude downstairs? He still got his hand up. Who that? Michael, Michael? Yeah, sure. the one, the one who was hosting the room. Because I just want to hear how he feel. Cash <laughs> app us, cash app <laughs> yeah. the black yeah, moderators to get your room back. I actually know where he he. Hey, what's going on? Up? No, let it let his ass listen for a little while. Go ahead. What's up? What's going on, Michael? How you feeling? You feel as stupid as you look. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I felt a little stupid when some kind of coup was launched for for my room, a but coup. you know, I, I'm, a I'm, coup. I'm, I'm <laughs> bye. Okay, and also I'm gonna take back my statement. Um, the stupid how you look, stupid, dumb, crazy, lazy, all that is ableist. And thank I'm you. Thank you, Brooklyn. Thank you, Brooklyn. I'm going to be expanding on my vocabulary so I can stop using those words. But, Michael, you came up here with the wrong language. Again, read the bio. The very first thing you see, don't come up here with that dumb shit. Rochelle, take it away. Take it away. That was okay. Thank you so much for this. Oh, God. So satisfying. I think I've been in this room for, like, 
four hours, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm new to Clubhouse, so I don't actually know how it works. And at some point, someone asked, can we get black women moderators? That was me. After, <laughs> right. After, thank you, Drew, after uh, the black man who was helping to moderate the space left. And so he had done stack, but the the Michael, I think, was like, I don't want to do stack. I only want to do popcorn. If you don't, if you want to do stack, I'll leave. And it just, I was on, I think I was on the waiting list for like an hour and a half and people were just jumping in to talk. But I made a few points, I think, and you're you're completely right. The room's completely like anti-black and violent, um, which participating, I don't know why. But I saw you come in, Brooklyn, and you immediately said something about about like staff or how is this being moderated? And then Resetting. I made the moderator. And that and then I was like, when y'all just took over the room, I was like, thank God. <laughs> but I'll say that. I I didn't I wasn't upset about the kind of um on the question of the room. I'll say that I wasn't upset about the framing cuz I mean I think that a lot of us go with evocative framing just to like push the envelope. Um what I will say about wokeism is like they the other side defined wokeism as like cultural hierarchies existing and being the reason for like these socially sociocultural differences amongst people who are who who cl- claim to be oppressed and uh no one disagreed with that and i was like well if that's the definition that i mean that how could i disagree with that being how could i disagree with being woke and like but those those ideologies have very long histories there this is not new this is not right like black people didn't wake up 10 years ago saying we need to be free like this is a 200 intergenerational long struggle and I'm proud to be a part of it and everybody else who's now hearing about it and being like how dare you say something about my whiteness you don't know anything about me blah 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 blah. I'm an individual they can take their feelings somewhere else (laughs) I think like and also like the funniest thing about woke being woke is like it's funny because they talk about it and it's like the only time like I actually even think about wokeness is like white girls who wear like feminists on their t-shirts and they like stick like all black lives matter stickers on their laptops. Like, even though that is like, um, a, like a, that is like a thing that was created by black people, right. It's been so liberalized and so gentrified that these motherfuckers literally own it. And they actually embarrassed wokeness. Like they are the reasons why wokeness yes! is this bad thing. And so it's like, how y'all niggas make this room? Y'all are the reasons why people don't take that shit serious. So y'all stole it and y'all real fucked quick, it up. Like, real, real quick. I just turned off the hand raising white people. Put your fucking hands down. Go ahead. Next person, sorry, I didn't. Sorry, I cut stack. My bad. Um, next on the stack is brother, but brother left. Oh, brother's right there. Hey, no, no, I'm here. I'm here, sister. I know. I know. I was kind of chiming in and sorry to get on everybody's nerves. I'm sorry, uh, brother. Real quick, right? White people yeah. use the cash apps in the bios. What are y'all doing? Okay, especially the people that was in here. Geo, come up here, be a moderator. Especially the people that was up here educating you before we even walked in. Stop playing. Yeah, Go ahead, brother. All right, appreciate that. And again, I, I apologize for for kind of being a little bully, a li- I guess, a little bit. But you know, when I see wrongdoing, I got to speak up. I can't just hold my tongue and, and just act like I don't see anything. But anyway, I digress. Uh, brother Gerald, uh, 
brother, I mean, I agree. I, I was agreeing with a lot of what you're saying, but I was, I, I think, and I'm glad you set the room right. I just think when black people, when we talk in front of white people, we milk toast a lot of shit. And we, we start, we start worrying about their feelings. Meanwhile, they don't, they haven't given a damn about our feelings in the last 400 years, but we're supposed to care about their feelings now that they're woke. Now, the thing being is we got to understand the wokeness. Those of us black who are conscious and being conscious, I'm, I'm, I graduated high school in 91. I didn't go to college. Okay. But the thing I'm saying though is that, uh, uh, you know, we have to we have to understand that it was consciousness back in the 90s. That's what the hip hop was. It was called conscious rap and all this. So the woke shit, that's some new shit. OK, we, we and also uh, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. OK, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it short. I'm going to make it short. But also. So last year um, I was a part of ADOS and FBA. I consider myself more a- FBA than I do ADOS right now. Those who know, know. But the thing being is we cancel woke that that term woke because the bourgeoisie. Okay. Next on the stack, we have Heather. Brooklyn. No, I'm sorry. We have Dio. Can I get the name, please? Who just said that? Bernard. But put any black Americans ahead of me. I'm a black Bahamian. I'm not American, but put any black Americans ahead of me. Baby, baby, we don't even do the. (laughs) (laughs) If you black, go ahead, baby. Uh, Can I join the list? Dominic, I do. Okay, anyone else? All right, let's get it. Dio, and then Heather, Jindu, MJ, Michael, Jackie, Bernard, Dominic. Hey, so uh, everybody, PTR, I'm on the same fucking wave as Josh right now. And this, <laughs> but um, within the conversation, because I was in the room for a few hours as well, and I did talk, uh, but the main thing that I was talking about was the fragility, because, um, People tend to talk about how we're the fragile ones or how, you know, there's like this quote unquote snowflake kind of culture. However, it's like, that's not what it is. Y'all niggas is fucking sensitive. If I say something and say that what you're saying is racist, why are you mad? Get the fuck over it. Literally get the fuck over it. Listen to what I said and internalize it. I don't understand why people want to use shit like, oh, emotion, you're too emotional, whatever the case is, to justify not hearing what the fuck I said. Because I'm not the type of person, look, I'm raising my voice right now, right? But if I was to hear it tomorrow and hear the words that I said, I would completely agree with what the fuck I said. And I feel like there is a fragility and there's also a rejection immediately and, and a defensiveness that is completely counterproductive within because I brought up this example within me being a queer black woman. I have had to get checked by trans people based off of my internalized transphobia multiple times because of the way that this society is built and because of the way that this society dehumanizes people and As a result, my family was raised in that same constitute. My friends were raised in that same same ideology. So if somebody that is within that experience is telling me that my language or my actions are violent, and what I also said was that violence is not just physical. Violence is not just a physical thing. It's not that I punched you in the face and that was violent. If I'm saying something that is dehumanizing your experience on this earth, that is violence. And if you say it to me, yes. And if you say it to me, who am I to negate that? Who am I? 
I'm not a part of that experience. And I don't understand why there is no compassion. No, I understand. I completely understand, right? Because, look, based off of – oh, wait. I also wanted to um, introduce myself. Hey, y'all. My name is Dio. I am a black, queer, polyamorous woman. I'm, I currently live in, in Philly, but I'm from New York. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, whatever. It's fucking bullshit, honestly. And um, it's really annoying to have to um, explain to people all the time, especially within this title, right? I knew that Michael, who, was, who originally moderated the room, was doing it to be sarcastic, because he was like, no, I'm, 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 I agree with, you know, the woke culture, whatever the fuck. But yeah, when you make rooms like this, you invite niggas that don't know what the fuck they're talking about to rooms like this and to impart violence again on black bodies or on marginalized bodies. That's what you do. And then that's why you have to reset the room every five seconds to let niggas know when they come in. Oh, I'm sorry. I was being sarcastic. This is what it is. Don't do it in the first fucking place. The end. And that is on the lamb that Mary had. Next on the stack, we have Heather. And also, before Heather speaks, um, whoever you are, I I got the ten dollars for woke. Next time, make it twenty. I know you barely had that. Thank you. <laughs> oh wait, I want to add one more thing. <laughs> oh, you're you're ridiculous. Thank you, Paul. Yes, Dio, right? Because there's like whole, there was like a whole ass like conservative fucking um, weirdo in here, right? So like there are literally white people who are listening to our thoughts on these apps and using them as fucking fuel for their fucking creative ambitions to submit them to fucking New York Times or, or wherever the fuck they write at, whatever college. Or to go back to their jobs and now literally and now literally using our thoughts consultants because they were in a room with some black people that told them what the fuck was up and then they had a motherfucking epiphany and realized some shit and then you want to change your language from the beginning of the room to the middle of the room to then be oh yes now i'm just a moderate conservative this is how fucking neoliberal liberalism works fuck y'all niggas like you shouldn't be hosting no space that can attract fucking conservatives or whatever but then you were talking about you support the woke culture like that don't make no sense why you got conservatives in your room like that don't make no fucking sense why would black people be safe feel safe on your stage when you got niggas on whose twitter but who's i looked up the niggas twitter news feed talking about fucking covid is not that serious that that, that, that fucking right whole ass conservative power anti-black like, y'all are weird <laughs> as fuck like why would y'all ever let white people on this stage to discuss anything like y'all weird as hell like uh anyway i don't know who next but people get on my damn nerves y'all like i can't I don't know who next, but whoever's next, y'all can go ahead. I mean, but next is Heather. Oh, is Heather not here anymore? Yeah, oh, Heather left. Oh, yeah, Heather left. Yeah, yeah, raggedy bitch. Now nah, I'm just playing. Jindu, go ahead. Lord, hey y'all. Hey Jindu. <laughs> hey Josh. This is hilarious and amazing. I literally was texting True, sitting up in this room, like, what is going on? Not during Black History Month. Oh, my gosh. And, like, for this room to be titled, like, is, is wokeism, are we, or is Clubhouse obsessed with wokeism, was, like, so, it was odd to me. I was like, okay, maybe this is parody. Got in. Of course, harm was running up and down, was running rampant. Um, and it was just odd because, like, like somebody said earlier, people are not even 
scratching the surface of understanding like the different systems of harm that we're, we're navigating every single day. So this idea of has it gone too far, like page one hasn't even been turned. It the book hasn't even been cracked. Right. And like for folks coming on here to learn, like you should not be the first place that you come here to learn about these concepts, uh, um, you know, in is not clubhouse. Right. Like we are all on these iPhones, open Safari or whatever the app is called. Like libraries are now digital. Check out some books like this is ridiculous. And like for someone I forget their name who is sitting there and literally like milking the the traumas of black people on the stage as, for their education and talking about, oh, we're finally breaking the barrier was so violent and, and nauseating to me. I can't even believe that we were sitting here trying to learn or understand uh, economic and racial difference and I couldn't believe there was a uh, black man on here too and like just a pivot for a hot second who was saying like blackness isn't real that we are actually Asian I just, there was just a lot happening I was stressed I was worried what um, yeah yeah it was it was a it's whole the it's, it, it, it was, was yeah, that was odd or Samaritan I was literally just screaming silently and texted you in all caps. So when I saw Gia, I was like, okay, I can breathe. I saw True Brooklyn popped in. Josh, okay. I was like, all right, we're doing a little something here. But Lord, y'all, come on now. Like, we can't be doing this. Like, not our, not in 2021 year of our Lord. Like, woke is not a thing. Stop it. Like, people need to actually understand the systems of harm we're navigating. Like, dive into them. Don't, de- don't debate them. Learn them. Memorize them, internalize them, apply them to your lives, teach your, your friends, your family, your papa, your mama, whatever. Teach them, right? Um, and also, it reminded me of kind of the trajectory of the word triggered and, like, how people use it as, like, a joke now. Like, oh, you're triggered. Like, no. Y'all need to understand, like, when we're talking about harm, when we're talking about violence, it's, like, very real. The things that you say on this app translate into, like, affecting the material conditions of marginalized people, right? And so when someone comes at you to Dio's point, someone is telling you, you're harming me, you're committing violence on this app, your curiosity is coming at my expense, um, it's coming at the expense of my mental health, my physical health, my emotional well-being, especially in this parallelogram, um, you have to honor that, right? And, like, rooms like this are not honoring that. Rooms like this are actually honestly shameful. Um, we cannot be doing this. We cannot be trifling with people's experiences, and especially not during Black History Month. Like, I don't know what's going on. This Black History Month has been so janky. <laughs> we need to do over. Um, and that's all I'll say for now. Thank well, you. What did you mean, woke, woke isn't a thing? Like, is it, like, are we too woke? Like, that's not a thing, right? Like, that's not, people have to actually understand, like, the ways in which we're engaging, understanding each other's differences and marginalizations and, and intersecting oppressions. We haven't even gotten to scratch the surface. Like, the marginalized people, we're carrying the weight of understanding and navigating our experiences because we have to. But those people who are operating in the majority are largely ignoring us and then, like, making fun of us with titles like, oh, wokeism, right? Like, they're not even engaging. So to feel like they're oppressed by this concept of wokeism, to feel like they can't enter a conversation for fear of being, like, tackled by the woke police or whatever, um, it's fake. It's fake. Um, so that's what I mean. And I want to add, too, before we get to our next stack, like, understand, right, how they have, like, wired us and indoctrinated us to feel like there's no value in things that we enjoy um, widely. Like, look at Salam, for example, like everything that we do in wide numbers, all of a sudden it no longer has value, no longer has importance. And that comes from them instilling that in us. Like, my niggas, please understand, you don't have to be kind. You don't got to say this shit in a digestible way for these fucking racist white people. Let them choke on that shit. We'll be better off. Really, honestly, truly, like it hurt my heart seeing y'all sitting here pleading with them to understand the differences and what we're given fuck all that shit pay me fuck you that's really it and it's black history month come on next on the stack we have mj 
before we go to MJ, so um, as Jindu said, like what Michael and the Michael who really started the room was doing was violent. Like the role of a moderator isn't to like egg on the discussion and like people like oh there's both sides of the story. Like it's really to ensure that people are safe in the room. And if you don't have the range, you cannot have a room in good faith. Right? Just going on your Twitter, like there's so much transphobic violence that's literally being spewed literally with like within the past twenty four hours. Like I would I'm not surprised that you are literally on Twitter right now, like, saying that we're gaslighting you because we're telling you that the room is violent. Wait, he's room- on Twitter? No, <laughs> uh, he's on whole Twitter, like, Wait, who? Literally banding other racists against us to shout us down. Insane That's what's happening. Things. And is that, and was there a near, I'm sorry, I don't want to jump stack, but was there something said earlier around transness and the binary in this room? I said, no. I said, I, the only thing that I, that I brought it up as, as an example, but no, it was not a conversation that was had in the room because the room was filled with white people and white people don't think of themselves as being white. So that's what, I feel like that's what a lot of the issue is, is that it's like, you know, like white people, because they are the supremacy in this country, they don't even think of themselves within the same sort of quote unquote labels that we do. And then they victimize us and make us feel like we're fucking crazy for even holding these identities and using them to uplift our own people. So no, of course they were not talking about any sort of transness or any sort of binary sort of thing because these were white people that were talking and they don't even know that they white. Reminder, this is the Period. same room where someone asked Rochelle um, why she identifies, pointed out that she sees herself as black first as a way of trying to exactly what she exactly. was saying. And yes, like, I, I am a uh, black queer woman. Really? I hold those Hold identities. on, really quick, really quick. So I just take a look at Twitter. Michael Tracy, 184,000 followers, a roving journalist. Child, the fact that... Bring him in a room. But the fact... Y'all shouldn't have removed y'all shouldn't have removed them. Y'all should have left them right here because people are holding them accountable in those Twitter threads. But the fact that, you know, he sit here and put like our trauma, our misery, people's experiences on front end, and this nigga's just getting likes and retweet this wigga is getting likes and retweets off them, that's so problematic. Like they literally are always gonna exploit our labor, they'll exploit our trauma, they'll exploit anything, literally for the sake of some likes, for the sake of some social media presence and it's like you're still a fucking nobody because who are you really to have to go at people like this brooklyn can i say also not oh, so sorry not him being followed by yvette carnell but Look, the venn diagram is a circle that was said because i because yes me like Rochelle, i was in the room for a while and also like to gerald but one thing that was said um because i was saying that black people don't have to put their experiences on forefront in order for you to understand even if i'm saying to you i don't have to pull out the theory i don't have to pull out the literature i don't have to do that because you're talking about me and i am of that group so what the fuck but alan was saying oh was asking for that and i wanted to interject and be like that's fucking trauma porn the only way that you're supposed to understand my experiences is if i tell you specifically time after time after time after experience after experience that i've had no white people i'm talking to you specifically because now i have the forefront to do that because there was a lot of policing going on in the room however 
Black people do not have to tell you about their specific experiences in order for those experiences to be validated. Why you think that we're lying? You think that we're just up here to fucking talk shit and lie? Are you fucking crazy? I'm done. So, yeah, is there a stat? Oh. Yeah, we have MJ going next. Yeah. Can I jump on stack as well, Rochelle? Name, please. Rochelle, got you. And just right, a reminder, you. just a reminder, um, non-black folks, uh, we're not welcoming non-black folks to the stage. This, we're censoring black voices right now, so um, please stop raising your hands. Right now and forever. Great. I'm going to set it so only people who are followed by the moderators can acts come up um and folks if black folks who are in like not followed by the moderators want to like come up you can just dm one of us um but yeah yeah child i didn't even um i actually wasn't around for the bs that seems to have happened a bit earlier i actually joined when the queen brooklyn at the top there was um removing everyone and i was actually kind of confused because the room title had me very confused and i was like what is wokeism? Like, I was like, what does that mean? Like, that sounds like a, that sounds very liminal and like very strategic, very selective language. And I was like, oh, it must be a bunch of, this must be a very, very diverse room. I was like, there's no way that black people started this room and would have named it that. And it's just funny that I joined at the moment that Brooklyn was like literally taking over the room. So like, I just wanted to give Brooklyn a shot over that. And, um, I'm actually so happy that you guys did take over. I feel like it was appropriate from what I'm hearing. It sounds like it was a lot of very insensitive conversation going on. And checking the room and just peeping the environment, I'm like, whoa, why were these people discussing these topics? And then why are you allowing black people on your stage just to kind of take validation away from everything that they're saying, it seems like. So shout out to Brooklyn and everybody else who took place in that coup to do whatever. And I feel like we should definitely just like not engage with BS like this. But actually, I I do agree with the somebody put out an idea earlier that we should follow these people in and enter their rooms and shut down their like terrible opinions like this. But yeah, I'm actually just more interested to keep hearing the, some of the BS that was discussed because, like I said, I wasn't around for that part. But yeah, shout out to Brooklyn. Thank you. Shout out to uh, y'all, really, because I wouldn't have came in here if y'all wasn't in here. <laughs> Let me see. Michael? Oh, is that the Michael hey, we think it is? Yeah, no, that's okay, okay. It's, it's girl Michael. Hi, everybody. Um, whoo, this, <laughs> this room is a mess. First of all, it's titled wokeism because they're trying to portray it as a cult. They're trying to make it seem like there is some, they're trying to be reductive and they're trying to, um, discredit what, what it is. Um, there is no such thing as council culture. Um, there is there is no canceling that has occurred. There is no person who has been held accountable wrongfully. Um, I wasn't allowed to come up and speak yet at the time that they were talking when they mentioned council culture. But to be very clear, I, I, I would have asked name one person who's been canceled because it hasn't happened. What maybe has happened is somebody's been held accountable. Now, when somebody said. How is it that somebody tried to say that we all started out on the same foot? I'm going to tell you right now, no. And I can give you a personal example for all the people still sitting down there in the audience. My grandfather is a Tuskegee Airman. He went to MIT. He was a fighter pilot. And I'm, I'm talking to Tuskegee Airman in a fighter pilot. And when he came back, 
home, he was unable to get a job as a commercial airline pilot. He was not he was not granted his GI Bill. And that is how people get ahead. He wound up working in construction because of discrimination in this country, despite fighting for this country and his rights that we should all have equally. So that that's just one example, since since people don't want to look shit up and they want to just just host, host a room for clout. And if you don't have the range, like someone said, for a room like this, don't host it. If you never hosted a fucking room on Clubhouse, what are you doing hosting a room on a very inflammatory topic? It is so disingenuous. I've been on here since October. I've here I've I've seen all the rooms. I was here on the first week when they were talking about has the culture on Clubhouse changed? And when I went in that room, it was a bunch of black it was a bunch of white people talking about how they were uncomfortable with all the blackness that was presented or the spectrum of blackness that was in their hallway now, because you were so comfortable with this app before when it was white, but you guys all were so excited about this app because, oh, we can have an intersection. It's like a street corner. We can talk to anybody, but you don't really want to talk to anybody. And you're not curious because if you were here to learn, you would have listened to the people who were telling you real things about their experience. Um, who was, was it Rochelle? Who was so gracious, so gracious as, as to t- explain why it matters when people who who say that they are are hurt or experience experience harm or violence why it's important to listen to them and then you and then the next response is who wants to push back on that are you guys out your damn mind you are you are the epitome of the thing that people are saying is harming them and to mask it as a question is clubhouse obsessed with wokeism the only people obsessed with wokeism is you people who want to negate it and you people who want to co-opt it. Because what black people are obsessed with is maybe for once getting some fucking equality. That's really all it is. Um, yeah, I got to jump soon because I got to Zoom. But um, I also come in these rooms to back up people like Dio um, and listen in because there are a lot of grifters on this app and you guys sit in these rooms and act like you're here for a genuine conversation and to learn and to and to have discourse when you don't even know how to have discourse when you don't even know the facts to even have a discourse to have any kind of conversation with anybody and i think that solution i don't i don't really know what the solution is but for me I, bl- I block you guys. I document you guys because the next thing I know is I see you guys in a room acting like you care about these topics saying, oh, you know, I had a 200 person room where we were, I was addressing wokeism and it was so meaningful. It's like, no, no, it wasn't. We learned so much. We people. learned, we exactly. learned so much from that room. No, no, no. And this is why people like David Markovich, ha- the, the things that happened with David Markovich happened. This is why the things, cause I watched all these people for months doing this exact same thing. And now they all have tens of thousands of followers because every new person doesn't get the fullness of who these people are. And Michael can, can parade around uh, the gentleman who was running this app. He can parade around as if this was just a conversation for conversation's sake and to learn, but it wasn't because that's not what happened on the stage. What happened on, what happened in here is a bunch of people saying, all right, well, now that we've heard some black people's experiences, who wants to discredit it? I'd like to pose, if we could, I don't know how, if it's even possible, to get, but to get Michael back in, I'm reading True's tweet, and I see yeah, that he's on PTR Twitter. Yeah, PTR my, um, because I, I, I understand, like, even if it's for the sake of, uh, right now, if he was able to sit in the audience, 
I think that would kind of prove beneficial, especially as he's live tweeting it so that there can be some type of spill out. Of what is his handle? It's on my I, PTR. Um, yeah, I, I think we could actually. It's at M-T-R-A-C-E-Y. Um, I don't, I don't know. Was he, was he kicked? I, I don't, <laughs> he was in he, the audience. He was in, he was in kicked. He left, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, he, I'm he taking some time player. to notice too, who's in here. Um, thank you to whoever DM me, right? But Brett Weinstein, yeah, I'm calling you out. Somebody that they really promote on this app, right? I'm always seeing him, like, not even the town halls on the stage, but in the audience. And he's always, like, having such a huge influence on this app, right? And his nigga's mad racist. Like, Adding Mark, are Brett, anti- look at you, Brett. <laughs> Adding Mark, Adding Mark. Wait, who is it? Mark, who is it? Mark Brett Weinstein, Brett. under Felicity, under Exotic. So Exotic and then Felicity he's and then Brett. Bring them up. Actually, bring 30, them up. 32,000 followers, but you're Come not going to go back and talk bring about this. Bring them up. You're not going to talk hey, about Brooklyn. how we had to, you know what I'm saying? None of that. What's up? Brooklyn, to put this in, uh a little bit more of a uh, perspective. Uh, I think Brett, Eric, and uh, and I'll let him speak for himself, but they are kind of a part of all the uh, classical liberal uh, groups or uh, think, I don't know, which, I don't know what to call it, but they're kind of a part of that, the intellectual, I guess, dark web. So he's not just they're not just popular on this app they're popular amongst uh people that are kind of the you know anti-woke or anti uh mm-hmm. they've been i'll let you i'll let brett no, answer white people are messaging me they're talking about some can a white person step up to the congregation yeah i'll let brett i'll let brett explain himself don't call it a congregation know. don't say that that's racist right and that was intentional so so good block them me more uh was that you marcy who was uh saying something about who i am yeah, I was trying to ex- give some context to these rooms, and I don't. Um, I I was in here earlier, and apparently some things were said that were insensitive. Um, I was trying to catch up, but I was, you know, trying to explain yep. that you have a podcast and you're popular off this app for your POV on wokeism and stuff like that. That's all I was trying to frame it. Appreciate you know, it. Yeah, also a VC, it. am I mistaken, or are you also an investor on this app as well? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not an investor. I'm, they promote I'm, you I'm like not, you are. I don't. I don't know that there's any promotion. Um, mm. I've b- been here a little while. I did get an invite fairly early on, but um, I don't think there's been any promotion here. Okay, um, can we speak to the fact if you are anti wokeness and the progression of black people? Do you believe in white supremacy? Do you believe in on uh, white? Sure. Per- are those sentiments that you stand by um people here are saying that you have spewed racism across this app so can you speak and to that transphobia yesterday sure. was um, binary. wait why was dio down in the audience what happened yeah what happened i, I think they left oh, so, move themselves go ahead can i can i ask something of you um before i answer your questions did you sure. answer those questions do you support white supremacy are you anti-racist and transphobia I, okay uh, I'm happy to do all these things, but I would ask you to try to listen. No, listen, listen, no, white man. We're in charge her. here, okay? We ask you some questions. You can answer them or you can go. Don't okay. ask so, Brett, so, Brett, here's the, here's the problem, Brett. 
it's the same thing if I was to ask the president of the United States, what a previous president. When I asked him, Gerald, we're not gonna, we're not, we're not even gonna do that. He knows exactly what we asked him. Brett, are you anti-racist? Are you transphobic? Are you anti-black? Like, give us the answers right now and quickly, or you're gonna get off sure, the stage. Sure, hundred percent. But let me correct something Marcy said first. Hundred percent. What? Are you a hundred percent anti-black, or are you a hundred percent anti-racist? What's going on? Okay, I am a hundred percent. I don't like the way that he had made Marcy explain what was happening, or he tried. No, to I just wanted to know. Look, come on. Can y'all please stop trying to let what? this man wiggle out of the answering the questions? Yeah, Go, Brett. Okay, first of all, I'm not a classical liberal. I'm an actual liberal. Okay, far left have been my whole life. I am thoroughly anti-racist by any normal definition, but I don't like Kendi's definition of anti-racist. That doesn't make sense to me. I am not by any stretch of the imagination a white supremacist. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure whether I qualify as white. I'm Jewish. It's a different thing. My people you have do. been persecuted by yeah. Europeans. In you the are, Brett. You're just spicy white, but continue. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'll take that. I just I don't think it's a simple issue. And to be honest, I'm. There was was there a third question on the? Oh, am I anti? Am I are you transphobic? Are you transphobic? <laughs> I am not the least bit transphobic. As a matter of fact, I... I Who's that right there? Who's that right there? Protecting sure. trans rights has nothing to do with negating the sexual binary, and it does and it does not require any new pronouns. Those claims are instead about wielding power over others. Because it is acts and the replies, they, them, is not helpful. That is, again, about power. He, him, and she, her are all that is necessary. So I'm confused. Why are you up here saying you're not transphobic? A uh, very simple reason, which is that in every interaction I've had with trans people, and it has been many interactions, simply figuring out which pronouns are preferred, whether it's he, him, or she, her, has been absolutely sufficient. Right? We, had, I, we don't need to make You've up. You've not met every trans Wait, person. I'm you haven't Brett, met every Brett, single trans person. Brett, no, you're right. Brett, 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 ahead, we were on the panel together last night. Do you remember me? Yeah. Oh, Brett. I yeah. So. So you're saying that having to use they them pronouns is like is not within your capacity because you feel like he, him, she, her pronouns are sufficient enough to cover everybody's gender identity and how they want to be identified via pronouns. Well, let me just say I'm an evolutionary biologist. I'm very interested in how language actually are you changes. Genesis? Say again. A eugenicist. That's what you mean as evolution. No, 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 no. Those are the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's not. It's not the same thing. In fact, in fact, one of my one of my. You're not about to try to wiggle out of that. I'm not trying to wiggle out of anything. I'm not trying to wiggle out of anything. Look, racism and genocide are products of evolution. I don't favor them. I recognize that they emerge out of evolution, and part of what I want to do is help people to understand why that is and what we can do about it. Okay? That I, is okay, so I, wanna, I want you to, like, be able to explain that, but I just want to be clear. Last night when you were, like, when you were naming things that I clearly identified as transphobic um, and that other folks did, too, you pushed back to say that biology was something that was important, right? But now this sentiment around pronouns actually reaffirms the narrative that there is a particular investment in how you want to move culturally transphobically, where you actually literally want to actually remove people's agency and what feels affirming to them in their gender identity, but just even in their own affirmation at all. So, so Brett, are, so you, you agree you're transphobic? No, I don't agree that I'm You're transphobic. a scientist and you used anecdotal experience. 
experience to justify your view on pronouns. You're a scientist. Like, just because someone has only ever eaten hot dogs doesn't mean that hamburgers don't exist. And if hamburgers can see your statements, then why are you making them? And Look, we also can remove science as a part of transphobia. Eugenic, developmental, evolutionary biology is a means to spread scientific transphobia. Those two things are linked. Science as an institution was built in transphobia and anti-blackness. So you saying that you are evolutionary biologists does little to claim eugenics was also a field in science so your claims do not push the fact that you are not transphobic that's still a transphobic position to take it's it's not transphobic i'm i'm interested in seeing trans people how can you say that something is not transphobic when people are telling you that it's transphobic like privilege it's like so i don't understand how you think this works okay we can have a disagreement We can have a disagreement about whether or not I'm No, we can have a disagreement. So, Brett, yeah, Brett, you're gonna have to go to the audience, and you need to cash up everybody up here a thousand dollars for you coming back up next. You know, we got it. Started the conversation off saying you weren't a white supremacist, and you completely stopped talking points and anecdotes. Like you don't really look at that. As being a white he's supremacist. used to like, talking himself out of shit. Oh my god, I thought it was a mute. He's like, actually, yeah, actually, if you yeah, stand actually. up white supremacy, you are a white supremacist, and that's what you exactly. We just let you speak, and that's exactly what you dispute white supremacy. I also think that, yeah. like, okay, so within my um, studies and within my experiences, right. I do want white people to reject whiteness because I want them to be anti-white. However. Within this, um, within the context that he brought it up and being like, oh, I don't even consider myself white. I consider myself Jewish. That's how I know that he's full of shit. Because when you truly reject whiteness, you really know that you are a white person and you know the ways in which your whiteness is violent and the ways in which your whiteness has been um, commodified in this country. And so, therefore, if you truly want to reject whiteness, you embrace that entirety of your whiteness and you use that argument as the premise to reject your whiteness because of the studies and the uh fucking whatever all the shit that you've learned in your life to reject your whiteness not because you want to um identify with one particular part of your whiteness and then reject the rest of it that's not how that fucking works white people yeah sorry that, there are um, black I, and I, arab jews yeah sorry um jw lucas i don't know why you're raising your hand um i was wondering why you look so familiar um, J.W. Lucas was on, um, he went on an Instagram rampage, basically talking about Breonna Taylor um, and talking about her husband. It was something about that. I don't actually remember. He was arguing with um, Tamika Mallory and basically, I think, was trying to, like, more or less blame Breonna Taylor for um, her death. So I don't know why you're even in this room. Because you're about to get removed from the room, honestly, because you're a whole ass white supremacist. Like, please, um, <laughs> whoever. Yeah, no, you don't deserve the labor. Whoever's next, um, please go ahead. Really quick, um, for those of us that didn't really know what Brett Weinstein um, was responsible for, I just attached an article from the Evergreen scandal of the school he and his wife used to teach at. It's in my bio. We come with the facts over here, baby. I know you're still in the audience, Brett. Go ahead and read about yourself. I know your narcissistic ass probably wants to. Next on the stack, we have got Jackie. Is Jackie still here? Okay, Jackie don't want to talk. 
Oh, yeah. I just added her back because she went to the audience and came back. So I don't know if maybe something's going on with her phone or... Well, we can come back. It's okay. Um, so I'm going to put an asterisk next to Jackie's name. Bernard. Hey, y'all. I just need to take a breath before I get into it. Um, Brooklyn, first of all, thank you so much for commandeering and then subsequently creating this space. I appreciate it. I came in here because the title looked ridiculous to me. Because, first of all, wokeism... That like you know that they meant a negative connotation when they put ism on the end of it. It could have been wokeness, could have been woke culture even, which I don't even agree with. Could have been woke stuff, but no, ism, like racism, like sex, like sexism, really. And then obsessed, another negatively connotated word, right? Obsession. Oh, if you're obsessed with this, oh, you, you can't stop thinking about this. I just thought it was, it was just, oh god, sorry, I have to take a breath. Ridiculous. And just to clarify, thank you again, Brooklyn, for like, for, and, and, and those of y'all who spoke up, but when I said, you know, I wanted to let black Americans go first, it's because this conversation is obviously rooted in American, you know, in the American racial, um, environment. And I, while I, I do identify as a black Bahamian, I just feel that, yeah, you know, it's, it's a bit different. And I just wanted to let other voices speak. But thank you guys for welcoming me. I appreciate it. What I think is happening here, Clubhouse is not obsessed with, well, I don't even want to say it that word it's obsessed with fake and self-serving allyship and this was not allyship what was happening in this room which i didn't even hear but just hearing from what y'all had said was being said it's not allyship and i just know that there are people down in the audience who are writing down everything that they think is offensive that some of us in here have said they're writing everything that they think they can use to say that all these crazy people took over the room and tomorrow the room is going to be let's talk about that crazy shit that happened yesterday and not let's talk about the pain really quick really really quick bernard i'm sorry but i was saying earlier how you know um we need to all be expanding our vocabularies to make sure we're not being ableist i know um myself especially come from brooklyn crazy wild stupid like that stuff is in our vocab but we really yeah. need to unlearn it because it is ableist but i just want to recorrect you thank you for that i appreciate that I, and I, I won't say it again you're, you're you're so right um yes and i just i unfortunately i think that's the language they'll probably use but i think that to, what i was saying is like tomorrow or later there's going to be a room that's going to talk about all the stuff that happened in here and it's not going to talk about the pain that they saw or the relief that they saw when black people finally had a room where they were able to speak and be in control of the conversation and not interrupted because i think what tends to happen and i've seen this a number of times i'm in a lot of rooms um and i've uh, just very recently there was an uh, a room that was talking about allyship um and there was someone who came in to talk about ball culture in new york city and about how it was co-opted and it's being co-opted now to the point where there are people who have never struggled with um the the lgbtqi issues especially bipoc lgbtqi issues in new york city and in all over all over america and there are people who are making money off of the form of of voguing of ball culture who have never been associated with the culture while people who are associated with the culture and have been involved culture for 20 years are still you know living paycheck to paycheck right and then the room was silent this is a room that had been consistently just praising each other and talking about how they were all here doing the work and they were all here you know being good allies and having great conversation that was respectful and then it went silent and then one person spoke up and said oh well in my vote place in russia or, or something we we um what was it? We we watched a video on on the ball culture, and we made sure to learn about it before we kept dancing. And then everyone congratulated that and moved on. And that person who talked about ball culture left because they didn't feel heard. And I just, I my challenge to everybody down in the audience is not to come away from this saying, "Oh my gosh, that room got 
taken over and it got um, completely changed. Maybe come away from this and think, wow, listen to all that pain I heard. Like, why is why is there no acknowledgement of the pain? Why is there no acknowledgement of the fact that a number of people in here expressed how relieved they were to finally be in a space like this? Why is there no acknowledgement of that? Why are all these rooms moderated by mostly white people? And then this is this happens in the real world, too. People have a panel on allyship or on anti-racism and they invite one person sometimes they ask them to come for f one black person to come and talk to the panel usually they ask them to come for free which is ridiculous and anyway i think i've lost i think i've lost my train of, of speaking but anyway that's all that's we all. definitely okay. heard what you were saying appreciate it bernard yeah definitely yeah sorry i, I, I feel like you I summed up the action that happened just now pretty well yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. That guy who came in. Uh, what's his name? I don't even want to say. The moderator who's tweeting now, right? Like Michael. Yeah. Mm. His first response mm. when he came back. When he, his first response when he came back up here was to say that. Oh well, you know, <laughs> there was a coup. A fucking coup. We're on the internet. This is an app, okay? I know it's an important place and a lot of great conversations happen here, but like, you're fine. No one lost any money tonight. No one lost any clout tonight. No one lost any privileges tonight. Like this is a we have to remember this is an app where a bunch of people are chatting like it's not this is not the streets this is not a boardroom this is not a un un conference room like a coup is such, such strong language to simply talk about the people who are being in, implicitly named in the title taking over the conversation in order to center it around the people that they that other people here are claiming to be allies for if you claim to be an ally for people, your first job, your first job should be to listen to those people, listen to their experiences, acknowledge their experiences, find out how you can make their experience better, and then maybe, no, not even defend yourself. Defending yourself should be the last thing on your mind, but it's always the first. And with that, I yield my time. Thank you, Bernan. Who is, okay, black person. Sorry, y'all, false alarm. Dominic? Hello guys, uh, good evening. Yeah, I got into this room, you know, uh, a bit late, but um, yeah, I just found it <laughs> a bit hilarious, you know, uh, the, 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 how the whole thing evolved. But I'm going to say this, you know, based on the topic, is Clubhouse obsessed with wokeism? And I'm going to say, um, in my opinion, there are two kinds of uh, wokeism. There's a, a performative type, you know, that I feel like um, it's mostly... Um, put uh, forward by white liberals, and I'm going to give you an example using a tweet. Um, there's this tweet I saw, you know, by a white person. I value animal life over white humans, but people of color and animals are the same level of valuable. And um, I just find this a white savior uh, <laughs> complex, you know, to be a bit ridiculous. And uh, my view is, you know, I, I'm a Nigerian, a Nigerian American. And I cannot really uh, speak for um, foundational black Americans, but I know that uh, foundational black Americans have been through a lot, you know, from the founding of this country you know, into slavery and um, Jim Crow. My, my father moved to the United States, you know, during Jim Crow, and he told me a lot of what he experienced. You know, he worked as a as a stone crusher at one point, you know, before he went to uh, went on to to go to Harvard. And, um, you know, he told me all about these experiences. I feel, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that's happened in the past, you know, continues to affect uh, black people today. And, you know, I tell white people, my white friends, you know, 
and I'm not going to be, I'm going to be very honest about it. I always say uh, what happened in the past is not really your fault, but what happens today is, I mean, what ha- what is happening today is what you should really deal with, you know. What happens today is your fault. You should speak up, you know, when you see injustice and not just, uh, you know, brush it aside. When uh, And the truth, you know, is that uh, a lot of black people are, are suffering from uh, stuff that's happened in the past, you know. You just like, I don't know who was talking about a GI Bill or something, you know, the, the way that uh, a lot of black people's uh, fortunes were taken away or the way they weren't allowed to, to reach their fullest potential. For example, my own father, you know, he reached, to, he got to a point, you know, where he couldn't be uh, promoted further because of the color of his skin. And I feel like these are very relevant subjects that we should be discussing. And also, you know, I'm going to just uh, throw in a bit about cancel culture. I often, uh, I often talk about cancel, you know, I have discussed with some people about cancel culture. And my opinion, you know, is that human beings are redeemable. Everybody's redeemable. But first, there needs to be accountability. The, the fact is, you know, you just can't say or do whatever, you know, hurt people and, you know, inflict psychological trauma. And then, you know, I just expect to, to uh, go just like that. There needs to be accountability before uh, redemption comes. And lastly, I'm just going to say, I believe that every human being can say what they want, be what they want, and do what they want, as long as in doing so, they don't handfully infringe upon the rights of others to do the same. And the reason why I said this, you know, is because of, uh, you know, gay people, uh, bi people, trans people, I feel like these people have the rights to live their lives uh, absent uh, discrimination, absent harassment. Because they, they, they're not really harming anybody, you know, and this is, uh, I know I didn't really phrase myself correctly or just, uh, <laughs> say things as, as well as I wish I could, but that's the end. Thank you very much for, you know, hearing me out. Alright, cool. Thanks, Dominic. Uh, who's next on the stack? Um, next on the stack is Rochelle. Really quick, I don't know why the link in my bio don't want to work, but it's not working. Somebody's DM'd it to me, but I still can't post that, so I don't know. Okay, so Did you put it in the link space or just the description space? The bio. Oh, I'm slow. Yeah, put it in the links part, and then it'll be clickable. Duh. <laughs> There's a links part? I know, it says yeah. website. <laughs> Yeah, it's like URL. It says URL. You have to put it in it there. It literally says website. Trust me, I'm, I'm, that happens I'm to mad. me all the time. That's so, me. yeah, now it's in there. Now you can go in there and see, y'all. <laughs> okay, but yeah, next on the stack is Rochelle. Oh, did she leave? I really wanted to hear her. No, no, I'm here. Okay. Uh, again, thank you, Brooklyn. So happy I made you a moderator. Um, oh, you did that? Damn, yeah. you should let us believe it was the white people, girl. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, I had been sitting in these rooms and my friend was texting me and he was like, say something. And I was like, I have tried like five times. The only people who are allowed to interrupt are white people. And then they get to speak for five minutes and then, and then they go back to staff and then we've already heard from you. Uh, can we hear from somebody else? Because they are very aware when they hear from black Mm -hmm. people, they're not not aware when they've heard from five white people. And then after a black person speaks, like you said, it's like, oh, here, come, play the devil's advocate, be anti-black. And it just is like, but you can't even call it out after you hear it, uh, is how the, is how this room was run. And I wanted to ask, 
um, as someone who's new on this app and who wants to run rooms, but like someone talked about, if you don't have the range, don't do it. Like, what are some of the ways to hold spaces? Um, I love the way that this one's being held right now in complete contrast to how it was before. It wasn't even just the topic. It was clearly just the way that the space was moderated. The two people who were moderating had two different understandings of how to moderate the room. And they clashed in in hours in to say, how do you want the room moderated? Well, I want to do it this way and I want to do it this way. And, you know, white supremacy prevailed, like whose voices got to be heard. Um, And I just am thinking about like, there was there was a point where, you know, some white person tried to resonate. And like, at at some point, I was like, that, that this is, this is not the time, like, but uh, I'm wondering, like, what are some of the practices of communication that we could bring into moderating, like resonating, like stack, like, what what's the stack where you make sure that black voices are heard? I don't know what it's called, but there's like stack in itself is making sure black voices are heard, right? It was created and used first in black organizing spaces because we always be having something to say, something to add, and it can get lost in the convo. So stack, add me in there. Yeah. Also, ooh, also I think that uh, with stacking the conversation in a room, you uh, avoid a lot of ableism as well because. When you are moderating a room and you have individuals that are neurodistinct in that room and they may want to speak and they may potentially want to speak for a while because they're just getting the thoughts out and also uh, within the communication styles of neurodistinct people, it comes within a scaffolding sort of uh, mechanism instead of just saying something and getting, quote unquote, to the point immediately. Um, I think that the idea of popcorning is not a, a productive way to have a conversation because you have a lot of people that are cutting people off and then you're not taking into account um the different minds and the different brains that are within the space. And when you cut someone off, it stops the it prohibits them from being able to uh, get their point across and remember what their point was because now they have to then remember it within the context of a whole bunch of people cutting them off. And I think that, um, you know, just the idea of having a popcorn conversation within a clubhouse room is never going to be uh, the best um, option. Also, when you are moderating a room, I think that, uh, you know, for instance, this one, you know, talking about is Clubhouse obsessed with wokeism or just the idea of woke when you know that that comes from black voices and black experiences, you as a white person should not moderate that room. I believe that people who want to moderate rooms and talk about things should talk about their own experiences. And if they don't want to talk about their own experiences and they want to open up a space for other people to talk about it, then they need to be very intentional with having those other voices um, amplified within those spaces so that it does not become something like it is today, where we now have to go through this whole gambit of things. And then you have, you know, white people in this room that may be anti-woke, whatever police that are now going to use this as a way to further uh, accelerate their um I like fake ass fucking ideologies about quote unquote wokeism or cancel culture when it's like, no, all all you're doing is making the voices of the entire conversation that you're having more prevalent. 
And I feel like those are the ways to become a better moderator is when you have an actual structure to your room to make sure that everyone is heard and no, to make sure that the people that the conversation is about are heard also to make sure and this is what I, like people be talking about diversity, equity, inclusion. No, it's not. It's not. And I think that like, yeah, by making sure that there is a stack, by allowing people to sometimes come in and, you know, popcorn, but also making sure that there is a structure to the room so that people feel comfortable enough to talk about their experiences and also to get their voices heard. Can I say something to that, Dale? Dale, yes. Dale, I'm sorry. You can uh, reply, but before you reply, can I get a stack if we want to continue it? I'd add myself and then after, and then is anyone else? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to go at some point. And that was Marcy, right? Yes. Jerry. Anyone else? Jerry. Anyone else? I'd like to be added, Nicolette. Nicolette. Anyone else? Can I jump on? Name, please. Brooklyn. Sasha. Sasha. I just wanted to let you know, I was just brought to my attention by someone who I think meant well that a friend of his has been recording the conversation and for his, for apparently to speak. That's fine. That's fine. Is that okay? All right. I just wanted to make sure everyone in the room is speaking. Yeah, I'm actually talking recorded. to that person. Cool. Yeah, right. no, I don't I care know. about those damn recordings. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, so... That's what I said. I was just going to say to Dio, um, I'm actually very good friends with George. We talk every day. Um, and I think he was doing the best he can. And he was asking me if he did a great no, no, job. Not George, not George specifically. Because George was doing a good job of making sure that there was a stack. It was yeah. Alan, it was Alan that came in and, um, asked George and told George that he was not comfortable with the idea of there being a stack. And he wanted to be able to do a popcorn because he wanted mm-hmm. to basically rebut and be able to like jump in and basically like invalidate the the uh, comments or just like have an opinion and be able to talk and not and for there to not be a stack. So I was not talking about <clears throat> George. I think that George did a did did a, did a pretty good job, and I was actually not happy to see him leave because I knew that the room would then disintegrate into a field of nonsense. Yeah, and I, and that's why he uh, he before he left, he made the other guy the moderator that started with the in. I forgot the name, um, but um, yes, think, yes, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I don't know exactly what happened after that because then George immediately called me. But as soon as we, I came back, I saw that there was a coup state. <laughs> no, so basically, look. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I'm the one that's talking no, about. No, please, you can, you can. Cut look, off. so basically, what happened was, all right. So, um. George left the room. Michael was then the main moderator of the room. And then he made I'm sorry, so other... there's still somebody with a green bean out there? Oh, no, 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 not at the moment. But <laughs> I'm saying that in that moment, there was someone else that was made a moderator. And this was a black person. I don't want to misgender them. However, it was a black person that was made um, a moderator. However, that individual, I think that uh, that individual was also given the list, the queue of of people that were supposed to talk. <clears throat> but, um, you know, in order to be a moderator, you have to, you know, be like, hello, no, this is, we're going off of a list. And that person was not doing that. So right. they kind of just allowed, allowed Michael to be the default main moderator and just allow everybody to popcorn and just basically and, argue and shit. And I could well, see- in the middle of the, 
in the middle of the discussion, you know, Michael and George were like, I want a popcorn and I want the sack. And then they tried to combine those two, which meant white men could interrupt, but black people had to exactly. wait for their turn on stack. Yeah. So, and and I think really what ended up happening um, is George did not plainly state in front of Michael his intention and like having someone replace him. So uh, Michael didn't, you know, follow that protocol. And I I was actually texting George the entire time that I don't understand why Michael's up here because while he might have started this room, he's not contributing much. And him being in the top left corner is just mirroring society in the way that black people do all the work <laughs> of the actual moderation of the room. And he gets to just sit there and do nothing. So, and make executive decisions. So um, I, I'm happy that the coup was thrown. I just wanted to say that. We're not using coup, right? I'm using coup. I'm, I'm, I am readapting the word coup oh, in, yeah. this, uh, in this situation. There was a coup that occurred, and I am reimagining this word in this instance. Yes. I'm here for it. Coup? You want to call it a coup? coup? It was a coup. Since I'm the person, since I'm the person who, you know, effectively took over the room, um, if we're going to use cool, I just hope that we incorporate it with the slogan of the Haitian Revolution, Kupete Bumakai, because that's exactly what happened. It was a Haitian Revolution. It was a Haitian Revolution. It was a Haitian Revolution. I literally said that. It was a Haitian Revolution that occurred. Yeah. I literally said that to George. It's so funny you said that, because I was just like, George was like laughing. Well, he wasn't laughing. He was just like taking it serious. And he was just like, I don't understand. Like, I thought the balance would be kept. And I was just like, George, this was the Haitian Revolution. And then we started arguing about whether or not it was comparable but so crazy you said that all right i'm gonna stop taking space thanks guys okay back to the stack right so i was first but jerio nicolette and sasha y'all can go first and then marcy and then i'll go brooklyn word to the people i love the haitians i just i feel like i came on here really to drag brent for trying to come on this stage and say the foolishness that is the foolishness he tried to slay in this space. I'm just very upset. This man said, I'm an evolutionary biologist, so there's no way possible. I just have to explain. And the way this white man tried to come up here with his $2 words to explain racism to me as though science has been using $2 words to rationalize their racism for centuries. That was why science was made. I'm confused to why words to Afro-pessimism, this shit must burn. There's no way that this, any institution that what exists in this world will continue to be existing. Like, what do you mean? you trying to explain to me why your race... Of course your science can explain to you why racism is worked out the way it was. It was created for that purpose. Your God was created for that purpose. Everything about this world was created off anti-blackness. So how are you going to come into this space and tell me that you got your degree and you're going to explain to me why what you said? You just need to explain why genocide happened. Nigga, are you dumb? Sidea Harm... Oh, excuse my uh, ableism. I am trying... Uh, the, the, uh, anywho, the New York comes out of... It has, to be, it has to be unlearned. It has to be unlearned. It's, it's it, a process. It must be unlearned. Uh, the, the, the way that Brent speaks about um, the why we must explain why genocides happen as though Sidea Hartman, the beautiful Sidea Hartman, has told us that white people can... They come up with their lowercase and they make their lowercase truths into capital truths or facts. Anything, all the facts in the world right now is what a white person's interpretation of reality. Their interpretation of reality is based in What just happened? 
Maybe she got a phone call. Maybe, yeah. No, but I'm seeing multiple people get removed. Yeah, that was pretty good. Because I ain't kicking nobody. You're in trouble now. Me neither. <laughs> Isaiah, it's about time you put that picture up because you weren't coming up here. No, but I, 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 I think he was like um, cooning in the first one, like, earlier. Oh, because he had no picture, then now it's a black man. <laughs> Google I, picture much? Jerry, will you finish? I don't know what happened. But... I was not finished. What was the last thing I heard? I. Um, um, everything we know is from a white person's point of view. They've created all this shit. All of it yeah. comes from the winners of history. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they're sitting there describing these realities. I'm confused to why they want us to believe. Like, well, that was as much as the point I I wanted to say. I am also neuro atypical, so I I, I lost point of like that whole thing fucked up my shit. I forgot what I was saying, but that. The, the fact that he wanted to come in his chest and say that as though that was supposed to be a reason why we should believe him as though intelligence isn't a construction that white people said was a thing that they needed to load so that we could divide like this is a great intelligence as a construction is rooted in ableism you are just telling me that you can learn this shit no nigga you have skills somebody taught you to do this like that's not you're not actually smart intelligence is we must leave this shit behind that construction makes no sense and you way you about to come and tell me that it does make sense based on your evolutionary biology or whatever other eugenic metric you want to come and bring it's we know it's anti-blackness you could get off the stage we don't want to hear nothing else you have to say i'm done speaking thank you jerry Next, and I spelled your name wrong. I'm going to correct it even though it's a stack. Um, next, we have Nicolette. Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Nicolette. I use she, they pronouns. I just got into the space. so, But I just wanted to offer, like, I'm very tired of, like, white folks, especially white men, like, starting these rooms with these very, like, inflammatory-ass titles, like, shit like is clubhouse obsessed with wokeism uh, there was one room that i was in and the title was like is cultural appropriation an actual problem and i said why is this a fucking question like why are y'all even posing this question to begin with and it's like they always try to play like the victim when you get on the stage and you call them out and you're like um this is anti-black as fuck like and the room like um and open you know and 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 do some you know learning do some unlearning i should say of the shit that you are literally perpetuating in this space and I just wanted to say like I think oftentimes like white folks are very intellectually dishonest in these conversations they love to uh, pretend like they don't know what they're doing Um, and people like to infantilize white people um, and give them a pass but like (laughs) that's, that's not what we doing here like and I think like so many times like I just think back to that room that I was in where it was literally it was this white man named Ned and he started a room called is cultural appropriation an actual problem and I literally like had factual analysis had like systemic analysis and he and he responded well I don't think anyone on the stage is here making bad faith arguments and it's like it's not about bad faith or good faith like you are literally perpetuating like anti-blackness in this space like you're perpetuating anti-blackness through the things that um um, you are sharing in this space, right? And it's like you benefit from anti-blackness. So it's like it's not about good faith or bad faith. Um, I'm tired of 
white men expecting everyone to debate like a white man there is no fucking both sides um get rid of liberalism like there is no fucking both sides like you're violent as hell please stop and that's all i had to offer <laughs> nicolette made him in the Period. room After Nicolette, we got Sasha, then Marcy, and then myself. Anyone else want to get added to the stack? I want to get added to the stack, Isaiah. Isaiah, you better be a black man. Next. Anyone? You can add me again. (laughs) Dio. (laughs) Dio. Am I up? Yeah. Oh. Uh, just wanted to say, Madame Toussaint, ça passe. I was about to say, why you took my last name? What's good, brother? <laughs> uh, real quick, I, uh, I kind of wanted to bring about a, a, a word of caution about explaining if racism exists. Over the past year, I've had a bunch of people asking me about my experiences with racism and if racism actually exists. And what I've realized after a while is that they don't actually care about my opinion or my experiences. They're either listening so that they can go and tell their friends that they've talked to a black person and they can confirm that it does or does not, whatever. Or um, they're trying to tell me that my experiences are invalid and I'm in misinterpreting a situation as racism. So in general, uh, I've stopped answering the question and started asking, why do you think it doesn't exist? Because it's either all black people are making it up or, or what, right? That's all I got. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure you were done. Um, let's go Isaiah Marcy Dio. So I've been a while, and it's just kind of... A, so there was a question that was posed. Let's start like first, Isaiah. Was, you were in here cooning. Why was that, sir? No, nah, there was no cooning going on. What what happened was I was telling yeah, was, him, was, like, was Yeah, was he cooning? Because that's what y'all said. I definitely heard you, um, like, you're going back and forth with, like... Um, oh, this is you with the picture up now. Yeah, I... Before... <laughs> Can you like, can you just like, you can can go ahead. One of the points that I made was, uh, they're getting so upset about, uh, the language that people are using, but they don't want to actually address any of the underlying issues that people are talking about. And then when you bring up, and then they say, oh, why can't we have a discussion about the underlying issues that people are talking about? And then when you actually do the good faith effort of providing evidence of the good faith issues that people are talking about, it's silence. Because there's no conversation that they want to have about those things. So when you say things like, oh, schools are resegregated after uh, Brown v. Board. Oh, the Republican Party is over here uh, actually trying to steal black people's voting rights today. Nobody wants to have that conversation. But they have some sort of problem with, I don't know, people getting canceled or something. But they don't want to actually deal with the underlying issues that are that are objectively there. And what was that dude talking about evolutionary biology, uh, genocides having uh, right. benefits? So I'm an immunologist by training. A lot of that evolutionary biology is a lot of just-so stories with no actual evidence because things are good because they exist. They have That means that they necessarily uh, have some uh, benefit, benefit biologically for them existing. But I don't see any evidence that genocide, which is 
a social thing that humans do as necessarily being one way or another biologically. Thank you. Are you finished, I do? Yep, all done. Okay, cool. Uh, so next we have Marse. Hey, thanks for um, getting my name right. Hi, Brooklyn. I was in this room er- way earlier this morning, um, and I don't know. What, I mean, I know what to say, but I just I knew this clash was going to happen. I knew the two groups would eventually um, clash because I've been in some of these discussions. I don't know what to offer here. I can't really offer y'all anything because I think that everybody here has spoken up for themselves. Um, I think I'm curious to know how can, well, how would you, how do you guys feel about um, people with, I mean, with our, people with our politics engaging in conversations like this, is it possible? Is it, uh, something that we can do because um, I don't know what Isaiah was saying earlier that made you guys kind of say he was cooning a little bit, but um, sometimes I get up and and speak in these rooms, but I just wanted to know like, what's the, what are we measuring? What are we, what's the measuring? What's, where's the line at? You know, I'm just curious. And I don't mean that I'm just asking because, um, I totally agree with everything that's been said. I just want to make sure going forward that, um, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to get into alignment, I guess. So I'm just, I'm a little confused. Y'all could explain. I would also like to know what I said that that made anybody think I was going. That's that's troublesome to me because if I debate people, I don't want to be, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't think I'm a coon or, or a there was somebody we showed a picture who was um, basically going back and forth, like, uh, like sort of picking up for what some of the like white supremacist folks were saying. Um, and I do remember that Isaiah didn't have a photo, so I thought like they were that person, and that's why we're hesitant to let you up on the stage. So um, yeah, I definitely do remember we brought up like Georgia and like the voting rights across the country. Um, so no, you were not cooning, uh, but there was somebody else. Who did not have a picture um, that was in the conversation and sort of um, kind of being in the middle. They were bringing up like black conservatives who are professional coons, <laughs> as if like that's supposed to be some sort of like you're you're the one out of a hundred who has this view, and that's supposed to make you somehow your view mainstream. I don't know. I don't know what the point of that is. Um, uh, my John McWhorter was one that was brought up. Oh, well, have you read him? Like, come on, like I'm black. Like, yeah, but he ain't saying shit. Black Republicans or like three black conservatives, and it was like very much, you know, just they ain't saying shit. They they yeah. talk. Black Republicans are are for white people. This to talk to white people. Other black people don't listen to them. <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. Like they got no clout with actual black people. It's just obvious to me now that a lot of the conversations that we have had on this app, um, especially in that club to the left, um, that people aren't really coming to those rooms and really listening to some of the um, things that that are being talked about. And I think that there is this narrative and I'm talking to the people in the audience that all we talk about is uh, 
race, but we also talk about things that are in- adjacent to that and um, equity and, and capitalism and, you know, the conversations are really rich. And I think the part where I take offense is that there's this idea that, you know, again, like wokeism is this cult. Um, and I would just, the only thing I can offer is for people in the audience is to maybe sit and listen to um, what everyone has to say. Otherwise, um, things like this will continue to happen. I mean, I'm not surprised that this happened because, again, like, you know, it, some, somehow it seems like in the middle of some of these conversations that some form of tokenism, tokenism does seem to happen where there's this one black person who has this belief system that va- validates us. And I think that Hunter said in another uh, talk that, you know, there are just some bridges that aren't going to be built. And I agree with that. but. Um, I think that on a I think the stages need to be a little bit more diverse and I think that the stages need to be a little bit smaller. Um not in this case, but I'm just saying that these talks are going to happen. Um and I don't think that it's necessarily fair to turn what happened into today into some kind of like you know, on their end is some like they were bullying us if, you know, I wasn't here when the things were said, but it sounds like to me like, you know, some some horrific things were said. So, um, yeah, that's all I really have to offer. I'm just trying to get my thoughts together right now. This is like the second day in a row. Like, it seems like the left, like, there's a generational clash. There's a interpersonal clash between uh, black progressives and black conservatives, whether it's Eidos people on this app. So it feels like there's a fight on all fronts. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have to say. I just wanted to clarify that, like, I was like, I was, you know, I don't know. Sorry. That's all I have to offer. Thank you, Marcy. I don't think there's really a clash. The others just don't want to understand that black people come first. Um, Next on the list. Oh, it's actually me. Hey. Um, Okay. So going over what has happened today, I feel like first, right, I want to take note how there were white people who were quiet when there were black people. I think it was exactly, Um, I don't know how to say their name but it was like the gen the, 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 you all know who i'm talking about right the gerald the gerald the gerald um he was trying to talk and they were like conti- andy was continuously talking right through him right over him and that's when i finally like raised my hand i was like no 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 and i was gonna get up here right and it's like these white people were silent but when the room hijack took place and the white people were kicked off the stage or being kicked off the stage now it's voice trembling this is unproductive and i'm leaving and white people always feel like if they're leaving that means the worth of the value when a place is going down bitch we were waiting for you to hit the door like i don't know what your problem is like yes this is clubhouse yes this is an app 100 percent. but you don't think that you're about to be playing in my face over something that i literally go through every single day something that my people get killed over and you gaslighting me making me feel like this is not serious right then you're taking it a step further and going on twitter and going on a mocking parade trying to act like we you know actually harmed people when we were the ones being harmed leave out the fact that you are letting white people interrupt black people but then you're only going to talk about how we hijacked the room how we quote unquote stole something i can't steal shit from you when you're the one being violent and i decide to stop your violence that's not me being aggressive that's not me being a bully a tyrant that's nothing what that is is me reacting to the violence that was inflicted upon me even when i got up here they got they tried to say something along the lines of um you're interrupting people and it's like no i was trying to make sure that gerald was finished speaking and if y'all couldn't even hear me how am i interrupting people like let's make it make sense right 
and it was just like the whole like the whole way they were talking to me and I had like kind of just walked in at the moment I was here earlier but I left but it was like the, okay just just say your point like hurry up nigga just just talk and go like I did not like the vibe at all I commend y'all for staying through the conversation and like you know going back and forth with them because we need to let them know there's always going to be resistance to anti-blackness to racism whether it's on an app or in real life like you might get punched in your face dealing with the this shit and these rhetoric out in the real world and I feel like hijacking a room is <laughs> that's like you know kind of an equivalent whatever but you know it's not even it doesn't even really come close to what could happen and i think that's something that y'all are not necessarily mindful of a lot of non-black people y'all y'all get in positions or y'all have certain status where you feel like you're really above certain things and let me tell you you are never above me i don't care if your government still considers me three-fifths of a person i'm seven-fifths a person baby i'm unmatched okay unnatural all of that so please do not ever try that do not ever disrespect black people when the title of your name is created by black people and the whole woke thing. Like, I don't even understand. Like, are we not supposed to like fight for our liberation? Now you're mad that we're banding together or we're trying to have conversations to free ourselves from your bullshit constructs that have continuously oppressed us. Now we tripping. Now it's a cult. Okay. There's no stock currently. Does anyone want to get added? I just want to say real quick, like, I don't like how um, Marcy said, like, oh, it's a clash between the left and black conservatives and whatnot. I feel like that's kind of gaslighting the whole situation. Like, black people constantly have to argue about the humanity. Like, you don't see white people doing that. And it's like, you know, Brooklyn, I commend you because, like, I really love the energy. I love it so much. But, yeah, that's it. Thank you. I think it's just kind of crazy how you we just get off like the the most racist, outwardly racist, obviously racist president in like the past forty years, and now we just pretended like there we can't see racism. We yeah. just had it for four years, like, <laughs> and it was very obvious. Like when he's talking about send them back, what is that? When he's talking about a Hispanic judge can't judge him because Hispanics can't do their job fairly, what is that? Like, how are we being gaslit that we're just like in this post-racial society when when if you if only white people voted, Trump would be back in office right now? And TVH, I want to read. Oh, you? Actually, you can read. Actually, oh, I'm sorry. It was it was uh, it was Gio. I thought it was Isaiah. Go ahead, Gio. No, no problem. Um, yeah, actually, it wasn't just four years ago. Like um, anti-blackness been like in the White House since like a good time, especially 2008 to 2016. Yeah. So I just wanted to like, clarify that real quick. Um, and also, um, yeah, like, there's no, um, you know, clash. Like, it's literally just folks who will continue to invest in their privilege, invest in anti-blackness and capitalism and white supremacy. And they understand that. And that's why they come on these stages to gaslight black folks and to, to, to basically um, derail conversations and to sort of uh, just push conversations and push spaces into a very, like, negative like uh, negative rhetoric. So I just wanted to say that very clearly. Like, these people know what they're doing, um, and we have to also understand that this is what they're doing, and we can't give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, even creating rooms tomorrow, they're going to do that anyway. Like, they're literally going to do that anyway. So um, I think the next person on the stack was... There's not a stack. It's finished. But I was going to read a message. Thanks. I'm sorry. Oh, say again? Dio. 
Oh yeah, you did get added. My bad, I forgot because I put myself at the bottom. No, it's I'm, okay. I'm gonna. Okay, you can go, or should I read this message on Instagram? Which no, the message, and then I'll go. Okay. So the message goes, I just want to add the amount of diversity and inclusion and BLM talks I get pulled into where I'm the only brown person. This panel is exactly what a conversation on diversity should look like. And I hope I see more of this literally clapping every time. I just want to let everyone on stage know how brilliant I think you all are. It's, it's amazing how obvious that is when you finally get the chance to speak in a safe space. Also, if you want to, to see a prime example of gaslighting, look at the reviews for the book, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Period. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what the point that I wanted to make, I know that I've been jumping in a lot, but um, I'm just really happy to be in this space with you all. And I feel like I'm just kicking in with y'all. So that's why I keep jumping in and being like, yes, whatever, whatever. But basically, the point that I wanted to make is that the word woke is a part of African-American vernacular. It is a word that we have used within our communities as a verb no i'm woke what is that an adjective right (laughs) but Uh, but it's a word that we've used within our communities and then we have used the word to talk about other people in a negative connotation however the main reason that i was so like irritated with being in the room prior is that now the word is being used by white people in this other way. And even though I, just like someone else said, you know, like the word woke or those sorts of things are not things that I apply to my life and to my vernacular. However, I understand it within the context of conversations and also within the context of me having conversations with black people. The reason that y'all white people are so confused is because this is not a word that's a part of your vernacular. So I do believe that this room is inherently violent because you're taking a word that's not even a part of your dialect, that's not even a part of your dialect, that's not even a part of your dialect, and choosing to dissect this word and this and associating it with a movement or quote unquote with a cult or a cult ideology when you have no clue what the fuck the premise is. And, you know, within the conversation that was had before, um, you know, I was and, you know, a few other black people in the room were talking about race and we're talking about white supremacy and we're talking about those things as it relates to woke, quote unquote, culture. And then you had a whole bunch of white people or a whole bunch of other people coming in saying that oh like you know you're kind of just like um pushing down the conversation to just talk about race when it's like you don't even understand what the word fucking woke is woke niggas been talking about the fuck that white people are full of shit woke niggas been talking about the fact that there's white supremacy that's what the whole thing is about is about how white supremacy has affected all of us, including white people, you all, yo, you all are raising psychopaths. I'm sorry to say this, but you are because you're raising children that are ingrained in the society and you are not talking to them about the ways that white supremacy affects them, white people. White supremacy affects you as well. The patriarchy affects men. All of these things are intertwined. It is not just the 
people that are quote unquote victims that are coming up and talking about this. These ideologies and the ways in which this country is built suppresses everybody. It does. But we are the ones that are out here talking about it. And we're the ones that are out here trying to tell people that this is fucked up. And then we get labeled as being the woke police when it's like i'm not fucking woke because in my brain right within the few past years because i'm a black person i know the ways in which woke quote-unquote is used so then for y'all to come in and be like oh is woke being too much y'all don't even know shit about being woke so shut the fuck up y'all niggas still sleep y'all are all still asleep these conversations have been having had between in this community for decades and y'all are just coming into it and thinking that it's too much it's not too much y'all are sensitive as fuck because y'all don't want to hear the ways in which the society has fucked you up and fucked us up as well like it's just mm, i am literally just like very well this is why i don't really keep a lot of white people close to me honestly it's because i don't want to have to educate um people that i'm around i would have much rather educate uh black people about other shit honestly like i i i i genuinely would but um like i said before i do like getting into these conversations with white folk because i like to flex my intellectual skills and talking to them in certain ways but it's like very 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 irritating to have to consistently um defend your humanity and consistently defend the experiences that you are going through and also within a room that is titled woke which y'all just learned about this word this year this is like i was raised my name is dio i am not a continental african woman okay my parents were i was born in the 90s my parents were very afrocentric woke ass people that wanted to name me a name that was connected within my nigerian heritage um through slavery <laughs> so my parents been woke okay i knew about woke since 1994 since the year that i was born okay i celebrated kwanzaa literally my parents celebrated kwanzaa from before i was born and i have always been connected within my blackness i i do not see myself as a victim however i am not afraid to call out other shit when i know it's not okay and i feel like people change the word woke and they conflate it with being the same thing as like being a snowflake and that is so fucking ingenuous and so fucking inappropriate because when there are black people that are in this room or that are talking to you and we're the only ones that get labeled as being quote-unquote woke police uh included with some other random white people that want to defend us or want to defend uh when they know that something is racist or sexist i just i feel like it's ingenuous to even have a conversation about it because you know what your stance is and you are not having this conversation to learn you're having a conversation to big up your own shit you're having a conversation to basically tell everybody else that they're wrong. You're having a conversation to talk about how white people are poor. Bitch, I don't give a fuck that white people are poor. Black millionaires are an anomaly. White millionaires are not an anomaly. So even if you uh, combine classism or if you combine uh, social economic status with race, you will always see that black people... Black queer people, black trans people are always going to be at the end of that. And I am just very, very irritated with con consistently having to 
teach people or talk to them about it, especially when they act like, quote unquote, they want to learn. But then when you tell them something, it's automatically a defense. And it's like the conversations don't fucking go past that then. Because now it's just a wall that we've reached and y'all don't want to move through it, but you acting like you do. Yeah, I just haven't been talking a lot, y'all. Sorry, because honestly, all the non-blacks in the audience are making me uncomfortable. Like, I don't know about you, Gio, in Brooklyn, but I ain't getting no cash app notification yet. But it's like... Oh, honey, yeah, I can yeah, most I certainly would... regenerate this money because I just tallied it up. And um, they sent I... me, let me see, $208. So I'm Oh, yeah, you don't have to send me that. You can send that to some dark-skinned <laughs> trans folks. But I was just saying, I'm like, yeah, it's mad non-blacks in this audience. And I just feel like... It's just like a spectacle at this point. Like, what the fuck are y'all looking at? Like, I just, I feel like they just staring at me. It sounds exactly. like I need to send more to the Cash App. I will be splitting it up. Um, dark skin people, Instagram me your Cash Apps. Thank you. Period. Like, um, just I'm glad you said that because I was literally just Dio. You brought up, um, you know, this is education. Like, this is education. Like, for the non-black folks in the audience. Like, you're loving this, you're getting this education. This is not free. This is labor. Folks have been on this stage for hours, putting in, like, literal labor, and they need nourishment, and they need protection, and they need safety, right, to ensure that they can continue to do this work. And actually, not even continue to do this work, but continue to exist, right, in a world that does not want them to exist. So please stop the cash up. Um, I think Brooklyn has um, the cash up in um, her bio, so you can do that, and um, maybe we can continue the conversation. Um, we're doing popcorn. And my Venmo is the same as my cash app. Thank you. Period. I wanted to say something. That's all right, guys. Actually, Bernard, um, right before you go, M and then Bernard. Thank you. So um, I just wanted to bring up one thing, um, specifically to uh, Brett, who's the biologist. Um, I'm sure you know that biologists, Biology is just as ideological as it is empirical. So I think it's really dishonest for you to come on here and try to use it to legitimize your isms and your phobias. Thank you. Period. So we have Bernard next. Thanks for that, Em. Yeah, thank you, Em. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say... After I spoke earlier, I got a couple DMs from people who were apparently in the audience listening. And a white friend of mine hit me up to point out what he said was a hypocrisy. Because he knows, because he's friends with me, that I disagree with some of the things that have been set up on stage. And he said, why didn't you criticize or or speak out against that? And But you spoke out against white people in the audience. And I just want to say, stop trying to make us fight each other, please. That is not what I was here to do. Like, we are not a monolith. I may not I may not agree with a lot of the stuff that Dio says, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit here. You better, you must be crazy if you think that I'm going to sit up here and fight with other words. people. You can use different words. You must be outrageous. Sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you, you corrected me already on that. Thank you. You must be outrageous. You must not be thinking clearly if you think that I'm going to sit up here and have a have an argument or, or fight within my people before uh, anyway yes th- this is what i'm trying to say I, it, it, it and oh sorry take your time it's disheartening it's just disheartening to think that 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 black people are expected to get all of their ducks in a row 
to all line up in a straight line and be on the same be on the same page message wise before we speak when I'm telling you from my experience on Clubhouse, this is my personal experience, not anyone else's. Other people get up there and say whatever the hell they want. And no one gets no one gets told why didn't you why didn't you speak out against this other person of your race? We're the only ones who get told that. It's it's really it's really exhausting, and just please stop doing it. That's all I want to ask those of you in the audience who may be thinking about that. And if you have something that you'd like to discuss with one of us, just like DM us and hope that we and hope that well not me personally, but DM anybody in here and hope that they have the intellectual energy and intellectual like like fortitude to just like talk to you about it or like the time you know. Um, but that just wasn't what this room is about, and I don't know if anyone else has been getting messages like that, but it was just kind of annoying. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you for that, because I definitely was seeing on Twitter how they were kind of like talking about, like, about how, you know, the room was taken over, but not mentioning what they were doing, and that is important, right? Like, they'll definitely look to us, especially when you're in a space where you're the only black person, or as other people be saying nowadays, BIPOC in the room. And um, you'll notice that they'll, like, really pitch you against the other, to be honest. And we all know everybody's capable of being anti-black, even black people. So it can become a really finicky situation if people are not careful and not making sure that they're being exploited on many different fronts, right? And I also think that on Clubhouse, that's especially noticeable because people will say, oh, well, I thought we were going to have a productive conversation. Oh, well, I thought this was a conversation for learning. And it's like, no, you're not being allowed to harm me how you'd like to. So now you want the people who are moderating this conversation to make it seem like the conversation needs to be, you know, refined in a different way where my experiences won't get as much airtime. Fuck you. You know what you're doing. I love that we called them out this time. Continue to call them out every time. These motherfuckers need to be as comfortable, as uncomfortable as I am walking these streets every day. It's just that simple. Yeah, someone told me, how could you be up on stage with, with, with people like that? And I was like, are you serious? I was in a room yesterday like listening. That. No, I know. No, I was in a room yesterday listening to this person who worked for the Trump administration ask answering any questions, and there were so many people who got up there and said racist things. They said anti-COVID things. They said all these crazy things. Oh, sorry. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, they said all these uh, disingenuous and ridiculous things. The same way and, it's become a habit for us to use these words and be able to yeah. talk about. We gotta literally make it a habit to unlearn them. So it's you not to come overnight, but keep practicing. I, I will keep practicing, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Um, yeah, all these all these things that that directly went against what the guy who was speaking what he 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 would call it out a little bit, but but people were allowed to say people were and my question is what what's the difference? Like, how are you gonna tell me how can I be up here on the stage? I'm proud to be up on the stage with y'all. I don't agree with all of y'all, but I'm proud to be up here in a in a room where this is finally happening. And yeah, that was that was quite annoying. And please don't do it anymore, y'all. Thank you. You don't even have to say please. Don't do it no more. Yeah, stop. Period. Do you mind if I make a quick uh, interjection? No, go go ahead, D. Welcome to the stage. Hey, y'all. My name is Dia. You she, her pronouns. It's super quick. First, I wanted to say thank you for Brooklyn for calling out some of the ableist language. Um, and 
there was something that was said that I just want to address really quickly is like if we can be careful about throwing around personality disorders to describe white folks being violent, that like being a psychopath, a sociopath is actually a mental illness. And like these white folks are not mentally ill. They're intentionally being violent as fuck. You are we right. Know that, that ableism, yes, yeah, that was ableism that is anti-black. So that Thank means you. when we frame them like that those black people who have personality disorders myself being included like how does that also impact the way that we're treated so folks should just be mindful about throwing around you are completely like right and thank i you, and i and i completely received that d i 100 percent received that thank you that's all i had to share but y'all have an amazing conversation and i'm learning a lot and i'm loving the mushiness but geo put your cash up in your bio thank you hunter you too like come on no you can be uh i'm a i'm a um, hand it off to you and um, some other non-men on the stage to, you know, receive that nourishment. Um, but also, I just to re- reiterate, um, non-black folks in the audience, um, you are literally, uh, this is labor right now, and these folks have been on the stage for hours. Um, it's Friday night. Uh, folks, you know, need to, you know, they could be doing so many more things with their time, uh, but you are literally learning. You're literally having um, access to a conversation that um, you need to have access to. Um, and it's not free. So please, um, uh, cash up. Uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn is going to be redistributing, um, um, that to the folks who've been doing the work and doing the labor. So just to reiterate, um, specifically, um, to non-black folks in the audience. And if you want to come up and you're black, raise your hand. And please, y'all, can you go down to the followed by speakers? Ayuna, I, I'm, I'm, I hope that's how I say your name. Big mood when I took this shit over. <laughs> All right, we got hands. Thank you all for the space. I'm going to call it a night. Have a good one. You could Bye, Bernard. Somebody needs to check their fi- their uh, smoke detector. It's me, Isaiah. I've changed the battery <laughs> so many times. It it just it doesn't stop. I don't know. I'm gonna have to call the fire department or something, but I don't want them in my house. Hey, Noah. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Can we reset? Sure. So. This room was created by um, racist white people who basically were asking is, you know, Clubhouse obsessed with wokeism, kind of trying to not kind of mocking us, um, you know, basically saying that us talking about liberating ourselves amongst us um, on this app in real life, you know, that it's kind of become a cultish kind of thing. That's where they were coming from. They had implemented a stack system, but the stack system was only for black people to wait their turn. Non-black people were allowed to interrupt others as they pleased when they were being called out on the harm they were doing, when they were being called out for disagreeing on basic things. Like as a white person, you do, you did not get the same financial hand that I was dealt as a black person. They were disagreeing on simple things like that. Um, I raised my hand. I got on stage to speak. Another moderator made me a moderator and I hijacked the room. And now we have black moderators only. We are collecting cash apps and Venmo. My cash apps in the bio. My Venmo is the same as my cash app. I think we're at like 248 now. I'm going to be redistributing this money. Um, if you know you wasn't here educating these people, speak up, honey. Um, even if it's in your bio, DM me or something, or just like, you know, request it. You see my cash app in the, in my bio. Um, go ahead. And that's where we are right now.
So we're welcoming Noah, Shelby, and Kiki to the stage, um, and Queen as well. Um, you, can, you, can, uh, you all can chime in uh, with any takeaways. And if you're black and trans on this stage, you will automatically get in Cash App, so don't play. Here send, is. send the request. Please hit up Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn, you know I love you. <laughs> love you too, Queen. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought you were laughing at something say. else. Honestly, I thought I was gonna have to get a little bug, but I was like, okay, okay, came back, came back. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't laugh. Yeah, Yo, on. can y'all please look at Mel PTR? I'm dead. Niggas, I keep that motherfucking <laughs> thing on me. The motherfucking thing. Internalize it, <laughs> Brooklyn. What's up? Set to Oh, why you Oh, set up set. We petit pour me cabal de noyau. But okay, we're gonna start speaking Creole because I know the rest of y'all can't understand and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not we're not well, talking well, shit about it. It sounds very um it sounds very it sounds very ethnic. It sounds very um super super ethnic and wonderful. <laughs> that, that's my <laughs> I was definitely willing to pretend I'm... like I understood. <laughs> I was like what? <laughs> I was like, I was, I, I was laughing along with you all. You were laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to switch it into another language. She, 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 because of her last name, I just had to ask her if she was family. That's all. No, there's no need to explain. I don't need to know what y'all were talking about. Period. I genuinely don't. I don't. I don't need to know. Brooklyn, what's up, Mel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always doing some stuff, yo. It's not even me, man. The situation no, is provoking it's itself. This is fucking... This is fucking funny as fuck. When they bang me, y'all, y'all better ride for me. Send the letters, man. Yeah, Come on. You already no. know. What? I'm laughing at this shit. This shit... Yo, it's that? hilarious. We took over the room. I just started laughing. I said, you, <laughs> you took over the room and made them pay you. <laughs> Happy Black History Month, my niggas. Okay. Fuck. But I didn't get any DMs, so a little a little alarming because, okay. I can spend this money by myself. They're I'm going to the HR department. department. That's why you ain't getting no... <laughs> They're going to the HR. That's They're why writing you're... a Yelp review. I did take <laughs> screenshots of some pages of very problematic that. people. I want them motherfuckers fired. Like, they, these be our doctors. There was a whole attorney up here, and I know it was Shorty muting me. Like, these be the people that are, like, you know, court appointed yeah. to represent us and shit in the hospital looking at us. Like, you think they're giving us fair and adequate treatment? Hell no. These be, they be showing their ass right here. The other day we had an abolished um, clubhouse. Josh and Natalia had an abolished clubhouse. I, f- I forget the other person's name, Josh. Malika. My name was Malika, yeah. Yeah, had um abolished um Ed clubhouse talk. And Josh, you want to give like a reset of that or summary, really, now? Yeah, like, so basically what happened was like white folks was once again trying to talk to somebody else about race and they were muting like the only like black woman on stage um and 
we was like, no, fuck that. Like, get the fuck out of here. So we made a response room. Um, and then the person made a response room. And then somebody got on stage and was getting bucked with me because some egg clubhouse beef. These people in this app are so weird. Like, how y'all beefing with people that y'all never met? But anyway, but apparently she had beef or something. I don't know, man. She like 50, but, um, three kids too, mind you. But, child, anyway. But, we was in, like, that space, and we made, like, a whole different, um, room, like, just talking about, like, egg clubhouse is full of shit, like, I'm, overall, clubhouse is full of shit, but especially, like, in that space, like, white people that ask me trying to tell black people how to be, like, culturally responsive teachers, like, trying to tell black people and black teachers, like, how they should be teaching black kids and shit during Black History Month, like, and then even having these black-ass educators that be acting like, I'm not, I'm black, how can I be anti-black type shit, like, this whole app is just so fucking weird, like, there's so many fucking weirdos on this app that really, like, and I think this app is worse, because I feel like it's different between, like, it's different, it's a difference between, like, making a platform off of, like, tweets and shit, like, it's a difference between, like, making a platform based off, like, a bunch of cute little Canva posts, but, like, this is real life some, like, cult shit, like, this is some real life, like, cult shit, like, it'd be the weirdest people getting platforms on this app, and, like, people that ask me, like, that nigga makes sense, that nigga spitting, I'm like, yo, y'all are fucking sick, like, oh my gosh. And it's like, Think about how these people were the same ones at the protest with us, holding up Black Lives Matter signs. They really are in plain sight. These people do not give a goddamn motherfuck about us. And I wish we would see that a little bit clearer. I understand when we get in these rooms and they're moderating. If you got to do the whole little, you know what I'm saying, the respectability thing to get the moderator, do it. If you really choose to, if you have the capacity, you know what I'm saying, if you have that in you, do it. Get the moderator badge and fucking hijack that shit. Because they need to understand whether it's in person or online, you are not going to disrespect me. Not bear in my face like that. There are going to be repercussions. You're going to lose your room. You're going to have to cash at me for it back. And you're not going to get it back. <laughs> and Black History Month is not it's only this month. Black History you? Month this month was terrible. We're running it back, y'all. March, we're doing it again. April, we're Period. doing it again. This is Black Period. History Year. Just a reminder for the, the speakers who are like um, over here laboring and doing the work. Um, you can uh, message Brooklyn for the redistribution. Rachel, thank you so much for just like holding it. No, you were doing so much um, earlier on. Dio, same. Um, Brooklyn, floors always to you. Brooklyn, love, 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 love. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I just wanted to tie that in. And y'all not sending me um, requests, so I'm sending y'all cash apps. <laughs> I was going to oh, say. Also, PTR, oh. the white people oh. that are in the audience, this is what y'all sound like. Oh, um, <laughs> no. I am screaming. Because at the end of the day, when this room first started with all those white mods, there was like 400 people in here. And Brooklyn, when you took over, it was very telling that all of those white people left. Suddenly pockets are dry. It's just like this is why Clubhouse is, quote unquote, obsessed with wokeism. Because when we say simple things like, hey, listen to black people. Hey, pay us. They're like, ooh, we don't know how to do that. And it's just All so too much. frustrating. All of a sudden, it's too much. And again? Yeah, again, sis. And Brett, you're still here. Can y'all pick me? Like, I got you. I got to remember. Room? 
But real quick, Brett, you're still here. You need to cash up. Like, you need to Venmo. There's cash apps in the bio. Josh had their cash app. Hunter has their cash app. Like, stop playing. You came up here and really tried to play in our face. Bring out your... Oh, you got your hand up? You must You must have your wallet out, too. Ooh. I know with them 400,000 followers, you got at least a couple thousand, you think. To be honest, something. I don't even understand the request to cash app in this case. You, I don't even are, understand the request I, and the reason why you got on my understanding about better black in the people. audience. Next, what the fuck? You literally you said, listen to black people, and what are you doing? Not listening to black people. Like, what? Why are you? And you just got a clubhouse room if you're not listening. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Why when you got up to, here and you were talking about how you're anti race, you're not, you're anti racist and you're anti black. But here you are refusing to cash up and pay people for their emotional labor, for educating you, uh, and for listening to your bullshit. Hmm. Also, also, also sorry, uh, Jackie was supposed to go and like Matt was going to go. Was it out there, Mike? Um, so Jackie, go ahead. The floor is yours, boo. And then whoever wants oh. to go after, go after Jackie, yeah. Oh no, thank you. I wanted to talk a long time ago, but I had my daughter around me. So though, I was here for a while because actually, so Michael, the guy. I, who was one of the moderators, he has been, he was in a news, um, it's like on YouTube, it's called the Young Turks, and for the longest time, I always wondered why he left, but I, I always did not like him as a journalist, because he was, like, the, the Young Turks is very progressive left, right, and he would always try to play, like, the moderate in between, so I was like, okay, I, I want to listen to this whole chat to see like where's his angle because a lot of people have said that he's done like he did an interview with maxine waters one time and he said that she she shoved him and he made this big deal about it and if you actually see the video she just kind of like grazes past him and walks away and then he's done interviews where he'll go to protest like he'll go to black lives matter protests and he'll just not be respectful to the protesters like protesters will tell him tell him to stop taking pictures of them but he but he wasn't and it was like on recordings that he was doing that so i just find it very interesting that all of this happened tonight when i was on it because i'm like i really want to hear what this guy has to say because i haven't and i think this was his first few days or weeks on clubhouse because i don't think he really understood what can happen when he makes other people moderators so I just found this whole thing very interesting. And I would ask if, if anybody wants to know, like, why this room was created and how why it ended up this way. If you watch some of his um, stuff that he has written or said, you might understand a little bit why. Can I jump on stack? Yeah, it's open stack. Right yeah, now. Me too. When you're done speaking, just say you're done speaking. And the next person, it sounds like Mel. It's no, no, it was, Ra- it, was Ra- it was Rachel or Rachel. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Ra- Rachel's going to speak, and then Mel after, right? Okay, great. Um, yeah. I was going to say about these rooms that white folks are moderating that are anti-Black, um, there's this, like, there's this obsession with white people who think they're on the left that we need to have conversations with with white folks. And... For me, I'm like, that's your job. It's your job to go organize white people. It's your job to go talk to white supremacists and, like, be upset and and angry that they with them. It's not my job. And, like, there is this, like, 
there's this like understanding that if only we had conversations, we could find commonalities. And it's like, if we don't have a commonality on like the ending of white supremacy, like there's no reason for us to really be talking. Like, I really only want to be doing things that are utilitarian at this point, because like, this is an intergenerational struggle. And like, I only have so many years to like participate and I don't have time to waste with the white moderates. And like, when these like, people who think they're on the left who get to like sit at tables and be like well to play devil's advocate like we don't want white supremacists in this room we don't need any devils like we don't want any white devils in this room <laughs> like that's just like just anti-black as fuck and like you know sitting in this room and getting all of that anxiety and anger uh is like detrimental to my health and like yeah you should cash at me for my therapy sessions <laughs> and like <laughs> That's fucking real. And, like, the idea that, like, oh, you don't understand why you should cash. Because black people are fucking sitting here doing labor for rooms that are being, like, violently anti-black as fuck to say, like, oh, the, the is there is there hierarchies in the culture, right? Like, are, are you asking if racism is real? <laughs> like, are black people all fucking liars? Are these Black Lives Matter protests just, like, for fucking fun? Do we just burn down the city for no fucking reason? Like, I don't, like, I don't understand. Like, maybe this is a room for you to fucking sit and listen, like, not for you to speak. And, like, I wish white people would fucking think about that, because even in this room, white people who were agreeing with black people in their experience were participating in silencing black women to speak about black people's experience and it's like at what point did you try and understand the theory only to participate in anti-blackness and not be like oh let me step back so this person can speak about their own experience instead of me trying to capitalize and like take the take the floor right now on things that like maybe you should just be fucking listening and your job is actually to go to speak to fucking white people and take their money and give it to black people so they can organize against white supremacy i yield for or live or just exist or just spend that money that. on whatever the All fuck they want to spend it on um, because of the fact that white people have consistently been giving money, been given money for things that they don't deserve to get money for. So, therefore, I believe that, um, you know, Brett coming up here asking why we should, he don't understand <laughs> the reason that we get money. How about the fact that black people have not been given money for shit for so long? Or how about the fact that, um, black people were, uh, excommunicated from being able to participate in so many different, um, economic, um, policies that give us money? or that we're able to get money for free over the years that is intergenerational. So, yes, give us money for no fucking reason. I don't think that we need a reason to uh, ask people for money, especially when we are the ones that are doing the education based on our experiences. Me sitting here, all of us sitting here, fucking talking about our experiences is labor because this is the shit that you learn in school if you are to take a fucking african-american studies course you would learn this very easily so now you're on clubhouse learning these things very easily learning these theories very easily getting 
real life experiences from black individuals very easily. And then you have the nerve to come up here and ask, I don't understand why I need to give you money. And you sitting here getting all this free education for fucking free when you could go take a class and pay that professor to teach you. But now you're getting the education for free from a conglomerate of individuals. So, yes, you should come up on this stage and pay us or you should be in the audience sending money because this is not free education. Like it is free education, but it should not be because this is us sitting here being vulnerable and having these conversations openly, very honestly, which you would never be able to have access to. How are you going to say? Um, I was going to chime in real quick. Um, first, to pick off what was just stated, um, these <sighs> white people know they are very much aware of what they're doing. They're very much aware, aware of situations and what's going on. There may be some some stuff that they don't know or quite have a quite an understanding of, but like what was already stated, education is easily accessible today. Um, so it's not a fucking excuse anymore. Um, the fact that Brett came up here, he knew why. He knew because he, first of all, I've only been here not that long, but I've seen folks that have been in here and obviously probably been in here for a while. And even with me being in here for maybe like hmm, 20, 25 minutes, I've heard explained in 10 different ways as to the reasoning why black folks need to be paid, why you need to compensate us. Explained in 10 different ways. Him still sitting in the audience, being there. So I'm sure you heard one of those reasonings or explanations. So it's not that they don't know, or maybe they just don't. no, they know what the fuck they're doing. But anyway, that's not the point I wanted to make. But I wanted to start off with that. He knew why it was it didn't need to be asked. That question didn't need to be asked. Whatever, moving on. Um, and I was gonna make the point of that. I feel like, especially with what's going on today, we definitely need to start checking these motherfuckers that want to call themselves allies, that want to self-proclaim and put the title for themselves, and they are not doing the fucking work, okay? Um, and when, we, when we're when we doing this, like I said, it needs to be done. I feel like anytime somebody tells them, oh, I'm ally, check, check it. Because a lot of times these folks talk about their allies. Okay, cool, you posted a, a one tweet. Or you, or you bought from a black business probably for the first time ever. You know, like, it's just these little things that they do, especially when they are attempting to do stuff. It's usually stuff that we didn't ask for. Or it's usually stuff that's not, it's not doing anything. This is not impactful enough. Um, and it's just like, I see this all the time, especially like even in, you know, the news and stuff, where folks are like, oh, we're in support and they're doing things like, we didn't ask for you to stand in the corner with, you know, African clothing, kimchi cloth, and all this extra shit. Like, that's not, that's not doing, like, you know, so it's like, we need to start definitely asking these folks, too, what are you doing? What have you done to further black lives, further us, our community, our society? What have you done? And they can't tell you. They can't say it. They don't, or it's some, some little, oh, like, like, little, little teeny little thing. And and then they want, you know, a pat on the back. They want all this praise and stuff for shit that they should already be fucking doing, in my opinion. But like I said, so stop, and we need to stop too. Stop giving these people, because they did one little thing for you, 
oh, now they're an ally. No, you have, with any fucking title, you have to earn that. You have to work for it. We can't just walk around and then self-proclaim and, oh, I'm this thing. Okay, well, what what work have you done? What what have you got to show for it to get this title? If they They need to work for it. They need to. It's not a given thing because, no, they need to do the work. They're not doing the work, and we see that. You know what I'm saying? They they want to, you know, try to hide behind these words and, oh, like little phrases and shit. It's just they're not doing the work. So we need to start checking these motherfuckers. And I know a lot of folks in this room, I've seen that they be doing that. Anytime people can get up in here and get up in their ass. But for real, get up in, they, get up in their fucking ass. Who gives a fuck how they fucking feel at this point? Because our feelings are always put on the back burner. Our feelings are, we're always invalidated. We're always just treated like shit. So fuck them, fuck their feelings, and get in their ass. Question them, challenge them. That's why, obviously, these folks have been here. You know, said I wasn't in here, but I can only imagine because I've been in, in several other rooms, similar rooms. I've seen the bullshit that they do on Clubhouse. So anyway, but Brooklyn, I, as always, I appreciate you doing what you fucking do, and that's why, I, man, like, for real, because don't play with these motherfuckers. Don't give them no chance to do n- not a goddamn thing. Fuck, fuck them. They want to be doing some corny shit? Okay, bet. We could do that times two. So, you know what I'm saying? So, I appreciate you making this space. <laughs> well, not necessarily making this space, but fuck, take over that fucking shit, because they say you're doing that with our shit. So, I appreciate it. Uh, it's seeing what you do. And you know what I'm saying? We all got to do it. We all got to sit together. We all need to start banning and fighting in, in whatever form you can do. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, that's all I want to say. But yeah. Welcome Thank you so much for sharing. Um, is yeah, this after, the same room that the white? Sorry. Oh. After after Brooklyn resets, can Hunter go? And then we can get back on stacks on Kyrie. That's okay. I'm just, is this the same room that was started by a bunch of white men like four yes. hours ago? Got it. Okay. All right. I just didn't know what was what the context was. So I'm gonna be set. Give me a second. Can y'all hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. So this room was started by some racist white people. Some covert, but ultimately racist. All people, all white people, racist anyway. But this room was started by some racist white people. Um, and essentially, you know. They were being called out for the fact that they're using woke, um, you know, like basically kind of like, you know, actually mocking us um, for liberating ourselves, you know, talking amongst ourselves and actually speaking about these issues on any platform we're given. Right. Um, They had a stack system implemented only for black people. We had to wait our turn, but white people were allowed to interrupt us at any given moment. Um, I came up basically and a white man jumped in front of me, um, was speaking and pretty much like just the way that they were handling the room silencing people invalidating people's experiences there was so much discourse and like disagreement disagreeance on the gerald saying you know you as a white person have received a different financial set um like a different hand um financially than me as a black person and a white person was really disagreeing and going back and forth with the gerald so um yeah i came up someone made me a moderator another black person and i took over the room and now we have black moderators and we're talking and 
redistributing some money that has been sent to my cash app Venmo's the same white people non-black people if you're in here you should be sending a cash app to my cash app in the bio my Venmo is the same thank you and if you haven't received the cash app send me a request you see my cash app in the bio gotcha thank you hey hunter you can go whenever you're um, ready I know I saw you trying to unmic so Yes. Well, thank y'all for all that y'all have done. Um, sending you lots of love and yeah, I'm sending everybody love in this space who, well, now my love only applies to black people. So yes, not to everyone in this space, but to niggas. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to offer something I actually really love. Um, the points that, um, is it Rochelle? I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing. Is it Rochelle? Yeah, Rochelle's points and Mel's points. Um, Yeah, I think, like, for – so I think (laughs) what this leads me to is, like, like the narrative of, like, redemption for non-black people and if if it's possible, right? And I think that that's, like, the biggest contention for black people in the sense of, like, our liberation, right? Like, we know that we're the central – like allegiance, like the only focus, right, is like for our freedom, our wellness, our affirmation. And then the other part is, it's like, okay, who are these people in the way of making that happen? Um, and I think that like, um, just seeing how this room, cause I came in this room like a couple times earlier, um, try to get on the stage, like, a lot of different times and they wouldn't let me up and I was like okay um but it was just very violent right which has already been said but I think that that's I think that to the question of like I guess so what I'm holding is that I think that some white people um will never know because like they don't have to right like even though you do like you you literally don't have to do anything you can literally just be in this like um illusion of whiteness and how much it allows you to be able to to remove yourself from any culpability any responsibility or even having to really even see the black death that you are um enacting or that you that you live off of right like the black flesh that has to literally die for you to breathe and i think that um in thinking about white people giving like reparations or even just being in this commitment to transforming themselves it's like you know it really leaves me with like the question of like you know, if that's even possible, right? So if it's not possible, like, you know, I just want, I wish that we could just divest so bad. I wish that we could actually have like some forms of segregation that do, that do allow us to get away from people who will never be on our side, who will never change, right? Who won't even give us, um, like, who won't give us the money that they have a surplus of, right? Who won't even give us air that is like, that isn't actually of a limited supply in the capacity that we would design it by pollution, right? Like they, they won't give it to us. Right. Um, and so even in taking it, like, like this conversation then leads us to like how many black people have to be sacrificed for the wars that we should have never had to be put in. Right. And so I guess what I'm thinking about too is, is white people organizing white people. Um, because I just always think about this, like the capital, right. For these past couple months, I just keep thinking like, these are white people who literally just thought that power was being taken from them. They just woke up and they were like, you know what? I'm angry for no reason other than the fact that I'm white and decided to get together with a group of other white people and go storm a building to really do nothing but to tear for literally no reason at all right to not gain anything to not lose anything just to wake up and be white right and so I just wonder every time white people are in these like moments of like you know I don't know what to do I hear y'all like what can we do right like that like how you were framing it Mel and um, Rochelle too where it's like like in this like I don't know what to do but there are white people who literally have no purpose 
um, in this world, but to terrorize who literally get together and organize better than the white people who be in these rooms trying to transform this world. That don't make no motherfucking sense to me. Y'all cannot get together and go and go intervene the state. Y'all cannot go free niggas out of prisons today. Y'all cannot organize together. Get all you cannot go rob a bank today. It's just not adding up. Y'all not gonna you can't give your houses up today. What you mean? You got five. Like, what you mean? You got six cars. Like, what you mean? I don't get it. I'll never get it. Um, And it's like, and even if you don't have anything, right, because then, you know, here come the poor white people, the spicy white people, the white people who apparently live at some intersection of oppression. I'd be like, nobody gives a fuck because your whiteness literally usurps that. And that's not our fault. That is because of the design that white people created, right? Um, So even in that, why aren't you collectively together strategizing how to intervene the state? Because you die, too. Right. Like, so if it's not for black people, is it for yourself? Because you don't get to live in this world unscathed that is designed by anti-blackness that literally sets everybody up for death. Right. It's designed around black death. But you die, too. Right. Like, so I'm I'm not really clear. Like, you don't get free without black people getting free. And, and I don't know if freedom is even possible for white people. But again, like, no matter what your motives are, I don't understand not organizing to actually shift that reality. And I also just don't even understand the placating of having a conversation when you know that you're not really invested in it. Um, you literally don't have to. There are white people who have mad platforms. Huh? Sorry, that was me on accident. Apologize. Oh, no worries. I was like, what's going on, honey? But yeah, I just wanted to like add that that's just what's on my heart. I think like the past couple of days have just been so interesting because like, um, now I don't want to get banned, so I'm really watching my words because really what I want to say, because I feel like niggas who know what I really want to say have heard me say this months ago, right? Like, but what I really, again, always come back to is the fact that, like, no, these people are not redeemable. No, there is no transformation for non-black people. No, right? And it's like, and I know that that's always the conversation um when they host it, right? Where it's like, how do we change the world? No, the world has to burn right? Like, the world has to be set on fire if it requires that Black people die. I'm not going to save a world that says that niggas gotta die. I'm not gonna pray to a God that says that niggas gotta die. I'm not gonna fuck with that. So it's like, and I I just, I think, like, (laughs) the rage that lives in my body is that what it demands is that it demands that Black people have to be put into these moral um, situations to determine, like, how we now have to respond to people who don't have morality for our being right where it's like now we have to be violent because you were violent right like we have to actually push past like maybe an ethic that we want to stand by or even spirituality that we want to stand by just to defend ourselves right which means that then we have to actually sever ourselves from what we really believe because we want to live and the fact that we even have to be put into that contradiction in and of itself is the most violent thing right because there are niggas like i'm sure nat turner didn't wake up and think dang i want to kill a white baby today come on you know like i'm sure nat turner never wanted to think about killing children at all right but just knew that he wanted to get fucking free and it meant that he was going to have to kill the white people who was going to fucking keep him enslaved and was going to keep his people locked up so i think in that regard right like when we are put into these contradictions like it it absolutely will always like usurp anything (laughs) that white people got to say or or think that they're not doing enough of. You don't have to sacrifice anything in your ethic, anything in your spirituality, because it all aligns with black death. You don't have to sacrifice anything to live. Like, and we have to sacrifice everything just to stay alive. 
like in a world that is already determined that we should die. And I think that um, I think that that's what's on my heart, because I'm just thinking about all the black people in this space that had to sacrifice their own knowledge, their own time, um, just to, even for the black people who actually believe in the transformation of white people, the people who have to spend time trying to tell you to stop killing black people, even with your ideologies, even with the ways that you silence niggas, even with the in the space that you take up, just by existing, you already kill black people. Like, so it's like, I, I just, I keep thinking like, no, none of us deserve that shit. And so um, I know that was a little long winded, but I had a lot of my heart and I was very triggered, honey. I was in my trigger. So I hope that that made sense. But I, I just want to say thank you so much, Brooklyn, for the way that you um, took over the space. And thank you to all the folks who was, um, who, you know, was dunking on these white folks and these non-black folks today. I didn't see everybody. So I do want to send love. Um, and I'm sorry I can't cite everyone, but I want to say that. And thank you, uh, Gio and Josh and Brooklyn for, for moderating. And I'm just sending y'all lots of love. Ooh. Thank you, Hunter, so much for that. That was just like a full ass sermon, and I just gave me okay. my life back after sitting in this room for so long. I want a better cash ever. The only white people I'm interested in organizing with are the ones who who are ready to burn it down. And like, if you're not on that level, then like, you know, give you know, organize money that you clearly have organize white people to give money to the people who are ready to do it. And like, yeah, no time, no time for allies. Like it it just, we're, we're so far past that. This is war. Like watching, you know, Judas and the Messiah. It's like, if you don't get it, like this is war. Like we don't have time to be educating white people. We don't have time to waste. Um, I, I say that as a person who was sitting in this room, but I was, I feel like I was sitting in this room to like practice um, just like how, how to like, how to stop with the niceness culture and like, you know, like actually instead like drag people for their shitty fucking opinions. Um, can I go, is there a stack or can you just, or we just do that popcorn? Now you can go ahead, Perry. Welcome to the stage. Hi, um, thanks. I just wanted to make a really quick point, just to like the point of educating white folks. I feel like, you know, it's 2021. If you have Clubhouse, if you like, if, if you have Clubhouse on your phone, then you don't need a black person to educate you. Like, you don't need a person of color to educate you. You don't need a trans person to educate you. Like, you should be educating yourself. You have the resources to educate yourself if you have Clubhouse on your iPhone or your Android. So I'm just very sort of like, I don't believe in educating white people in any sort of way. I don't believe that it is anything that I wanted to do, that I would want to do, whether I'm an educator or not. Like, white people have the resources to educate themselves. And if you are a white person who doesn't have the resources, I'm sure that you know a white person who has the resources and would be willing to educate you but like i don't feel like any more time should be wasted with black folks educating white people on shit that they fucking started and created and know already so i just think it's so interesting that like white people will make this whole fucking room to sit here and talk about how we want to be educated by black folks and non-white folks but it's like 
no, like y'all, y'all don't want to be educated because if you wanted to be educated, you would be taking the time to educate yourselves. Instead, just sitting up here gaslighting people, creating violent, exclusive spaces. It's it's strange. I think you know, and in terms of like organizing with white folks, I get really torn with that because you know, as much as like. Sure, there are some white people who are willing to burn it down, and, like, I guess that would be the white people I'm also willing to organize with, too, to your point, Rochelle, but I still, like, am very weary and distrustworthy of white people, even the white people who want to burn shit down, because I'm questioning why do you want to burn shit down? Are you burning shit down for your own class interests? Are you burning things down, you know, like, what is your reason? Are you bringing it down because you know that it's unjust? And because you know that it's killing people who look like me and you actually genuinely care about that, are you bringing it down for your self-interest? Because I think that until white people have a sort of moral, like, realization about what whiteness is and what white and how whiteness functions in the world, I don't think that, you know, a sort of, the whole sort of organizing around our common interests and our common enemy is going to be enough. Because once we burn shit down, if whiteness is not completely destroyed within white people and within non-white people, once shit is already burned down, we're, we're still going to have to deal with that, right? Like, we're still going to have to figure out how do we get rid of whiteness as a thing. So if white people are not completely disinterested in erasing their entire identity and unlearning their entire, like, being, literally, like, their entire being, then... um I don't know. I don't want to organize with you because I don't trust you. And I know that when shit pops off, I'm I, I'm going to expect you not to be there. You know. Thanks for that. Period. Um, so we have some new folks on the stage. Noah, um, welcome, Shelby, um, TX, uh, Gabby or Gabriel rather. Uh, you guys can uh, y'all can chime in. Uh, we're also just doing popcorn, so. Uh, if you want to contribute, any takeaways, any um, contributions, uh, just free to, to jump in. Hi, everyone. My name is Noah, he, him, pronouns. And I want to first honor everyone that's spoken already. Um, everyone's great icon. We love it all. And I have, I guess I have two things I want to say. And I'll be, I'll try to be really, really quick. Regarding the organizing with the white people thing. Yeah, that's that, that's such a time. Uh, I so I live in like New England. I live in Massachusetts, and like there's a particular type of neoliberalism that is, that like even like black people, at least within my city, have very much <laughs> learned to embody. That's very 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 violent. And just like small anecdotal anecdotal story, I was in this literally like a, a wonderful organizing meeting, right? And like this white person was like on the call, right? They actually were like getting people like different orgs together. And like I was there just helping with getting different orgs together. And like I live in a very like neoliberal place. So like even like the black led orgs aren't grounded within a black politic. So that's a time. Anyway, and y'all, there was a literal police officer on the phone call in full uniform. And I was the only person that had a problem with it. And I was just like, this is like, <laughs> organizing with white people can be so dangerous. Like, your life can literally be on the line constantly. And, like, I was like, uh, yeah, I can't. And then I told them that. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you literally had a whole police officer in a meeting about social and political organizing. Please tell me what. Okay, so that's one thing. So organizing with white people is a time. And the second thing I would like to say regarding, like, the room title, I'm starting to think that white people 
obsessed with wokeism for this particular reason. Like someone, I think it was Dio had brought up earlier, um, in the sense like wokeism is, like, as like an idea or whatever is like definitely grounded in like this wonderful like black politics and things like that. And so when you think about, like what black politics is and like black consciousness is definitely grounded in black experiences and connected to that is deep is also black pain. And I deeply think that like white people actually are invested in wokeness and are very much obsessed in it because of that investment in black pain. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there are white people out here that are like out here literally reading like all these wonderful, iconic black feminist texts, or, like literally reading like Spillers and Hotman and everyone else. They're like, wow, this is so interesting. Look at all the pain that they went through. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I think there's a particular type of violence there. And I think that I actually, actually do think that white people actually, you know, but they try to act like they're distant from wokeism, as if wokeism is a problem. But actually, they, they like seeing that wokeism, they like seeing black people express that and express those ideas because it is tied within that black pain, and it, which is 100% necessary for them to have any sort of identity. So I actually do think that white people specifically actually are, are obsessed with wokeism, and it's not for the reason that they think. I think it's because it's deeply connected to our own lived experiences, and they actually need us to experience those things for them to have any sort of identity. But I um, just yes, wanted to offer that, and thank you all for the room. Also, thank you specifically Brooklyn and all the other moderators as well for how you all got the room together and took it over. And, yeah, thank you all. And I want to add to that, right, like, because the black liberation, this revolution, like somebody was saying earlier, like we're literally at war. And I know people don't necessarily like to hear that. And I think I feel like us being like, you know, on lockdown has definitely like kind of made people a lot more apprehensive to that. And it's like we literally are like, I don't know, but this like 2020 showed me a lot like um, like it's it's all stuff I knew. But seeing it in action in real life, seeing, you know, these white people get out of control and actually face like zero repercussions while everybody's watching. It was like, oh, OK, like it, this is literally at any given moment, like you know, this shit could really go from zero to 100. And it's just like, it's going to be profitable. It's going to be marketable, our liberation, our freedom, our revolution, no matter what, right? And it's like, I feel like a lot of white people, they're trying to like get ahead. You know, they're trying to like, you know, have um, a background or they already have a background and or following and they want to like, you know, profit off of our liberation and they want to be the ones leading it they want to be the ones narrating it for their kind and it's like it's it's just like we already know how history has already done um been and it's going to repeat itself or you know we actually don't know but basically it's like history is told from the eyes of the person who won and it's like even if they don't win there's going to be their narrative because they have the resources they have the media they have you know everything and it's like i feel like we're in a position where anything we do, whether it's for our liberation, whether we're, you know, fighting amongst ourselves, whether we're still trying to get it together, they're watching and they're profiting every single moment, every single day. And it's just the same with our liberation to a point on Clubhouse. It's like they're literally mocking us like it hasn't happened yet. But, you know, like it's it's eerie to watch, really. But I don't want to get into like a conspiracy theory thing. But, yeah. I also wanted to welcome Mika to the stage. Um, welcome back to Gerald. Um, yeah, so and welcome back, Azari. Uh, yeah, so we had TX, um, Gabriel, uh, Shelby, you're in you as well. Uh, so you can chime in. Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Gabrielle. I use she her pronouns. 
Um, shout out to y'all um, for taking over this room because this room was trash earlier and I was really like, whoa. <laughs> and then I came back in and I was like, oh, snap, everybody, everybody changed. So that was lit. Um, so I appreciate y'all. I wanted to kind of add on to um, what Brooklyn said and then also address something that happened a little bit earlier. Um, I really feel like, and I agree that we are at war and the the problem is, is that White people, non-black people refuse to believe, like, that shit has been planned for a long time. And it, it's nothing is by accident. Um, something that I learned was the pro- the projects in New York City, um, they're, they're formulated and, I mean, like, they're placed so that if you place a single explosive in the middle of the plaza, all the buildings will fall at the same time. And they said that they did that because... Um, those were, like, supposed to be temporary structures, but my nigga, like, you, you knew that if the niggas ever got out of line, you could use that, and that has been a backup plan. Like, there are so many ways in which, like, they have structured this death machine to make sure that it's efficient, and when we say that we're at war, they're like, oh, no, like, it's no, it's dead-ass real. Like, they have structured the, our neighborhoods to make it easy for, the, for them to hunt us. Um, and then, also, like, Yesterday, there was a room, um, and I think um, Hunter was moderating, and that white man, Brett, who came up here acting crazy, was being mad dumb. And I just wanted to also name, like, so I... Really quick, um, Gabrielle, so um, we've been kind of, like, interrupting people, so we understand dragging people and all that and, you know, recounting what happened, but we can do that without being ableist. Um, you know, crazy, dumb, stupid, those are all ableist terms, so. Happy, my bad. Um, so, in a room, um, Brett was like, I, I mean this to say, so I have ADHD, and that's considered a disorder, but in fact, it's like a different neurotype, right? And it's only dysfunctional because the society or context that I'm in is, is not, is not functional in it that my brain is not functional and or or productive and so brett yesterday was like oh i'm a biologist and oh the the binary is real ah, ah, ah. and this is why white people have cognitive dysfunctions that are functional because how are you going to say that this thing that you're studying that is obviously rooted in anti-blackness but even if we take it at face value how are you going to say that this is this is something that you're willing to argue with other people who are literally trying to survive, that how this is something that you're going to stick to. But we don't walk around being like, oh, hey, old blood, old blood type or, oh, hey, this um, genome sequence. Like we don't we don't use that in any other t- uh, in any of the social circumstance. So how are you going to bring that logic and say, oh, well, we need to agree with this one thing in order for me to be on your side or for me to stand for your life? But meanwhile, don't extend that logic to any other thing. And I, or like as a, as a scientist or biologist, you know that humans need X amount of sleep. And you know that the, the way that we produce labor or like the way we have our workforce is not conducive or healthy for human beings. But you want to fight about the, the sexual binary, but you don't want to fight about the fact that the eight hour work week is, is not safe for people. So white people just be having cognitive dysfunctions that's functional for them and I don't feel like there's any redemption because there's nothing like for me I have to go like change the way that I 
be in the world, right? Because it's not functional, but theirs is functional. So they will never change. And every freedom effort that they say that they're trying to stand with us for, like, they, they cap in. That's it. <laughs> um, appreciate those sentiments. I'd like to reset the room just, just real quick. Um, I was in the room basically all day when it got started and I was actually one of the black people that was, um, privy to be on the stage, um, mainly because I kept quiet. Um, everybody else was pretty much being removed if they had any other stance, um, to the wokeness. But for the people who joined the room, a black person did not create this room. Um, two white men created this room and the queen Brooklyn, um, at the top, she pretty much somehow, <laughs> and I'm not even sure how still, took over the room and removed the original um starters of the room basically okay. um, right so in their objective and he made it very clear on twitter a few hours ago um was to pretty much make fun to disrespect continuously um the the issues that we face and um they pretty much just just framed it as wokeism which is pretty much a new term um but yeah that's pretty much how the room started and we kind of took it over and it kind of just had like moved from there. So I just want to make clear that we don't stand by the term wokeism. That was a white man's um, agenda and we pushed back on it. And here we are. Hey y'all. I wanted to make points about the amazing thing that Noah offered and what Hunter was offering about if white people can be, uh, or organizing with them and from my particular understanding of uh Afro-pessimism, I really believe that we cannot organize with white people and we cannot organize with non-black people. And honestly, we have to understand, from my perspective, a lot of black people can't come with us either. Because the anybody that wants to come that has to bring these ideas of the human with us in this post-revolution, when we burn all this shit down and they want to bring what the human is, that category itself is what the problem is. The human, as soon as they said, we not like the rest of the animals, we can own the whole planet. How did you not imagine that global genocide was going to happen? How did you not imagine that the planet was going to die if you said the human is the only species that can own the entire planet? Like, it is the human that is the problem with all of this. The human and its ideas of intelligence, its ideas of desirability, its ideas of gender, none of that shit to come with us. So as long as a black person wants to stand by ideas of humanness as general, damn niggas can't come with us either. So I think this idea of like talking outside of a intramural space, I see no use for that. I see speaking to black niggas that are willing to embody a queer aesthetic and a queer politic that say none of this shit actually makes sense. It's some white man that made this logic up. We should get rid of it. None of this shit is, this shit was only made for my struggle. This is what Horace, all of these black femmes and black uh, non-binary and trans people have been telling us for the longest time is none of this shit makes sense. We need to get rid of it from its very root. It's, Octavia Butler said the seed cannot be planted again. If we plant that seed, only bad shit is going to come from that seed. And I think that this if more black people could divest from the idea of trying to bring these niggas with us and we just run and burn the bridge when we get on the other side, I think that would be a beautiful thing. Cause I understand from my position, uh, no, when you're talking about the new black and the new liberal understanding of the new black, the, a lot of these black people can't come with us and 
we need to, the black femme and the black queer people that do come, they need to destroy blackness as it understands, as it exists. Like, blackness is only made because of anti-blackness. And we ain't no reason for us to be, you know, like, anytime we try to look for our similarities of why we need to be like one another, we going into white people logic. It's it's the, the differences between us that make us real. So it's the neurodiversity, it's the difference in culture, it's the difference in blah, blah, blah. It can't be, the white people always like to talk about how they be similar. We cannot fall into that same type of shit. We can't be talking about, oh, it's because you like me that we can fuck with each other. That's, I feel like these people, the white people logic got to go. It really got to be rooted out. And I think that's all I had to offer. I'm done. Can I respond super quick to that? Super quick. So I don't want to cut you off. Jeriel, I love that. Did you think that I said that we should organize with non-black people? Oh, no. I think you were responding to someone else. No, I I said only only white people were going to burn it down. Oh, okay. Okay. I just wanted to just make a quick distinction just in case it wasn't clear. I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't not black people. <laughs> it's a no for me in any capacity, but I love what you offered and thank you for offering that intervention. I'm so sorry for cutting you off. Is it Tix? How do you pronounce your name? I'm sorry. I just want to apologize correctly. No, it's all good, Hunter. Peace. It's Tita. Tita. Hi, thank everyone. you so much. I'm sorry. Yeah. No girls. All good. I just want to say thank you. <laughs> Um, for just like taking over the room because it is exhausting. Um, I wasn't in the room, so I didn't witness anything. But yesterday I found myself in a room and the name of the room was if I hear another person oppressed or something like that on this app. And I went into it because I've known what we've been discussing, like the black community on Clubhouse, what we've been discussing since we've been coming onto this app. So I went into it and I decided to listen that I was not going to take part because I noticed there were <laughs> some coons <laughs> who were cheering on, you know, these these other <laughs> so-called white people or whatever the case is and um like it's almost like they were like okay so he resets the room he's tired of hearing like victim victimization being celebrated and um like we always oppress but there are things to get us out and their resources and so forth so they want to come up with solutions but every woman especially the woman who came up and offered something they literally kind of like bat them down like you know they basically destroyed their their thoughts or their theory or whatever they were saying and as far as they were concerned black people weren't oppressed basically so the person who was moderating the room who were the cornerstone of the room end up leaving and then the white a white man became you know like the head one of the the room so i was just watching to see if he was going to stay there if like the mood of the room was going to change like what was going to happen because now the majority of the moderators were white it continued you know it became almost as if you know we were making this up in our mind and then it had one sister who went up and she was saying, well, you know what? We can't tackle everything at a time, but we'll tackle this. 
and she started talking about education. And she said, you know, we should tackle education first and then we can move on to branch off other things. They made it so that there's no way out for black people other than basically joining up with white people because they already have the knowledge, the information and so on. So whatever the case is, I end up going on there and I had to like, you know, basically explain like what, what it is like, we're not, what you're trying to tell us, like our experience is not real. Like all these things, all the history, you know, all our books, like what, like everybody, everything that you witness, people you talk to, like, it's not real. Like I don't understand and I also had to talk about how offensive it was for the title and for a white man to be the cornerstone of the room. Like, you know, like you being the beneficiary of oppression for so many people across the world. It was it was mind boggling to me. Like I was just like, like confused. And when I said that, too, like he thought to push back on that. And it was interesting to me because I felt that. Uh oh, I think you're breaking up a little bit. You know, first of all, they couldn't come. They couldn't. Yeah, Tito, uh, you were going in and out, but we were getting the gist of what you were saying. If you want to um, sort of relocate or if you're good to unmute then you can we can also give you some time to to reorient um so yeah so uh we have some some new folks at the stage uh saint uh, uh welcome back uh true uh also welcome back marquise i believe you were in the room earlier um yeah so we're we're just doing popcorn you can jump in with any contributions or takeaways. Hey, y'all. I just wanted to affirm this room and everything that's being said. Um, I am so happy that um, Brooklyn hijacked this fucking room. Like, at first, I didn't know what was going on earlier, so I didn't really say nothing. So I was like, wait, it's not like these niggas hijacked this shit. Um, But yeah, like, um, I think that what you all are saying about people contributing to your cash apps and or Venmos is super important. So I wanted to double down on that. This is labor. This is labor intensive. This shit is hella emotional. This is, these are the conversations we've been fucking having. Like someone said earlier, wokeness is not a new concept. We've been fucking woke. We've been talking about this shit. These conversations are not new. So everyone that's privy, that's non-black, um, that is in this space, I feel like y'all need to pay for the fucking resources that y'all are utilizing right now, period. And to his point, I'm just curious on the ones who's been in these rooms for hours, what is your actual intention? Like, to me, the whole idea of Clubhouse has been a guinea pig experiment straight up. I mean, every social media platform proves that they listen in on us, they get our resources, they take our culture our education, our skills, every everything. Um, and that's exactly what Clubhouse has been. Even though we are going to get our own individual benefit, um, I do feel um, this whole thing has just been an experiment. So my point is to the people in the room who are not um, people of color or just black people, um, what is your attention? I know we're not giving you the space to speak, but just individually think that to yourself. Like, 
why are you in this room? Why have you continued to be in this room? Why do you feel these conversations interest you? But are you actually actively working towards um, our collective justice? You know what I'm saying? So in a sense, I just really want you guys to do some self-reflection, the white people in the room. Um, I've seen some of you have been here for hours and I've been through your social medias and I really don't see any reflective, any substance to even add to what we got talk going on, what we're talking about. So I'm just really curious on why you guys so adamant of listening in, but not actually taking part in using your privilege or, or even acknowledging your privilege and doing something about it. Oh, my God, this reminds me, because I go to a PWI, so this definitely feels like when you're in a large-ass lecture hall and you speak on a black experience or all white people just sitting there listening. This is exactly what it feels like. It's weird as fuck. That's why I don't teach them shit. I just drag them because I don't have the time. So, oh, I didn't go to school. They really have y'all set up there. I mean, college. They really have y'all set up there and tell them a black experience in front of the whole class. Yeah, I'm I'm a political science what manager. What the fuck? We've been we've been on opposite ends in plenty classes and talking about politics. And when I tell you, Brooklyn, you would not have survived. You would have literally threw a book at someone's head. It, <laughs> it takes a lot of patience to sit across the room and just hear nothing but just straight ignorance and privilege just dripping from the damn mouth. It's, it's insane. Trust me, it takes all the fibers in my body not to act physically. Um, but I'm here for a mission. I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow um, for the collective of our people. So that's pretty much what I stand, what I stand on when I do have to endure those conversations. Yeah, Corey, you missed your takeover. Brooklyn, I feel like just being in a room with you for a couple minutes now, I went to uh, predominantly, I went to Columbia, and hearing these white people, this supposed to be an Ivy League, these supposed to be the smartest people, and hearing these people, like, spew the lack of, like, someone really told them they were intelligent, you know, intelligence is a construction, but they, somebody really told them that they were the smart ones, and that they deserved to take up space and speak, and it's really all that it was, because I hear all these little the, around our black friends that came from the hood, we feel imposter syndrome. We say more brilliant things than all these niggas have put together. The, the drips in our bones make all the intelligence. We like, we could teach the class better than the professor could. But then here come, oh, these people don't make no type of no. Yeah, and so to add to that, I went to an HBCU and a PWI. And like, I remember at my the HBCU I went to, I used to always be in, in lectures and be, be thinking to myself, like, damn, like, everybody in here is fucking smart. Like, let me set my shit up. Child, at the PWIs, I used to be like, how the fuck did half of these people even get here? Like, I don't even understand what y'all are doing here. Really? And you could literally be in a class that's, like, not related to race or anything. And the minute that a black voice speaks up and has anything to say, the entire fucking room shifts. And it's mainly white people looking at you like, oh, you're saying something. Like, let's listen. And it's just, it's really insane. Like, they really expect us to kind of be there, but, like, not be heard. School is, you know, university and colleges is really not what it's all cracked up to be, child. Like, I went to PWI as well. It was a, a, a truly traumatic experience. A truly, truly traumatic experience being black and queer trying to figure that out, going to a school full of white people, and then also, like, trying to buy in that it was going to be possible for me to, like, change the space that I was in when it's, like, it's not, you know, like, academia is an inherently white supremacist structure. It is not set up for me to succeed in it, but I put so much time and energy trying to, like, shift that, 
and that's like just a, a whole other point of my radicalization. But it's like you know, and and that's the thing with whiteness as well. It's like they they come up, they create these lies about intelligence and meritocracy and education, all this bullshit. And that one that you have to be a certain type, you have to be intelligent, quote unquote, enough to get into these schools and go to universities. And then once you do, and if you graduate and do well enough, if you're intelligent enough to do well and graduate, then you'll like be set and you'll succeed in life. But meanwhile, you know, um, I'm still here with two jobs, struggling to pay my bills, having to raise money on GoFundMe for my, you know, basic health care, like with a college degree, you know, it, it's all lies. White people literally make shit up. They pull shit out of their ass and then expect everybody else to adhere to it. And that's not how it works. So true. So true. I'm um, getting my PhD right now and I will, it's so anti-black right. in those spaces, sitting in those, I'm so glad to be done with classes. I remember the last class I took, I was like, I am so sick of sitting in classrooms. I could teach myself <laughs> like much better than the professor. Like I will, I've, I've had professors tell me, oh, you weren't in class today and class really, you know, really um, wasn't the same. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's like, why I'm not going that. anymore. <laughs> why should I sit in this classroom and teach this for you? I'm not fucking getting paid. And like, I had to dump my white male, uh, you know, advisor because I just couldn't take the fucking gaslighting anymore of like, why are you organizing? You don't have to get a PhD to be an organizer, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, uh, or like, you can, you should wait till tenure before you say things like this. And I was like, who do you think I am? <laughs> and like, at some point, like, like these spaces are to, these spaces help to like co-opt black people who are, interested in you know like for me I'm like looking up to like Angela Davis and Cornell West thinking like oh I'm gonna be like them and then being like is that what I actually wanted <laughs> is, is that what was that actually the goal or like uh what is it what does it mean to even try to become like them because like they have to exist in so many spaces that are so fucking violent. so fucking violent and like I've been on this like fuck it I'm leaving and there's so many people who are like you can't go you're too smart and I'm just like no I'm so smart I'm fucking leaving and like my advisors now is just like you know like you should you should just have you should have a doctorate you've done everything necessary to have a doctorate but like now in my heart I'm like having a doctorate doesn't mean shit like it is a calling card for you that like gets you paid but like at the end of the day, the fucking academy is filled with, what, 3% black women? And, like, you weed out every black woman who fucking applies for jobs because, you know, like, my advisor is able to call up the hiring person and say, you need to hire my student and not the black woman who's been looking for a job for three and four years who has a PhD and who's way more qualified. So, like, I just, I'm so disillusioned, like, yeah, don't give a shit about these universities. They're fucking white ivory towers, and especially these professors who, in my 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 department, is known for black geographies. And to walk in there and see all of these white people obsessed with black geographies, whoever said it was fucking right, like, they are obsessed with black pain. They are obsessed with the black pain body. And, like, when they see it, they have this, like, emotion. 
like they're sadomasochists in that like they feel all of this like hurt and pain and there's some type of like resignation in their bodies that they're getting out of like you know like I just in my mind I'm just like how can you post these violent images all the time and not like have like how, how can you do that like oh clearly like you're you're still on the other side not seeing it's trying to find the humanity within yourself but like it's not there because like it's, there is no cultural narrative for you to like check into to be like these images are 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 not something i need to be obsessed with but like these people are studying black geographies because they're so obsessed with like helping black people but they sit up in the academy and make two hundred thousand dollars and tell their black students like why are you organizing that's really a waste of your time yeah it's really much the same in undergrad too like um i do Afri- I'm, I'm an africana major and like it's a bunch of white people taking, like, classes about shit that they have no business taking. And it's actually really upsetting, and it's actually really fucking annoying. Um, and, um, and it's really interesting, too, how, like, people posit that, like, the, um, that, like, university or college is supposed to, like, radicalize you. But it's also, it's always been so interesting how, like, all of the reading that I've done for, like, my Africana track has not been, like, Afro-pessimism, has not been, like um like decolonial gender shit has not been like end of the world politics shit it's been very much like the generally accepted africana african-american history shit right like we are not reading for known <laughs> we are not reading like pan-africanist scholars we are not reading radical or like we are not reading radicals we are not reading actual revolutionaries that are like literally still alive and literally still in jail um but like they po- they make it seem like you know the black studies departments at these universities are like the like the cutting edge like the avant-garde of like t- like contemporary race discourse and i'm like y'all are awful as shit like it's just so it's just been so weird to realize that, that like i've honestly gotten more like radical reading suggestions by like listening to people on social media than i have like actually being a student taking courses by black professors um but it also isn't surprising either because a lot of black professors are also negro liberals at heart um a lot of them mm-hmm. like, uh, all of them like there's so many of them like, so many of them are not radical at all like they're not revolutionaries at all like they're very much like they're okay with um they're okay with knowing a lot like, like a lot of shit but they're not actually okay with being on, like, a revolutionary radical tip. Like, even the professors who actually are about that shit and who are, like, organizers, who are who are more than just, like, people who sit in a chair and make money every day, um, they low-key, it's low-key, like, a, a push-out for them. Like, I've, I've heard of that a lot from, like, different folks who, like, write things that, like, black, like, like black academia don't like. Like, a lot of Afro-pessimist scholars are, like, slowly getting pushed out of um, academia and certain, like, PhD programs and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, like, academia is such, like, a wild place. Like, that place is not revolutionary at all. Like, that shit is so sick. I'm so ready to just be done. Like, it's so sick. Like, Oh, my God. I agree so much. And I feel like the lot of, like, revolutionary readings that I have and, like, teachings that I've received came from adjunct professors who don't teach full-time, you know, who don't get paid how they should be getting paid. And then it's like, I, that's, I was getting that when I was at a CUNY because I go to a New York um, – I'm from New York – I was getting all that when I was in the city. And then going to a PWI, where they, there are, like, black professors, even though they still are the minority. The only thing I want you to do is buy a book. And, you know, like, it's 
I hate it. They're very elitist. The black professors are very elitist in PWIs. I hate it. Yeah, and I actually just spoke to the premise of white people and my perspective of them. I went to HBCU, so I went to PV. So um, every time there was something that a white person said that was absurd, there was literally a black person right next to them validating it. So it was definitely a... A learning experience, but I definitely would not have been able to go to a PWI. Dealing with the black conservatives at HBCU was enough. And that that just, I'm just going to leave it there. It's also interesting, too, that, like, a lot of folks that don't go to PWI say that, but it's, like, a lot of black queer folks also can't go to HBCUs. Like, I think that's something that a lot of people don't, like, acknowledge, that, like, a lot of the people that actually, like, end up surviving through, like, their, like, HBCU experience are always, like classed in a very particular way and also like they're usually not queer they're usually not dark skinned like it's just academia in general and like and like and it's no surprise that like Kamala Harris is from an HBCU like it's no surprise that Stacey Abrams is from an HBCU like it's no surprise like because HBCUs also like literally produce like manufacture fucking neoliberals like it's so it's just so many of like it's just so disappointing it really is so disappointing that white people go to HBCUs but it's also just even more um disappointing how many HBCU alums like end up like colluding with the state it's so fucking weird like I don't get it like I don't know I would say PV was actually a safe space for the most part I'm not going to speak for the collective and Let's throw in um, Morehouse and Spellman. Um, I've heard those are safe spaces for all people, so I would just put that out there. Nah, you gotta have money to get to those schools. Okay, I'm not trying to refute it. Like, I'm low income and HBCUs do not give me any kind of. Uh, At all. So, no, ma'am. Nah, it's not, it's not for me, not for my class. No, ma'am. And poor blacks that come, especially there's a lot of xenophobic behavior that's undercurring in HBCUs as well, and I would like to offer that. And they. Yeah, um, that's my my two percent. The thing about HBCUs, it's like it, it would be one thing if Black people had like their own educational institutions and resources that were completely separate from white supremacist structures. But it's like for me, it's like just because like it's a school that's majority Black um, and mo- and majority Black and cis and heter- and heterosexual. Like, that doesn't mean that my education, my, like, educational experience is going to be less, like, white supremacist than a PWI, because, like, I mean, it, honestly, it may, but, like, I don't really know that it would. I feel like it may have just be slightly different, like, a different white supremacist view, but not, like, less, if that makes sense, because you still have teachers who are, like, you still are at a school that's supposed to be a black space, but you're learning nothing about black liberation or black radicalism. You're reading Langston Hughes and, you know, um, Elaine Locke, which is like Harlem Renaissance niggas. And, like, that's not, that's not, that's not black liberation. Like, that's not, yeah, yeah. anyway, I don't know. Kiri, I just have a, a question. How, how much of that, I guess, lack of pushing the envelope to really allow for us to learn about ways that we can empower ourselves is a result of the fact that the government may pull funding, right? If, right, that's what if, I'm saying. Like, you, you're, you're, you're a white supremacist institution either way. Like, either way, you have to appeal to, like, 
like like the the sentiments of, of your overseer, right? Which is like the what you're getting funding from. Like when Donald Trump gave all that millions of dollars to HBCUs, and everyone's like, oh, like such a great thing for niggas. And I'm like, that's not a, that's not a good thing for black people. Like you just got millions of dollars from this white supremacist pocket to fund education for black people, which means it's just going to get less and less liberatory than it already was. Because now you have people, the donors to your school, who have actual like, like, like ends to meet with the money that they've given, and their ends are not to liberate black people. You know, it's, it's strange. Yeah, just to add to that point, um, Donald. Just to be clear, Donald Trump did not increase the money that went to HBCUs. He extended the time they would have to come to renew it. So I just want to make that very clear. Got it. I also would like to offer that, um, you know, black revolution and liberatory thought has never been made by those who have most money. It's always been by the poor, wayward niggas, as Sidio Hartman would love to tell us. And uh, like niggas that don't go to school, Brooklyn has a politic that's rooted in shit that's based on niggas on the ground. And look how based niggas that did not go to school, that don't have no type of elitist, you, no type of elitist um, allegiance to that type of academy or institution said, we're going to have to shut this shit down. I'm not going to call these white people. And that's the politic that allows for actual revolution. So I would like to decenter the academy and the, the, the thoughts that they try to produce. Cause we all know that the, the theories that they produce is some shit that a wayward black femme said years before. And then they read, they resubstantiate it in some form before there was a flapper. There was some ghetto bitch that was doing this shit 30 years before. Yeah. And they, yeah. they're going to, they're gonna, they're, you know, they're gonna classify stuff as like wretched and like, um, just like, like ghetto, like, it's literally steep, like, investments in that like, respectability politics. And somebody was on stage yesterday and they were saying, like, you know, they really appreciate how, like, these rooms are, like, intelligent and other rooms are wretched. And I was really thinking that wretched really can be, um, radical because, like, when we think about it, um, wretched is literally just anything that is not going for, like, respectability politics, like, Anything that is deviating from like whiteness and what we should like hold to be a good Negro, like that's literally what wretchedness is. Like you know, and the person, the person, I guess the person was using like to say that like, you know they're being transphobic and stuff in the room, but like you know in the academy, like persons are literally like you know um, pushing anti-black violence and transphobia and all these things, but they're just dressed up in like English language and suits, and we don't see it as such because you know we're trained not to to see those folks. We're trained to see those folks as like you know folks in society who we should listen to and we should who we should read but yeah it's really it really takes a divestment um from that academy uh because it's steeped in in just white supremacy um respectability politics especially um yeah as long as countries that i want to also bring that to i think sometimes with uh when you see it actions especially at like protests and actions the tone policing that can happen from people there Cause that was something that I felt a lot during the summer and there's only a few, not, not, there's definitely, there's a lot of organizations and coalitions that were able to really like find that good harmony and enabling people to allow their aggression and their anger to be seen and showed while also like keeping safety of other people at the same time, which was cool. But I think that idea of tone policing is like, one of the things it's like tone police is going to stop black people from being free at times because niggas want to literally 
keep people from like being loud and being revolutionary in a sense. And that shit's mad corny. Yeah. 